0: It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with.
1: The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, November 9, 2015. Logan, everyone, I'm Ariel Hawani inside our New York City studio. So great to be here with you. Jam packed show today, no time to waste busy weekend as well in the world of mixed martial arts bell tour making some news on friday in st louis with some great fights and also some interesting fight announcements we'll get to those later in the show and also saturday night in sao paulo vitor belfort in the words of the great yogi Berra, it was deja vu all over again right it was the same kind of finish almost to the exact minute Dan Henderson knocked him out, and now the questions once again arise. Should Dan Henderson retire? What's next for Vitor Belfort? Something tells me a spider is in his future. We'll talk about all that and more. And, of course, here we are on a Monday afternoon in New York, and we are five days away from what could be the biggest show in UFC history. No, no. No hard facts and figures have been released just yet, but UFC 193 is obviously shaping up to be a big one. It's historic in the sense that Ronda Rousey will be defending her title. Joanna Janjacek will be defending her title. It's in a very big stadium in Melbourne, Australia. I am going to Melbourne, Australia tomorrow. I look forward to that flight, very much so. And uh, in all honesty, I look forward to going back to Australia. I've been there once before. UFC 127, and that was in Sydney. And everyone would tell us that Melbourne was the place to be. That was the sporting capital um, of of Australia. And if they ever got, uh, you know, cage fighting legalized in Australia, that was the place that the UFC needed to be. And that was the place that was really going to set itself up as one of the hotbeds of mixed martial arts. And thus far... It's looking like it. I mean, I think that they will at least match UFC 129. That was fifty five thousand. It's going to be a great scene. I look. For, it, it reminds me a lot of Canada over there, and and that's why I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's tomorrow. But today on the program, who are we talking to? What are we talking about? Well, let's get right into it. At 3:25, uh, we're actually going to be joined in studio by Eric Silva. How cool is that? Doesn't come to New York all that often. He is here training, and he's going to be in studio at 325. Very exciting. Eric Silva, of course, UFC welterweight star. At 305, we're going to be joined by Alan Belcher. He announced his retirement Friday afternoon. Hasn't fought in around two years or so. And this, actually, in December, he said he was coming back as a light heavyweight, but in the end, he announced his retirement. So we'll talk to the talent at 305. 245, we're going to talk to Hoist Gracie. It was announced on Friday, I alluded to this, that he is coming back to fight Kent Shamrock for a third time. Yes, Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie, number three, is happening in 2016. What an amazing world we live in. At 225, we're going to be joined by Luis Smolka, coming off his big win over Patty Houlihan at UFC Dublin. Exciting times for the Hawaiian at two oh five. The legendary Freddie Roach will stop by. He made news last week about talking about George St Pierre and 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 their training together and George's plans for the future. Also, want to talk to him about Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. That'll be fun. One forty five. We'll talk to Ryan Bader. He's fighting Anthony Johnson, UFC on Fox 18. That was announced last week as well. 125, we'll talk to Stephen Thompson. Wonder Boy is without an opponent now that Neil Magny is fighting Kelvin Gaslam in Monterey. As always, we'll hear from you. That's at around 4.05, so hit us up using the hashtag TheMMAHour. Leave a question or comment in the comment section below. And I remind you once again that today's episode of The MMA Hour is brought to you by Assassin's Creed Syndicate. There it is. Great friends of ours, pick up the video game if you haven't already. But first, let us go to the Skype machine and welcome in a regular on the program, one of our favorites in the business, a colleague, the one and only Dave Meltzer. Dave, how are you?
2: I'm great. How are you doing, Ariel?
1: I'm doing great myself. What was your reaction on Friday night when Scott Coker announced in St. Louis that in 2016, February 19th to be exact, Hoist Gracie will be fighting Ken Shamrock for the third time. I'm dying to know you in particular what you thought.
2: I had a mixed reaction because, I mean, the initial thing was, oh, geez, right? You know, you it's it's like Ken, Ken Shamrock fighting again after the last fight, after the Kimbo Slice fight. Yet at the same time, when you think about it, I know what the goals are. The goals are to draw ratings. And the next day, um, I had people, you know, that are – very casual fans, very you know, just going, oh, my God, Ken Shamrock's fighting Hoist Gracie again. I mean, they were excited like this was a big time fight because they were names from the past that were big names and and Hoist hasn't fought in years. And the last time, you know, Hoist hasn't fought in nine years. And the last time he fought, it was a big deal. They're going to promote the they'll both be good at promoting the fight. It is a real grudge match that everyone knows about that was around back in those days. So, I mean, I, I don't feel that bad, be, and then the reason I don't feel that bad is because Hoist Gracie is not a heavy hitter, and because of that, the idea of Ken Shamrock going against a heavy hitter really concerns me a lot. I didn't like the Kimbo fight for that very reason, but against a guy where it's probably going to be a grappling match, there is, there's a great story to it. These guys have been, you know, Ken's been waiting 19 years for the fight. It may be too long. They, he may be too old. They both may be too old. Um, it's not going to be a, I, I don't like, I'm not like excited about seeing the fight as a fight, but I'm kind of, I, I see it as something that's a, it's a spectacle. People are going to be talking about it and that's what, that's the story of Bellator Is the number two group is, is getting people just talking about your shows.
1: It's an open weight fight. That's per Bellator sources yeah. in, uh, in Texas. Are you okay with that in 2016?
2: I, I don't like rules being circumvented um, of, a, of a sport. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would hope that if if Hoist could get to at least one, uh, you know, like one ninety, and Ken makes two hundred five, that wouldn't bother me too much. It's the same weight class. But if it's something like Hoist at one seventy five and Ken, at – well, Ken probably would be about two hundred five. Uh, that no, I don't like that in two thousand sixteen. No.
1: So they they also coupled this announcement with uh, an interesting co-main event. It's going to be Kimbo Slice against Data 5000, his uh, his former bodyguard who went on to you know, be quite successful in the backyard fighting business. If you've never seen the E60 on him, I, I do suggest checking it out. There's also a documentary on him that's quite good as well. And, and and this got people up in arms. What did you think when they announced Data 5000 as Kimbo's next opponent?
2: I, I didn't know what to think because it was almost like <laughs> When that happened, it was like, what the... You know what I mean? Like, Hoist and Ken, since I knew Ken was teasing an announcement, I'd been thinking about it, and and and, and realistically, there were only a few options, and they were kind of like, you know, Kimbo Slice, Kurt Angle, Frank Shamrock, Hoist Gracie. So I wasn't shocked with Hoist Gracie at all. You know, I mean, I didn't know that it was happening, but I was... The day of the thing, I thought there was, a you know, a chance of it. When Kimbo Slice's opponent, and they announced a the guy, it's like, what is this? I mean, I really... I didn't even know his name barely, so it was almost like, wow. Um, you know, it, it's it's again, it's Kimbo Slice fighting on the same show. It's going to get. We know Kimbo Slice draws eyeballs. Um, I hope they really load up with some great matches on the undercard. Yeah. Just so so you have that balance because yeah, two fights like that as your top two fights. Um, I mean, there's a there's a part of me that really doesn't like that, but then you know again. If the public was was buying Bellator great fights with their top fighters, this wouldn't be happening. I mean, when we've seen what Bellator fans or what casual fans will buy when it comes to Bellator, which was, uh, you know, Ken Shamrock and Kimbo blew away everything they ever did. Um, that's the direction they're going to go with these big shows. I mean, it's, it's a reality that I wish wasn't a reality, but I'm not going to sit here and go, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not the reality. It's just, it just what it is.
1: I've said on this show and other shows that I hold Bellator to a different standard, and that's not me trying to put them down. They are who they are at this point. Bellator is like that, um, you know. There are some great television shows out there, you know, like like The Wire or uh, what was it? what's another great, tele- like Walking Dead or whatever. And then there's like Entourage, where it's just like eye candy, and you don't have to think. And, and and it's fun sometimes to go into that, you know, escape and 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 just you know sit back and not use your brain and just watch beautiful things. That's kind of like what Bellator is to the UFC. It's just, it's just these, these, these. With so much MMA on these days, I have a hard time being personally offended by these fights because it's so out there, it's so different, it's so freaky that it's just, it's completely different. It's off the map, and that's why it doesn't really, truly bother me. Do you get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, no. It, 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 it would only bother me if Ken Shamrock was going against a heavy hitter. That yeah, bothers
1: yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah.
2: Because I don't want, I don't want to see a guy 50 years old getting pounded on. I didn't really like the end of the Kimbo Slice fight. Um, but if it's but this fight, no, it, it doesn't bother because let's face it. I mean, I grew up with Japanese MMA, and you know, in the New Year's Eve shows and things like that. And the New Year's Eve shows were all about this. This is what it is, and that's what the New Year's Eve show coming up is as well. Yeah. And it's just like UFC is going to be the major league where you get the top against the top guys, and Bellator, you're going to get ex- you know hopefully exciting fights most weeks. But what's going to draw eyeballs for Bellator is going to be the stuff that UFC doesn't deliver there, you know, that's just how it's going to be. They're not going to be able to make it with, you know, the, the, le- you know, lesser known guys fighting on Friday nights. You're going to need these, these names and then, you know what they are. They're names from the past or names in pop culture that people know you know, again, everything that Japan did. And, and Scott Coker learned from Japan. So it, none of this surprises me.
1: Yeah. And this is not to say that I prefer that over, you know, the actual major leagues. I just understand. It's, it's really Lowe's common denominator. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing for you. And Scott's been doing this for a long time. The difference these days, in my opinion, is that, A, he's got a lot less to work with because most of the guys are over in the UFC. And B, and I think this is important, he doesn't have the women, to book anymore that was really what differentiated him in my opinion when he had cyborg and gina crown he doesn't have that now he doesn't have that feather in his cap so he really has to kind of go off the map and find these very unique freak showish fights or master's division type of fights and the the important thing is what's the rest of the card look like as you said especially the main card that's most important if mvp is on that main card then i think it makes sense because now you're you're hopefully showing him off to the world but if it's a bunch of wacky fights like that then i think you have a true problem on your hands do you agree
2: well, I I think that the two is going to be it. I think that from there you're going to want to showcase, you're going to want to get a good championship fight, if not you know if not two, and you know uh, expose someone like MVP or or you know whether it's Chandler or somebody like that, you know so just expose one of your guys that you're just hoping to build that's got something and uh, and 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 hope that all the eyeballs come in to see that fight and uh, yeah that's how you do it. I mean the whole thing with these using these old guys. The, the the correct thing to do is is load up on the undercard with young guys that are flashy and try to make some stars out of that. And they, it hasn't happened yet, but still that's that's what you gotta do.
1: Would be nice. I think this is more of a you know curious standpoint here but it would be nice if they weren't the main event and you know the real homegrown talent was the main event so hopefully people stick around you know they 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 watch the the freak show fights and then stick around for the real stars but we know it's been proven that you got to put them in the main event do you think that this card becomes their highest rated show and thus leads to them continuing to do shows this way
2: i think that it will be um I think it may be their highest rated. If not, it's going to be up there with with the Shamrock and, and Kimbo. Yeah, I think Shamrock and Hoist Gracie. I think that come the day of the fight, I think a lot of people are going to go. You know what? I just kind of want to see that fight. Yeah. I mean, is I know it's not going to be a great fight. I know it's not going to be classic, but it's it's Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie. And we've been hearing about it for twenty years. I mean, this. I wish this fight happened in nineteen ninety six, but it didn't. I mean, sure. it, you know. I mean, the, the third fight. People have been, you know, and I know there weren't a lot of fans then, compared to now. But still, people know the name Hoist Gracie, um, and they know Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock is this – you know it's this legendary rivalry from the past. Um, Yeah, if it was 10 years ago, this would have been – I was thinking about this. If if they had done this fight in 2006 in UFC, this would have been a monster buy rate. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're getting it nine years later.
1: And I also kind of wish Ken didn't fight Kimbo now for the sake of this – particular fight, if you want to call it that, because I think that's sort of, we just saw him back, and, and it wasn't a great performance, and uh, he's a little too fresh in our minds, as opposed to Hoist, we haven't seen for so long, not to say that I was longing for another Hoist fight, but you, you, you get what I'm saying, like, it, it kind of diminished what's what's to come here in February. Um, all right, so so this is this is Bellator, and, and you know, it's funny, because you know, I was sitting back and, and watching Strauss fight Pitbull. Tremendous fight. The card was very good. And it's like all those Bellator fights in the Bjorn era, they all blended into each other. Like I couldn't sit here and tell you when Strauss fought Pitbull the first time or the second time without looking it up. I, I could tell you most. I could tell you when Vitor fought Henderson the last time and all that stuff. But they all blended in. Now, at least for better or worse, they're sticking out a little more. And I think there is something to that.
2: I mean the one thing though is, is – and, and, and it's sort of a weird negative is, is that the Pitbull-Strauss fight was really, really good. But nobody when it was over was talking about Pitbull-Strauss. No. They were all talking about, about Ken Shamrock, Kurt Angle, Kimbo Slice. I mean it was like – and it, and it wasn't necessarily in a negative way. It was like people were talking about Bellator and just going like, what's up with Bellator? <laughs> um, you know. And I mean like I think that if it had been Kurt Angle and, and Ken Shamrock, which was – they were kind of teasing yeah. to, to do the swerve at the end. I think people would have had the same reaction. It's kind of like, whoa, you know, Kurt, you know, it's, it's just names that you know, and it, 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 it brought attention to the brand.
1: How do so. you feel about the whole Kurt thing? I feel like this is 2005 all over again. Like, I, I, I may have been fooled once or twice about him dipping his toe, but now at this stage, I just feel like it's, it's very transparent, and uh, I'm not going to be fooled maybe a third or fourth time. Do you, do you believe that he actually really, truly is considering fighting?
2: Um, that's so hard to say, because see you know, the thing is, it's like, when he went to the Olympic thing, I mean, he really, you know, in, in 2012, or 2011, actually, he said he was going to go back to the Olympics, and everybody thought that this was, you know, a joke, right? I mean, everyone, everyone thought, what a terrible idea. But he really did go in the gym, and he really did train, and he really did get hurt, and all that, trying to to do it. So he may actually, in his mind, but he said you know, he's had countless injuries since 2011. Yeah. So, I mean... I think that, like when when he was announced as coming in and everything like that, I thought that he would talk like, "I may do it, but never do it." And I think that that's probably eighty percent. But there may be something in the back of his head if he's feeling anything close to good, like, "I can do this." But at the end, I don't think he's going to do it. I think that if he goes through a camp, I mean, he's got all those injuries. I just think that he'll probably. For the same reason as the Olympics, he'll probably get hurt in, in training. He's had two knee surgeries in the last year alone. He had a neck operation, which wasn't from an injury, but it was still it was an operation. Oh, this is all recently, so um, yeah, I, I wouldn't put money on 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 him fighting Ken Shamrock. But I think that maybe in his mind he'd think, you know, um, I'm younger. I'm younger than Ken. Um, he's obviously got more experience at this, but you know, I'm still a world's better wrestler. I'm sure right down to a straight wrestling match, he would eat Ken Shamrock alive just based on you know, everything. So, uh, yeah, 85% probably. No, I, I, I don't get excited over it. That's for sure.
1: At this point, all bets are off in my opinion with regards to Beltour. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if they, if they book anyone out there, Randy tour, it doesn't matter who you are. You are a viable option these days in Beltour. Let's transition to the UFC 24 hours later, Vitor Belfort defeated Dan Henderson for the second straight time. Was that in your opinion, the last time we saw Dan Henderson inside the UFC octagon?
2: I'm hoping it is. I, I think that if it comes down to Dan Henderson's decision, it won't be. Mm. So I think that it's the decision will probably come from, you know, can they talk him out of it, so to speak? Because I, I think I think number one, he won't want to leave on that on, on that kind of a loss. And number two, in his mind, I think that he still has it that, well, I made a mistake. You know. Yeah. Um, um but but yeah, you know, I mean I, I one of the one of the things and I, I was actually just writing this when when we started the show, is Dan's been knocked out I think uh, four times um in the last couple of years and before 2013 I believe he was never knocked out in in his long long career and I think that stat right there just tells yeah. you everything.
1: Yeah and it's you know kudos to to Vitor very uh you know he, a very uh controversial polarizing figure but you know here we are in this new day and age and and he showed up and and really he really you know Uh, replicated what he did the second time it's amazing watching those highlights by the way how different he looks the second fight and the third fight he's so much bigger he's a completely different human being i said at the top i think anderson is the fight that they're going to make for him next i think that was a huge fight the first time they fought they're going to try to do that again i think it would be kind of fun to see the kennedy fight because he's been on this anti-ped user crusade but i'm leaning towards anderson what do you think
2: Um, business wise, Anderson's the best fight to make. Yeah. Because it's, it's the right fight for, for Anderson. Um, and yeah, the first fight, the first fight, you know, for, for all, for all the reasons. Yeah. I, I I still am holding out hope for Anderson and George St. Pierre, just because if George is going to fight again, that's, that's the only fight I can come up with for George that really makes sense to come out of retirement. And obviously you're going to talk to Freddie Roach and that's going to be subject for later show today. But, um, so that's why I'm kind of um, you know, and to me that supersedes Vitor. If if George has no interest, then uh, yeah, I think that's the right opponent for Anderson, and it's the right opponent for Vitor because it's a fight that can be a big, big fight, especially for the Brazil
1: market. Other great performances oh, that okay. night, uh, Glover Teixeira beating Pat Cummins, and I think it's, it's somewhat clear at this point that Cummins isn't ready for that caliber of opponent, in particular his striking. Uh, Tiago Tavares with a, a nice win, but I think the one that everyone's talking about, more so than Vitor, is Thomas Almeida. He really, at 20-0, oh, yeah. seems to be a star in the making if he's not there already. How far away do you think he is from challenging the likes of TJ Dillashaw?
2: Um, two fights, maybe? Mm. If, if, he two more, if he gets two more big wins... Um, and they look like the one on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know. I mean, he, he's now got a fight against someone you know in and you know top top s- seven or so right now, and then maybe one more like that. And uh, yeah, whether it's TJ or Cruz or whatever, if he gets two more wins and they look anything like this, um, he's he's ready. He, he was tremendous. I thought I think he was the star. Yeah, I yeah. think he was the star of the show.
1: I feel like I say this all the time. Uh, one of the most Uh, underappreciated people at Zufa and and in our sport is matchmaker Sean Shelby. If you think about where Bantamweight was this time last year, in particular December, remember, you, you know, um, Barao comes back, doesn't look great against Mitch Gagnon, and then we all think, okay, we're going to get the, the Dillashaw-Cruz fight. Cruz gets injured, a Assuncao gets injured, and we're forced to see barao dillashaw probably too soon. It didn't happen in April, but you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And now, when you consider all the, the players out there, Bantamweight is super interesting with the return of Cruz, but also Almeida, Aljamain Sterling, Cody Garbrandt, the list goes on and on. I think Bantamweight, its, it's evolution in the last year, probably the best of any division thus far in the UFC, as we stand here with a month or so left in the in the year.
2: Yeah, I I um I mean, it's still not. I mean, I think the Cruz and Dillashaw is like really a great fight. It's actually one of the fights I'm more looking forward to than almost any fight in the sport. I I, I think that there's still you know there's 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 the names and you know Faber can go back in that division yeah. as well. I mean you know Faber Dillashaw is is a big time fight if that actually is to happen, and Faber Cruz again you know you know if if. Cruz isn't the champion. I mean, giving Faber a title shot against anyone from Dillashaw, I think, is going to be questionable right now. Right. But but uh, with Dillashaw, I think that if the story's so good, you almost have to go with it. If if Faber is, if Faber looks good in his next fight, but. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot there, and, and again, yeah, there's a lot for the future too. I mean, I I can look out at bantamweight more than most divisions, and and go kind of like eighteen months ahead, and still have all these fresh fights that can happen.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying it's a money making division just yet. I think they have some time before that. I forgot two other very interesting names. John Lineker is now a member of that division, and John Dodson as well, who beat T.J. Dillashaw. So yeah. it, it's it's super interesting. Okay, let's talk about 193 before we go. We're just days away now, and I don't know if it's because we're not in Melbourne. I don't I don't know. If we're so far away but i don't feel the same sense of anticipation for a ronda fight as i did prior to the betch Kohea fight maybe because betch just sold that fight remarkably well uh i think it was a very good time to have ronda fight in august It was a super quiet time in the world of sports now there's football and all these things do you think that it will do as well as the betch Kohea fight in august on pay-per-view
2: you know i when it comes to ronda's fights i'm always wrong i'm always yeah. low because I think what you know, one of the things with Rhonda's fights is is that she draws from an audience that's not us. You know what I mean? It's like we can kinda like for most of these fights, I think that we can kinda go in and, and pretty much predict, you know, how they're gonna do on pay-per-view with, you know, little you know, little margin of error and everything. With Rhonda, it's like there's the margin of error is gigantic because it's like the key is is like 45-year-old women, 35-year-old women who do not watch MMA. And on that day or that, you know, the day, do they sit down and go, you know what? Ronda Rousey's fighting. And they all know her. Ronda Rousey's fighting some girl. We're going to get together and watch the pay-per-view. And it's like that's just a different audience. I can, I can say from my friend's standpoint, when you again, talking about that, they're very into it just because it's a Ronda Rousey fight and every Ronda Rousey fight is big. So it's going to do – I think it's going to do really, really well. Um, my gut would say, no, the last one was a big grudge and Vetch did such a great fight and a, a great job of building. And so did Ronda. And this one, it's kind of like, it's here and there have been nice video packages. I don't feel the the, the grudge match aspect or the storyline aspect of it, but it's still a Ronda Rousey fight against uh, someone, you know, an undefeated fighter who is a boxing champion. And on Saturday, um, you know, yeah, there's other sports and everything like that, but it's one of those things where I think the day of the fight, people are going to go, yeah, you know what, let's, let's, let's go for it. And again, I don't know that Melbourne helps, but the idea of 50,000 people, you know, if it's a
1: sure. – it, it feels sure. good, That that, know, that is a draw. Yeah, that's a draw in its yeah. own right. By the way, what are you hearing in terms of ticket sales? Do you think that they get to that 70,000 number? I don't know if the
2: 70,000 number's ever been real because the biggest crowd in that building is 56, uh. I think. When WWE was there and that was packed, packed, packed with no stage or no nothing – uh, in 2002, they did 56,000 with The Rock, Triple H, and Brock Lesnar. Um, so, and, and, and I know that the ticket sales, the last number I heard was 46. That was a couple of weeks ago. So, um, and, and then I, when, when I was told 46, I was told that there's, you know, 8,000, 8,500 8, left. So I think the real number is going to be, you know, 53, 54, 55. Um, and they're going to be damn close. I mean, because when I was told a couple of weeks ago, it's like, if you look at how every, of the tickets are, it's going to look packed if nobody buys another ticket. Uh-huh. But people are going to buy the last week. And they were counting on the same thing. One of the things about this show, when people judge ticket sales, I think this show starts, and I could be wrong. You're going to know when you get there. You may know already. I think it starts like 10 in the morning on a Sunday in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like – and that is a detriment. Like if, if they go in there and people go, oh, man, it's only 52,000 people. It's like this is a 10 in the morning. If, <laughs> if it was Saturday night at 8 – I think that place would already be sold out easily.
1: And, and, and when I was in uh, Sydney for for UFC 127, I learned that to them Sunday morning is UFC time. And th- that's what they're accustomed to because all the fights are happening Saturday night, so that's their normal time to watch UFC. So it doesn't really deter the audience from showing up at that time. Yeah. Well. Okay. So there's there's that. I think the big winner. Well, I mean, I mean, as far ahead. as
2: UFC fans, I mean, as far as like if you're talking about like sports yeah, fans, yeah, I've never it. seen UFC. And when you're talking about a stadium show, something so big in the market for the first time, a lot of people are going to think, you know, like, let's go. And they may just go, you know, if it's if it's at night and all the buddies get together at 10 in the morning, we know breakfast with kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that they're UFC fans. No, it's going to be no deterrent at all. But I think that that the audience that brings it from, say, a 55 to a 70, I think that time may mean something.
1: If all goes to plan, I think the big winner could be Joanna Jacek. She'll get that rub. And if she has a big performance, as many are expecting her to, she might, you know, up her stock as well. Final thing, I'll put you on the spot here. Does the fight Rousey versus Holm, last more than sixty seconds?
2: Yeah, sixty seconds, I think, because I think that um I just think that Rhonda's not going to rush in and I think that Holm is gonna be very cautious. So um yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're giving me if you're giving me three minutes, it's gonna be tougher. But over under in 60 seconds, I don't think she beats her in 60 seconds.
1: All right. Great stuff as always, Dave. Thank you so much. Okay, great. There he is, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, also of MMAfighting.com. Always love hearing his perspective when we have these interesting times when also the world of pro wrestling and MMA blend as they once again did. Friday night in St. Louis, and to get his perspective business-wise on a big show like UFC 193. Okay, let's move along. Let's welcome in our next guest. It has been a while since this gentleman joined us on the program. We're talking to one of the hottest fighters in the UFC's welterweight division. Steven Wonderboy Thompson is on the phone right now. Steven, how are you? Doing
3: great, my friend, and I appreciate you having me on, man.
1: A pleasure, as always. So uh, one of the forgotten aspects of this announcement last week that Neil Magny would be replacing Matt Brown against Kelvin Gastelum was that Neil Magny was booked against you in January. Now you're left opponentless. What was your reaction when you found out that they took away your opponent to have him fight later on this month?
3: Well, you know, it all came as kind of a surprise, to be honest with you. I didn't really find out until I got on uh, you know, social media and found out that way. You know, everybody was blowing me up after that. It was like, hey, man, you know, so what's going on? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Magny, you know, is going to be fighting him in like two weeks, I believe. I was like, really? Really? I didn't hear anything about that. But, um, yeah, man, I, I was a little surprised, a little disappointed. But I thought me and Magny would put on a good show. But, you know, there, I guess there's, uh, there's bigger and better things that's going to be happening. So, you know, we'll see what ha- uh, who, who they replace me with or if they replace uh, Magny with anybody. You know, um, it's just a waiting game right now.
1: Were you disappointed that you weren't given a heads up?
3: Yeah, I was fairly disappointed I didn't get the heads up. But, you know, I found out, like, right when it happened, because I know the UFC was trying to find a replacement very quickly, uh, and I understood, you know, everybody's first reaction was, why didn't they give that to you?
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you that.
3: um, And, well... I think it did make more sense. I mean, cause I know Mexico city is like what? Seven dollars above sea level. And I know, uh, Neil Magny trains pretty much at that altitude. Cause he trained in Denver. And it just made more sense, uh, for somebody to go from, you know, at sea level straight up to Mexico city. It would have been pretty rough. And I know the UFC is wanting to put on a, you know, show a good show, put on a good show with those guys and make it exciting. And, uh, I'm not saying I, I, I wouldn't make it exciting, but, with the altitude train, play, it plays a big difference in uh, how you perform.
1: Not to be uh, a stickler here, but this fight is actually taking place in Monterey, which I believe is is closer to sea level than Mo- Mexico City. Oh. So uh, Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I
3: thought it was like right in Mexico City. Oh, would, well, then I was throwing off with that. And then, huh, that definitely changes everything then, huh?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's, it's elevation, uh, according to my quick Google search here, is uh, 1,765 feet. So it's less. It, it, it's certainly something. But w- Would you have been interested yeah. if it was, you know, in America or something? Would you have been ready to fight on such short notice? Um,
3: that Yeah, it was kind of because I just got off of a, a, you know, I just had knee surgery not too long ago. And I'm just now getting in, into the training camp. So that made it, uh, you know why they went with Maddie. That that kid always stays in shape, you know. Um, Not saying I don't, but I did just have a knee injury and got to get back into the swing of things and get into sparring like I just had my first sparring session not too long ago, like a week and a half ago. So, I'm not sure, man. I mean, if, if, UFC called and was like, "Hey, man, we really need you to fight." I believe I would have taken it.
1: And and we'll get to that surgery in a second. Um, I'm just wondering, just to so we complete the picture here. Have they reached out to you after the fact and said, "Hey, look, uh, you know, we're sorry about all this, but you'll still fight on that card, UFC 195." We're looking at this and that. Has has any of that gone down since?
3: Yep, that's the plan. I mean, they still want me to fight in, in J- uh, excuse me January 2nd. But uh, the thing is, we just need an opponent. You know, I no. uh, would like the top ten guy. But as of right now, there's a lot of guys that are injured, and most of them have fights coming up. I think there's one that doesn't, which is Tyrone Woodley, and I think, hey, man, you know, why not go for it? And I think we, me and Tyrone would put on a good show if he if he was down. Uh, I do know he's wanting the next title shot, but, hey, man, you never know. I would love to step in the cage with, with one of the best, and Tyrone is
1: one of the best. Well, I love that attitude. Why not? Why not ask for it? Have you officially asked for Tyrone?
3: We have. We have. uh you know, my, my manager has talked to Joe Silva and kind of pitched it to him a little bit, and we're just kind of waiting on him and see what Tyrone has to say. But, uh, you know, hopefully it will still happen, because I know a lot of guys, a lot of our family uh, here have gotten tickets, and, and yeah. you know, karate students have gotten tickets already for the fight, and it'd be cool to make that happen.
1: When I know you weren't on the phone, but when you threw it out there, your manager, Lexic Man threw it out there, were they like, eh? That's not even a chance, or were they like, ooh, you know, we might look into this? What do you think are the chances as we uh, we sit and talk here today?
3: Well, uh, for me, it doesn't look good because I know Tyron's ranked number three, and it's kind of like a you know lose situation for him if you know the win does come out in my favor because he's, I think he was promised like what uh, the next title shot, and I think that's what he's waiting on. I know he hadn't fought in a while, yeah. So you know. Maybe that's something that I could, I could we, they could you know throw out there. He has fought in a while, you know. Why not step in there with the cage with you know the number eight eight ranked guy before you step in there for the num- you know for the title shot just to get you know keep your keep your feet wet a little bit. But um, you know, as of what I can tell, I think he's just waiting for that next title shot. But I'm keeping my
1: fingers crossed. The the other interesting one, and, and he did suffer a pretty significant injury—an ankle injury, I believe. He uh, he tore some ligaments, so the timing might be off. But you know, the, the lone loss on your record is Matt Brown, and he's you know coincidentally the guy who got injured. Is that still one that you're you're holding on to that you'd love to get back?
3: Oh man, that would be awesome! I know he just got injured. I know there, uh, you know it was an ankle injury. That would be another one if he heals up in time. For uh, man, you know, I'm all about putting on a good show, you mm-hmm. know, and, and making it exciting. And I thought we put it. I thought we did a, a great job the last fight. I know we could be even better. Uh, if he heals up in time, man, that would be another awesome opponent to step in the cage with. Heck yeah, man! Of, of course. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> when's the last time you watched that fight? UFC 145, April of 2012. Feels like ages ago. When's the last time you actually watched it?
3: You know what? It, it, it must have been. I think it was right after my surgery, uh, about a month and a half ago. Really? And uh, yeah, I haven't watched it uh, again till then. I mean, I know after I got back home from that fight, we watched it one time and that was it. You know, I was kind of, I was, you know, obviously disappointed in the loss, but I just didn't want to sit and dwell on it. And I wanted to get back into training and be ready for the next guy to come up and not just sit there. Cause he was my only loss. A lot of guys, they sit there and they just, they just want that fight back. They want it. They want it. They want it. And they're not focused on the people in front of them at that, at that time, you know, and um, that can definitely throw you off a little bit. So I was just focused on, getting back up, uh, you know, moving forward from that. But now that I'm in the top 10 and he is in front of me for the title, definitely, um, would want to fight him again. Oh yeah.
1: So just a, a few weeks ago was the first time since that fight that you watched it in its entirety. Uh, yeah, sure. Wow. Did. And you
3: know what? I was like, man, that, you know, it was my second fight in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I did too bad to be honest
1: with you. <laughs> what, what, and, uh, what prompted you to sit down and finally watch it all these years later?
3: Well, I was, um, somebody had posted up a, I think it was a highlight video of me on my Facebook and I watched it. And there was a lot of clips of me. I think the majority of the, the, the highlight was me and Matt Brown. I was like, man, <laughs> I was really tagging him, man. I was doing pretty good. So that kind of was like, Hey, I want to go back and watch, you know, the entire fight. Cause I know there was obviously it was just showing me punching and kicking Matt Brown. And I know there was a lot of Matt Brown punching and kicking me in the face. So I just kind of wanted to go back and kind of rewatch it and see how much better I've gotten since that fight.
1: Yeah, so, so did it give you confidence? Because, you know, as time goes on and people talk about that being your only loss and oh he dominated you on the ground, when you, when you actually sat there and watched it, you're like, I didn't actually do as bad as I thought. And I, I'm wondering if in that state that you were in, coming off surgery, maybe, you know, not 100% up, but maybe not, you know, uh, as up as you usually are confidence-wise, did it give you a, a boost, an unexpected boost, if you will?
3: Oh yeah, it sure did, man. I mean, I, I knew then that I wasn't at my best and um that was my second fight. I think my my sixth fight ever in in MMA and uh I mean I know I've tr- I've improved tremendously since then and it was a huge confidence booster. Of course, I know Matt Brown has as well, but uh yeah, huge confidence booster. I know I can step out there and I know I can beat Matt Brown.
1: Why, you know, if, if you end up fighting in January, that will mean only one fight in 2015. I know you had the, the the knee injury, but would you, in a perfect world, would you like to be more active than you have been the last couple of years?
3: Yeah, I really do. Um, you know, I've been fighting since I was 15, mm. and uh, had a lot of problems with my left knee. It feels great. It always feels great after surgery, and it's always a freak thing that always messes it up. You know, like my last one, I ended up, you know uh, hurting my heel from the spin kick against Ellenberger. Yeah. So I was compensating, putting a little bit more weight on my left leg. I was walking down the stairs and I tripped. fall down the dang stairs like an old woman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I couldn't straighten my leg. I was like, why can't I straighten my leg out right now? And the meniscus had torn and it flipped over into the joint. So it was like, you know, stupid stuff like that. It's never inspiring, never during really a fight. It's always something stupid like that, you know? And I gum it. Um, it just seems to happen at the wrong time, and, and uh, I would definitely want to stay more active. I guess I just got to be careful outside the gym. <laughs>
1: so you, how many... I
3: never really get injured inside the gym. It's always outside.
1: Yeah, how, how big of a fall was it down the stairs? It was at my house, man, and it wasn't really that bad.
3: I was, you know, have carpet. I was in socks, and, uh, you know, my, my heel was killing me. I had a deep, you know, real deep bone bruise, and I went to step on, down on my left leg, all my weight on it, but my foot was kind of too close to the edge and it slipped, and my knee moved forward. My foot kind of stayed in the same spot as I went down the stairs and, and uh, I definitely felt something just kind of tear or like a ripping sensation in my knee. Ooh. And then I tried to very slowly straighten it out, and it wouldn't straighten out. I was like, it!" And what happened was <laughs> uh, a few years back, I think it was right after the Matt, Matt Brown fight, they had went in and repaired some meniscus, and that's what retore. Oh. And flipped over into the joint, so I couldn't straighten it out. Eventually, I ended up falling again before surgery, and I could straighten it out like it felt fine. But huh. I knew I had to get it get it fixed because I know during a fight I, I wouldn't want that to happen, not be able to you know that that stuff end up flipping back into my joint and not straighten out during the fight. So I knew I had to get back in there, and, you know, just clean it up. But uh, it feels fantastic right now. Just got back from New York training with Chris Wattman, did some you know uh, some sparring sessions with him, and it feels great.
1: So you, you mentioned the the heel uh, hook that, that you bruised your heel uh, against Ellenberger. I believe, if memory serves me correct, there's so many fights in between, you know, now and then. But um, you landed two in that fight. Was it the first one or the second one?
3: It was actually the second one. The first one, I let him back up, and I kind of hit him near the jaw area, neck, which dropped him, and he recovered very well. I let him back up, and the second one, I knew. Where I hit him the first time, so I knew his hands was going to drop down to that spot again. So I did to aim a little bit higher, and I hit him right across the forehead, temple area. And it didn't look like much when you go back and watch it. It didn't, didn't look like much, and but it was just fast enough to you know across the temple to move his head at that you know fast, rapid rate, which knocked him down, man, and uh, made that brain bang up against the inside of his skull, knocked him down, and there, that's all she wrote. And uh, I remember after that, I did the flip. And I was like, Dad I'm going can't even feel my foot right now it was completely numb and it was numb until the next day feel a little sensation was immediately bruised up so i thought i broke it but i got x-rays and everything looked good it's just a deep bone bruise and it was just really sore
1: you've landed those before has that ever happened to you
3: never happened to me
1: never happened well
3: i've never aimed that high okay on a spin kick i normally aim for the jaw area you know neck and uh I just knew that's that was where to put it, and I put it right beside the skull, and it definitely hurt, man. The skull is a hard, you know, it was definitely harder than your heel, and um, you know, it, it was just one of those one of those things, man. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna throw it, and whatever happens, happens. I can hurt later.
1: <laughs> that you, you've had highlight reel uh, finishes in the UFC, but considering the stage, main event, all that stuff, was that the most gratifying win of your career, even outside of Ultimate Fighting?
3: Oh, definitely. Uh, I've had a lot of head kick knockouts. I think in kickboxing I had like close to uh, thirty. Wow. Um, and in the UFC I had a few, and, but this was definitely, I think, the most memorable uh, moment of my career, just because it was the main event, and such a huge weekend of fight. You know, of course you had the UFC, um, you know, like Expo. You had the Conor McGregor uh, fight against Mendez. That was just a crazy weekend, and to finish it out with that spectacular knockout, it was, uh, man, it was, it was huge for me. And, um, it was, it was a great moment.
1: Did you feel like the audience, you may have been in the zone and not paying attention to this stuff, but did you feel like people were somewhat exhausted from the emotional roller coaster that was 194? In in hindsight, do you kind of wish that your fight was on the Friday before the fight as they're doing in December so that more people were paying attention and it would build to the, the pay-per-view on Saturday? Do you get what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And, you know, the, there was a lot of energy and, and bugs going on as soon as I got there to Vegas. And it did die down a little bit just because after, you know, you had the Conor McGregor and that's where everybody was really there. They wanted to see that. And I was, me and Ellenberg were supposed to be on that card, but we got bumped. That's right. The main event for the ultimate fighter. And, uh, but of course I'm going to take a main event, uh, spot over, you know, fighting underneath those guys any day, just, you know, for the exposure and the experience of fighting on a main event, you know, uh, on a card. So, of course, I took it. Everybody was kind of, you know, a little tired, I believe. But I think after that, after that fight, the buzz kind of picked back up a little bit more. And uh, just knowing after, after that, I was the cause of that. Uh, definitely put a smile on my face, and and uh, it was just a freak. It was a you know, I've never done that before in my life, to be honest with you. Hit anybody with two spin hook kicks. Yeah. In the first round, and somebody as good as, as Jake Ellenberger. You know, when I first got that fight, I was very nervous, just because I, and I you know, he. Almost ended guys' careers with his hands and knocked dudes out. He's a great wrestler, ranked number nine. And you know, I was like very nervous, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna train it like I do every every everybody else. But as soon as I got to Vegas and I see my face everywhere, I'm like, wow, this is the real deal. <laughs> you know, I've got to stay focused. My, of course, that's why I keep my dad and good guys around you to keep you focused on what you got to stay focused on and and uh, not let the hype and everything get to you and make you even more nervous. So it was, and you know, I think everything turned out real well.
1: Yes, your, your father, Mr. Ray Thompson, one of my favorite uh, people in MMA, <laughs> uh, a, a big part of your career, and it's, it's it's beautiful to see your relationship and that he's still a big part of your team at this point. So you mentioned Chris Weidman. I know you were just in New York. He he first brought you in to, to mimic and help him train for Anderson, but now are you just a full-fledged member of the team?
3: Oh, yeah, man. And uh, uh, yeah, I we was there for the first Anderson fight. Then next thing you know, he brought me back for the second Anderson fight, and Leo to Machida and yeah. you know, if you Belford and yeah, man, it's just, it's just a part of, it's a routine now, you know, he brings me in for his camps and I bring him uh, down to my camps whenever I have a fight coming up and uh, it just works out well. And now, you know, hopefully one day he's going to be a family member. going to be part of the family. Cause uh, you know, my brother, Tony, he's, he's uh, talking to his sister, Colleen <laughs> talking to, is that what they call it these yeah, days? I guess I was getting pretty serious. You know, she's uh uh, you know, it's, it's getting pretty serious. It's, it's pretty cool
1: that That's how great. everything
3: kind of worked out.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm wondering, the first time you trained with him, do you remember which fight it was for for you? Which which was the first time that he helped you out for a fight? I believe it was uh, Patrick Cote. Patrick Cote, and look at you. Okay, so it's only been two Patrick fights. Coté. Yeah, I was yeah, trying to give fine. him a little too much credit here. I thought maybe it was after the Matt Brown fight, and like, look what's happened since you've been training. But he doesn't deserve any of that credit. <laughs> he, you probably deserve more credit for what he's done with Anderson and, and Leoto and stuff than he deserves credit for what you've been doing. Nah, man, he's I mean, not teaching you those spinning it, heel it. kicks and all that crazy stuff.
3: <laughs> no, he's not. But he's definitely helping me keep it standing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean his his wrestling. He's so freaking good and he's such a monster and what I've learned with him mostly is his work ethic you know the, the way he just grinds himself out and pushes himself in the gym you know there's no excuses for him and he separates his training and his family very well he makes no excuses you know all oh, on my back. you know not not feeling too well I'm going to skip out on this and no there's none of that doesn't matter he, none about no matter how he feels or what he's feeling physically or mentally emotionally he knows he's got a job and he's in the gym no matter what and he pushes himself to the limit. And, uh, which, you know, I see that and I know that's why he's the champion. It's his, is his work ethic and his mental, um, physical and, and emotional strength that he has, man. And and it's because of the people he keeps around him, you know, Ray Longo, Matt, Sarah, hmm. it's family. He's got a great support system and I know I got that here. So, you know, uh, why not push myself to the limit every time I step out there for, for training? And, uh, he definitely, he definitely has changed my mindset on training and just, uh, it, it, just the whole look on MMA um, and, and training itself. It's just, you know, he's a huge asset uh, to my training camp
1: and why I'm where I am right now. From your perspective, does anything Rockhold brings to the table worry you for Chris? Not at all. Nothing? Not at all.
3: Nothing. Uh, you know, from the look at Rockhold, he's never really changed. Uh, even from his strike force days, he hasn't made any significant changes to make me think, wow, this guy's going to do something different during this fight. You know, if you look at Chris, every fight that he takes, he's got something new in his bag and he's, he's constantly learning and evolving. And, uh, everybody's basing this fight off of their fights with Machida, Mm. you know, everybody's like, you know, Chris went five rounds with Machida. No, well, Rock Rockhold finish him. I think it was in the second round, Mm -hmm. but the second second round, you know, it was rear naked choke, but you know, just from that. And, uh, you know, Luke, uh, excuse me, uh, Lucho Machida was at his best. I think in his whole career when he stepped in the cage with, against Chris, Mm -hmm. I think he was at his best. And when Chris just, just, uh, it was a great war, but, uh, Chris just dominated him. And, um, he just wasn't the same after that. Even going into the fight with Luke Rockwell, I could just tell he just wasn't the same. And, um, during the weigh-ins, he didn't look the same. He wasn't as, as fired up as he normally is. And, um, I think, you know, Luke Rockle didn't fight Machida at his best. I think Chris uh, definitely has the upper hand in this fight. He's just better, I think, all around. Uh, the only thing that Luke may have is reach, advantage with his legs and his feet. But, man, I'm telling you, man, it's, unless you're just stepping out there with Chris, you don't, you don't understand how good he did.
1: Uh, final quick thing for you. You're, you're, you're searching for an opponent. You're, you're shooting for the stars. You're, you're, you're asking for Tyron Woodley. In your mind, how far away do you think you are from that title discussion?
3: Man, if, if this does happen between uh, me and Tyrone Woodley, if if it, actually if it doesn't happen, I would say two or three more fights. If it does happen, I would say two, you know. Okay. After Tyrone Woodley, you know, make that step up. Hey, I'm, let's let's go for the title, and uh, that's what I'm looking. at. I'm looking to move forward. I, you know, I was kind of iffy about taking the fight with Magny just because you know he is ranked number twelve, but he is a, he's, a, he's a dangerous fighter, you know, and uh, um, it just felt like a step back you know what I mean?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I wanted to move, move forward and, you know, a top five, uh, even, you know, top set, you know, next guy under me this number seven guy, number six guy. Uh, but you know, they got injuries. They already got fights coming up. And the only guy is Tyrone. And you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, we'll look for somebody else. But, uh, that's the fight that I think we would, is, is the best one for me right now. And, I think we would put on
1: a good show. Well, I know he's waiting for a title fight, and, and, and you can certainly make a very strong case that he deserves it, but you are taking a, a page out of Tyron's book, and he's got to respect that. He did the same thing when he wanted to fight Carlos Condit, and he was you know, further back in the rankings, did the same thing recently with Johnny Hendricks. So I, I know he has to, to respect your... Uh, your uh you know your your drive here and you shooting for the stars. Good luck getting the fight. Hopefully you do remain on that card on January 2nd. It's been truly a pleasure watching you grow and evolve into the fighter that you have become and and looking forward to the next few steps here. Thank you very much for the time, Stephen, and and we'll see you hopefully in January in Vegas.
3: Sounds good, my friend. It's a pleasure having uh being able to talk to you and thanks for having me on.
1: All right, there he is, one of the most dynamic fighters in the sport today there's no doubt about it when he when he fights when he competes inside the octagon it 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 truly feels like you can't you, you can't look away you can't play you can't do anything because he's got these crazy kicks in his back pocket in his arsenal A tremendous win over jake ellenberger in july one of the best finishes of 2015 no doubt about it and looking forward to seeing what the ufc does with him next now the ufc announced Around the same time that they announced Magni fighting Gaslam, they announced that they are going back to Newark, January 30th, Fox, big Fox show during the NFL playoffs, so you know a lot of people will be watching. The main event is going to be Rumble Johnson versus Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader joining us right now on the phone. Ryan, how are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm good. You know, I, I... as a guy who lives in New York, and it's it's a Fox fight, I was like, oh, that, that's a really interesting fight in the light heavyweight division when it was announced. That's what I was thinking. But I said, man, I wonder how Ryan Bader feels about all of this, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Did you have to kind of be like, well, I guess you know, like, it, was this one of the the fights where, yeah, it's a big stage, it's Fox, it's main event, but you aren't that happy that you're getting this opportunity because it's not what you ultimately wanted?
5: Yeah, you know, kind of. It uh, you know, when John Jones came back. You know, I, I had it in the back of my head that they're going to do Cormier and Jones, you know, and, uh, um, you know, they want that fight. That sold big last time. Um, you know, but I, I still held out some hope and, and uh, you know, we waited to kind of hear hear the word, basically, before we we kind of uh, you know, got on social media or whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, they gave us a call and said, uh, you know, you guys want to fight Rumble in uh, you know, January 30th, main event, Big Floss. You know, and, uh, you know, so that lessens the blow a little bit. You know, it's a, it's a huge platform, and, um, you know, Rumble's ranked number one. And so, you know, I, we keep going back to, like, this one's going to be it. You know, <laughs> this, this one, this one's it. So who knows? Though? So um, if I got to beat everybody, that's what I got to do. I'll make it that much sweeter. But, um, yeah, I, I was kind of, you know, disappointed. But at the same time, this is a huge fight, and uh, um, it's what we're in the game for.
1: Did they have to convince you? Did you try holding out and saying, I'll just wait for the winner of uh, Cormier Jones? Or because of the stage and the main event and all that, did you say yes right away?
5: No, I mean, they didn't have to convince me. We just we said yes right away. Um, what a good guy you but, are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. But for me, you know, looking at it from my viewpoint, you know, nothing's guaranteed. No title shots are ever guaranteed. You know, I'm going to sit there and wait. Uh, you know, Cormier saying he doesn't even want to t- think about it or whatever until next year, and, and uh, you know, I had no clue when they are going to fight, maybe in April, maybe later. And then, you know, what happens if the champ breaks his hand gets hurt? Then right. I'm waiting even more, and I'm waiting for what? Maybe potentially getting a shot? You, you never know, you know? And so they could throw somebody out. They could do Gus and Jones, too, you know? You never know what's going to happen. So for me, that was my thought process, and I uh, said, hey, I'll take the fight. It'll give me you know, hopefully, and obviously that much closer, you know, beating a guy like Rumble, who's ranked number one right now. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that was our thought process.
1: Did they say to you, okay, if you beat this guy, there's no one else and you will finally get that title shot. Has that been said?
5: Um, I didn't talk to, like, just sort of directly, but, um, a manager and I think it was alluded to, um, you know, a process of elimination. There's no one else. Yeah. But, and so, uh, I think that's all was said, you know, and so, uh, Um,
6: Take that for what it's worth.
1: You know, as well as anyone at this point, crazier things have happened, right? So, I guess you're not hanging your hat on that until you get that contract whenever that time comes.
5: Yeah, exactly. You know, so right now, what I can do is if I want to keep fighting, being active, you know, and and I'm 32 years old, you know, and I'm right there. I have have great momentum going right now, everything's good in my life, you know, so um, I'm not going to sit around and wait. Potentially, uh, potentially a year, yeah. you know, perhaps, and, and uh, not a fight, you know, on the basis of maybe getting a title shot. So, um, it, it's just kind of, as far as what I've went through, like, the last couple fights and, and talk about it and this and that, and, you know, I've just kind of done thinking about it. You know, it'll, it'll happen when it happens, and all, all I can do is go out there and beat that guy, beat Rumble now. So, um, that's it.
1: Has that been part of the change for you in a good way that you have stopped obsessing over the belt? And I, I, I've heard this before that once guys do that, they 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 really start to enjoy great success. Like you stop worrying about what you have to do yeah. in the road. Has that happened to you as well?
5: Yeah, for sure. You know, we've sure heard that the pressure of always thinking ahead and, and always, you know, uh, what do I got to do to get there, and, and uh, um, those those big letdowns. You know, um, you know for. Yeah, I thought I was fighting Cormier, for sure. Even Cormier thought it was yeah. fine, you know, and then, uh, you know, obviously that didn't happen, you know. So you have those letdowns, and, and all you're fighting Rashad now. And, you know, it, and if that happened again, you know, it just knocked you down a little bit mentally. And so for me, yeah, you know, I, I go in there, um, you know, I pretend like it was just another fight, your first fight of uh, a wind or anything like that. I'm not looking at, like, oh, i got to make this six in a row or anything like that um, to up my chances of a title shot. You know, we've seen, like you said, crazier stuff happening. We've seen guys, last couple guys get title shots off of losses, you know, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, potentially you can go in there and lose a fight. And, and <laughs> yeah, that's right. The title. That's the silver you know, lining. So, I, I stopped worrying about it.
1: I got to tell you, and I don't know if you'll appreciate this, but it was a lot of fun just watching you, observing you, listening to what you had to say in Houston because... Man, the chip on your shoulder, I, I like that stuff. I like when someone's a little riled up and, and, and wanting to prove to the world and, and, and shutting up the doubters. Have you ever felt that way before, a fight before, looking back now?
5: No, not, not too much, you know, because I've never had people really kind of talk like you know, he was talking, when yeah. was were talking, you know. Um, you know I kind of felt like I was a butt of their uh, joke between those two, you know. Yep. They're all buddy-buddies and, and whatnot. And so um, basically it's just like a lack of respect. You know, I can take the smack talk and, you know, I don't care about that. But there's certain things like, you know, uh, you know Cormier said it too. That's why I got pissed off is uh, um, the easiest, I'm the easiest fight in the division, you know. And then uh, Rashad was caught in that, and, that and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, it's uh, I feel like every time I go out there, I, I have to prove something. Because you know, whether it's fans or you know, the other fighters that I'm going you know, to fight potentially or uh, I'm scheduled to fight, there's always an excuse of why I won. You mm. know, there's, oh, Rashad's been out for two years, you know, fight before. Oh, he had a bad weight cutter. There's always something of why I won. So I just want to keep this rolling and just
1: keep throwing people all. That's what I love about it. Do you feel like because a couple of your losses, which are now, you know, your, your last loss was to Glover Teixeira two years ago, over two years ago, and, and prior to that, you beat Matt Yushchenko in, in dominant fashion, but do you feel like, because you've had some of those losses early in your career that were somewhat spectacular, highlight reels for the other guy, yeah. that you've been forced to tr- work extra hard to erase that memory for people?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, you go back, people still talk about Tito Ortiz and Tito Ortiz. You know, oh, Ryan put a great streak together, but he still lost to Tito. He sucks, you know? And so, uh, you know, that's always there. I and mean, if you look at my losses, you know, I've lost to, to John Jones, which pound for pound one of the best fighters out there. Yep. You know, I lost uh, Machida back when Machida was rolling, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, I lost to Tito and, and when I fought Tito and Jones, yeah, I'm a, uh, I was a kid then. I am a totally different fighter now, mm-hmm. you know, and then I lost to Glover, you know, those, those four losses, um, you know, looking back, you know, three of them were, you know, the championship material, two were champions and, you know, and three of them were champions at one point and Glover, you was know, fought for the title and he, he's a beast, you know, and so, um, I, I feel like I get a little lack of respect, mainly from that uh, from that Tito player. Sure.
1: On the flip side, though, I kind of feel like what Phil Davis did in Bellator recently upped your stock, gave you a little more respect. Like people were like, oh, Phil Davis is capable of this. Then that win, you know, while it was close, yeah. looked a lot better in hindsight. Did you feel the same yeah, way? You
5: know, Phil of those guys. He's, he's tough. He's a tough guy to get a hold of. And people don't realize that until they actually fight him. Mm. You know, um, Brian Stann was there, and, and you know he's fought him obviously, and he knows. And uh, so he he told me he goes, don't let anybody take anything away from me with that win because I've been in there with Phil, and he's a weird, weird guy to fight, get a hold of, you know, and just his motion and everything. And uh, um, you know, so I definitely think that you know, up, up my stock and, and uh, obviously up Bill's stock, you know. So that you know, that's always good. But um, you know, for me, I, I I guess it's going out there and beating Rumble that. You know, I see more respect now, especially from the fans. You know, I've got this win streak going, and, uh, you know, even if they might not like my fighting style or whatever, you know, they, they respect that, you know, I'm keeping my head down and, and taking these fights and going through it. And, uh, you know, and you kind of have people on your side a little bit when you, know, you get to keep getting passed over, you know. Right. And so, uh, you know, for me, I think it's that uh, beating that number one guy, that number two guy, um, that's going to garner me the respect. Um, and you know to say, okay,
3: now he really deserves that shot and, and you know he can he can do it.
1: I feel like you've been asked this before, but considering the era that we're in these days uh th- things have changed clearly is it is it not important like you can't just beat rumble at this point right you have to especially like you see what Glover did to Pat Cummins the highlight the 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 crazy finish it it means more than just the W against, you know, who you picked it up. Do, do you have to do something spectacular on the 30th in order to 100% ensure that you are getting that title shot? Is that what you're thinking?
5: See, I, I feel like I'm kind of like, you know,
1: Dan for you for kind of yeah. scenario here because,
5: you know, you're going out and fighting Johnson. You know, uh, we know what he has. He's explosive. He hits hard. especially just in the first round. He's going to come out, you know, blazing. And we find him at... Uh, any other time or any time, really, the game plan, go in there, get him down, do a call to do to him, you know? And so I go out there, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm I, on him, I'm making terrible weight, you know, I'm, I'm taking him down. Um, if I don't finish him, then it goes back to again, well, you know, that's however many decisions and win, it wasn't a spectacular fight. Um, so, no, we're going to put whoever in, mm-hmm. you know, in the title shot. So I feel like I'm in that kind of corner right there. You um, might, you know, I'd be dumb to go out there and, and, and stand toe-to-toe and trade with them in the first couple of minutes, you know. And so um, I feel like I'm in a weird place right there. But, you know, for me, I don't even really care right now. Um, you know, I'm going to go out there and do what I need to do to go out there and win. Um, and I can go from there, you know, the, the next fight or whatnot. I can start fighting for um, going out there and, and throwing my wrist away and just start banging with guys, you know. But I'm five fights, you know, I've won five fights in a row. I'm right there. This is what I train for. I've been taught my whole life to go out there and win at all costs. Yeah. And so that's my mentality right now.
1: Um, very few people in the history of the sport can say they've won five in a row in the UFC. But when it's all said and done, if you never do get that title shot, will your career feel incomplete?
5: No, it won't. Um, yeah, I've had, I've had a blast. You know, I've got to travel the world. I've fought in Australia a couple of times. Japan, I've fought in front of new crowds. It's taken me, um, you know, like I said, different places. I've met awesome people. Um, you know, um, last week somebody sent me something on Twitter as far as, like, the stats in the light heavyweight division. I've never even looked at those, and, and I didn't even know they had them. So I started looking at them, you know, and it, it's crazy to kind of look back, because I feel like I'm new in the sport still. Um and I almost have, you know, as, as many fights as I'm, like, number three as far as, like, been or been around as far as, like, different stuff. and. And uh, looking back, uh, holy crap, you know, I, I've been around for a while and I've had a great time. Um, and I feel like right now is the closest I'm going to get as far as I'm 32 years old. I can probably make one more run or something, you know, if you, if you take a loss. Maybe you to take a couple losses in a row, you know. That's what I'm talking about, going out there and fighting for the fans and making it fun. And, and uh, But if I don't get it, I'm um, still be happy with myself. I know I've been in there. I gave it my
1: all. There's nothing more that I can do. Uh, Anthony Johnson told the media and the fans in Brazil this past weekend that he's going to take your soul. What's your reaction to that?
5: Yeah, well, I wanna do the same thing. My game plans to go in there and uh you know, make him quit. You know, uh, do what D C did to him. You know, and uh you know, he, he was been, you know, chatting on, on Twitter, you know, trying to get me to um, you know, respond to him back and I wasn't gonna let you know him and his can't dictate. You know what we're going to do in our fight. You know and he keeps saying I got to beat these, I got to beat a top three guy. Or I, you know I haven't beaten anybody deserve or warrant a title shot. You know when uh, when these <laughs> other guys are just getting thrown in off of losses and stuff. So um, it, it is what it is. You know it's uh, uh, I'm not going to start to smack talk again. Um, but I'm going to go in there. I'm going to try to do the same thing. I'm going to try to get him to quit. I'm going to try to um, you know just just wear on him, get him down, and,
1: and uh, you know eventually finish him. Do you feel like this is another guy, though, that deep down doesn't really have all that much respect for you?
5: Yeah, you know, just, uh, just some of the stuff you're saying, and, and uh, you know, it could be the whole thing with uh, you know him and Rashad are good buddies. And, That's right. And all that, you know, and I'm no rebel, like from you know back in the day where we're out, you know, he's a wrestler. I, I like the guy, you know, but uh, um, it comes back down to the same thing of of me. You know, I just saw an article today or something about, you know, Vader looked like Vader. You know, it's just, just a lack of respect, you know, and I don't care. I, I, I like that because I get to go out there and prove people wrong. And if I get to do that every single time, you know, my opponent, the fans and whatnot, um, then that's what I'm going to do. I like being in that position. You know, I'm a big underdog in this fight. I love being in that position. Um, and I love to prove people wrong and, and, and prove myself right and my,
1: and my coaches. Is it hard not to respond when when they're trying to bait you? Uh, yeah,
5: exactly. You know, well, you know, when they came out, of, I was actually in Mexico. I was on vacation, and I came back, and my phone was like blowing up on social media, like, "Oh, you didn't respond. You're being a pussy. You know, all this kind of stuff." And I'm like, I'm not going to just fall into yeah, you know, get baited into. When I, first off, I don't know what's going on with this, you know, this title shot, you know, and they haven't came out and said anything, so. I was going to wait and, and, uh, and do it on my terms, my own terms, you know. He wants to fight me. I have a 5-5 win streak. You know, I'm the quickest way to the title. If he beats me, then, you know, he's right there. You know, I'm number, th- rank number three right now, you know, and he's fought Dustin already, you know. So, um, of course, he wants to fight me, you know. And then, uh, you know, but Jones coming back makes it more palatable because it's Jones, you know, and he's going to get the title shot. That's fine. You know, when somebody like Dustin, that's a little harder, you know. And so, um we knew if that was happening, we're going to take a fight, and then uh, we knew it was going to be rumble. And so, when it we found out for sure, said, "Okay, let's do it." And then here we are.
1: Uh, final thing: Who do you think wins when Jones fights Cormier? And B of that question: Who are you rooting for?
5: Um, I'm not really rooting for anybody, you know, um, because number one, I would love to get in there with
1: Jones again.
5: You know he, he's he's a beast. They're both beasts, but you know John's been you know run through everybody, and, and uh, you know I, I want to get that fight back, and I want to I want to fight him again, um, and then obviously I want to fight Cormier. We've been through that a million times. for yeah. what we have, you know, and so uh, you know that would be nice to finally actually do it with Cormier and, and do it with you know for a title shot. Um, with that being said, who's gonna win? Um, Cormier has obviously grown throughout his. Is, uh you know, being a champion, you know, going through those five-round uh, know, five round wars with, with Gus is going to make him that much better when that happens again with Jones, or if that happens again with Jones, you know, and uh, um, going out there and being smart and beating Anthony Johnson. Um, and then it's it's where Jones is at, you know, it, it mentally. Um, you know, supposedly he's in the gym more and all that kind of stuff, and, and time off could be good for some people, or it could be bad. He could come in refreshed, wanting to train, wanting to get better, and Having that fire to compete, you know, or to do the opposite, but, you know. Some people need that chaos in in their life, um, and, and you know, and the stuff he was doing and all that kind of stuff, and, and uh, um, some people need that, you know, to either take the take uh, not the attention but you know, that little stress off of it and everything like that. And so, it, it really it depends on how he comes back, you know. If he's, if he's fired up, wanting to go, you know, um, it's hard not to.
1: That wins. Ryan, a pleasure as always, my friend. Looking forward to it. Always great when the UFC comes uh, very close to where I live, so I'm very excited about that, and it's a, it's a big fight for both of you. Ryan Bader, Anthony Johnson, live and free on Fox, January 30th from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Looking forward to it. As I said, Ryan, thank you very much for the time once again.
6: Next, yes, buddy, of course.
1: Anytime. All right, there he is, Ryan Bader. Huge fight for him if he beats Rumble Johnson in around two and a half months. Uh, that, I mean, it's going to be hard to... Uh, to argue against him finally deserving that title shot. All right, let's move along now. So very honored that we are being joined on the phone by a man who needs zero introduction, a legendary figure in the history of combat sports, both uh, boxing, of course, and a little bit in our sport of uh, mixed martial arts. And he made some news last week. Want to talk to him about that and a whole lot more. We're being joined by the one and only Freddie Roach right now on the phone. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, yourself? I am doing great. Thank you so much. What a great. great honor this is for us. I really appreciate your time. So, as I said uh, last week, you were the talk of the MMA world because you, you subtly dropped this nugget that you had recently trained with the one and only george st pierre and that you guys actually you know came up with a plan of of doing this six-week training camp to see if you'd be ready to come back is that an accurate way of of laying it all out
7: yeah you know the thing is uh, he came here to train and he trained for three days and he actually looked really good He was, I mean, maybe the, three of the best training sessions we've ever had he was uh, a lot more flexible he was very strong as usual and uh... you know he likes to be the power lifting and so forth and uh, sometimes we debate over it, it makes him stiffer a little bit maybe too stiff or not strong enough so it's uh, always in the middle but he he did do, we did have three very very good workouts actually one day we did 10 rounds straight on the mitts with no rest period we just worked right through it wow and um he he um He's not in top top shape right now, but um, he he made it through the ten rounds, and he was wondering when I was going to give him a break, and he he would never ask. So so we just we just went ten rounds straight, and then um, you know um, we're going to do the six week training camp, and uh, the thing is uh, he wants to see if he's hungry for it still, and want, still wants to do it, and uh, after six weeks we'll have a i i know we'll have a great idea. of it, it's either yes or no? And uh, I, I thought it was a great idea. To have, to, you know, to be thoughtful of that, of doing and doing something like that. I've I haven't heard of it before, but uh, I, it, it, it does make sense to me. And you know, the thing is, if you if you you know if you're not hungry for it anymore, after six weeks of training, you know, you go away. If if you are, you know, you, you make the comeback and give a full dedication.
1: After those three days, after that ten round session, what does your gut say right now? Before we enter that six week stretch, do you think he will fight again? Yes, I do. Why? Yeah,
7: uh, just uh, just on the three day session we had, you know, he was, he was so um, he's so positive and so good. And uh, it, again, it was like the three best sessions maybe we've ever had. And um, you know, those uh, you know, there was nobody down here is very private, and he just had one of his bodyguards with him, or. Actually, not a bodyguard. One of his best friends. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
7: But um, he, and the thing is, I said, you know, George. I, I said, if we do do this, and we do make come back, like, um, you know, how how are we going to do it? Like, are we going to fight the top guy right away? Or are we going to build ourselves up a little bit? And you know, he and he says, well, I hopefully think that we can build ourselves a little bit up a little bit during that six-week session, because during the six-week session, we, we are going to have actual fights in my ring downstairs, wow. private, of course, but we will have fights, and they'll be competitive, and, uh, you know, and there'll be no holding back, and, and just just you because know, that's part of the process of getting to know if you still want to do this. So um, we, we, we 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 get some guys that will come down, and we'll, you know, uh, help us out and uh you know give, give us uh give us an idea of where, where where we're at in the sport right now.
1: Will he be spending that entire 6 week period with you? Yep. Wow. why not Montreal as well?
7: Um actually cuz my schedule is so damn crazy lately and so busy and um he he and he knows that and he does want me to come to montreal to see his new gym and so forth Mm -hmm. but i just don't have time at this moment and um you know the thing is uh i am probably i'm facing a decision pretty soon if i have to back surgery or not okay and if i can get around that and like i'm doing every day i go to therapy every day and work out for two and a half hours and the two and a half hour workout gets me here and he gets me on the mitts, and he gets you know, the thing is, but every day it's the same thing, and you know, it's uh, not cheap. <laughs> they charge you a lot of money for those yes. sessions. But, uh, you know, the thing is, um, there's talk about, you know, some guys over in Germany that are very good, and uh, some great doctors over there, and um, I know some guys that have gone there and have some success. But the thing is, I, I do have a bad back right now, and that's, that's only the only thing, really. In his back right now, and I, if I do have the surgery, I can still verbally coach him from, from from the side of the gym and so forth, and I just don't have time to go to Montreal at this point. But I do like Montreal, and I, I actually love Montreal. It's a great city and so forth, and I do hope we had a chance to go there. And if we do have a chance, we will go. But right now, we're, the plan is here at the wild card.
1: Prior to this, when was the last time you worked with George? Um...
7: I think the last time I worked with George was right before the, his last fight. Oh, okay. And then, then he went back to Montreal to work on his, his ground game, of course. And, um, you know, I talked to him about the, the ground game and and all the other factors of getting ready for a fight and so forth. And he told me he has enough people down here that are friendly enough with him that will come over and give him, you know, and a, lot of, a lot of his guys will come in. So... The, the the downstairs part of uh, the wildcard will be fully MMA at that time. Wow. So a little unusual for us, but that's, um, you know, again, I, I, I care about George, and I want him to make the right decisions. Uh,
1: there's been some talk that if he does come back, and you just said you believe he will, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't go for a title. He's not there anymore. Maybe he goes for a Super Fights. Anderson, that's been talked about as well. I know you know Anderson a little bit. What would you prefer he does?
7: Um... You know, I would... Like to like uh, go get back into it, like build up, build, build build yourself up, and just, you not know, fight uh, the top guys right away, and get a couple uh, a couple a, a couple fights that you know he's supposed to win, and build build his confidence and so forth. And then you know again we can do it here in the gym, but it's better in, it's better in real life, and just build his confidence up to get him where he's at, where he wants to win to to win a world title again, you know, and that's the only way. And you know of course the super fight would be great. You know, if we could come up with a catchweight that everyone's agree- agreeable on, um, you know, we do have weights in boxing, of course. But, yeah. You know, that's kind of a, it's kind of a loophole right now. That's uh, you know, um, I found out that I could use it with Manny Pacquiao when we first fought when we first fought Miguel Cotto. Now I train Miguel Cotto, and he's pissed huh. at me. <laughs> he always brings that up, and that's why he's. Uh, doing catch weights right now and so forth, because it's it's legal, and you you know the thing is no, nobody can really do anything about it until they change the rules so uh catch weights are part of our lives right now, and you know if he did if he did fight uh Silva it would you know it definitely be catch weight because he's a lot bigger than George, I think, and uh um they would have to come and do catch weight and it would be, it would be a great fight, it would be a great event. I would love to see that event at the end, but not right away.
1: Mm. Uh, any concerns at all? You know, there was a lot of talk about the, the amount of damage he took, head trauma, all this stuff. Any concerns at all about his health? Like in a perfect world, would you just prefer he walk away as champion, a la Lennox Lewis somewhat recently, and just be the king and, and, and never really tarnish how he walked away from the sport? Do you think that way?
7: Um, they, I like that way. You know, the thing is, if Manny Pacquiao walks away from the sport today. I'd be very proud of him and what we accomplished. And uh, you know, if he did that and you know runs for president or, or whatever he wants to do, um, I, w- I would be proud of him. And uh, you know, the thing is, there's no shame in that, of course. But the thing is, sometimes, sometimes if you you know if you're unsure and you just your whole life, the rest of your life, you're saying, what if? Mm. You know, and I I don't like that. I you know I don't like guys saying, "What if I? What if I fought that one more fight? What if I got in shape and did it right? What if I got in shape and you know had a couple two hundred fights and then fought the title again?" So I don't like that either. You know, so you know there's there's certain ways to go out, and I like I do like people when they go out on top. I mean, it, it is a great thing, but sometimes in your own mind, if you can't get over it. Then you make him come back later on, and it's too late. So I'd rather see. I'd rather decide that now and make sure he's hungry for it, and see see if he's really hungry for the for, for the big time again. You know.
1: Did you sit down with him at all? Have a heart to heart, and 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 find out what's his motivation for coming back at this point.
7: Yeah, you know the thing is, that, I mean, his motivation to come back is the, the, the fans, of course, and he wants to be. You know, he wants to win. He wants. He, he wants. You know, because the, the, um, like that last fight was controversial. Yeah. Even though a lot of people tell me he won that fight, a lot of people inside the sport tell me that he won that fight. A lot of people, just fans that watch it on TV, tell me he lost that fight. So you know, the thing is. I'm not a great judge of MMA fights because I, you know, cause I, I, I'm more into the boxing side of it, mm-hmm. and I do like to stand up better. And the ground game is like, um, you know, I wrestled a little bit in high school, but um, <laughs> that's 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 not enough to to be a good MMA fighter. Right. So, um, you know, the thing is, I, you know, to be good at that sport, you know, you you better be, I mean, excellent at. Four or five different sports, and I, you know, it's very competitive and it's very hard to do. It's a very tough sport, and the thing is, getting ready for the sport is just—I mean, getting ready for the fight is just—it's a lot, a lot of work. And that's what I like about the, the six-week training camp that we're going to go through that. And if he can put himself—if he can put himself through it, I think we'll be in good shape, and we'll be able to fight the top guys out there. But again, again, if uh, it's a good test for him and. Um, you if he wants to, but but at the end of at the end of six weeks, if he decides that it's over, and I'll shake his hand and, and wish him the best of luck in life, and that, you know, I'll always be there for him, and I, I think we'll all I'll be there for him, and I don't think there's any shame in that whatsoever.
1: Is this week one of the six weeks, or was that last week? Are we in week two now?
7: No, 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 we haven't started okay. yet. No, and he he um, he did have some business thing; he had to go back to Montreal. <laughs> And he told me as soon as he gets the schedules that worked out, he's going to call me, and we're going to we we we'll work the schedule out. And uh, you know, he knows I have Cotto coming up, so I yep. think I think this will start right after the Cotto fight.
1: And the timing of having you on the show before I let you go, I have to ask you about this because there's a fight this weekend that you may be somewhat interested in. I know you're very busy with the Cotto Canelo fight, but Ronda Rousey is fighting Holly Holm. Holly, coming from the boxing world, as someone who is is a huge part of that world, and and, and I'm sure you've heard. Of Holly in the past, just how good of a boxer was she in her heyday over there?
7: Uh, Holly was a good boxer. I mean, you know, she beat some good fighters. Maybe they're a little bit older when she fought them. You know, uh, me St. John and uh, you know, um, but uh, she, I mean, she does have some some good wins. She has 33 wins, I think, and maybe three losses. Mm-hmm. And she she had a good a, a good record. And but like the. The the female boxing never really caught on like Ronda Rousey has. Ronda is just huge right now, and the thing is that she knows the ground game so much better than um, the the boxing girl. Well, I think that I think that she'll. I like Ronda to to win that fight pretty easily. And, like, someone asked me, Could Rhonda beat you in the fight, you know, myself? Yeah. And I said, well, I'm 55 now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm a little bit old, So, I, I, and I know nothing about the ground game. And if she gets me in the leg lock or arm bar or something like that, I, I I would have no idea what to do with it. So, yes, she can beat me, too. Yes. So, um, Rhonda's, you know, she's really... On top of things right now, a lot of people like her. You know, I used to do mist with her a long time ago, and uh, that was a lot of fun. But she's really uh, gone. uh, She stepped up, and she's 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 really high up there right now. And uh, I I wish her the best of luck.
1: How do you feel about her boxing? She was on the cover of Ring magazine recently, and it created this whole big storm. And and people like to critique her striking. From your perspective, how good of a boxer is she?
7: I caught her before and so forth. She's she's not the best in the world, but she's very, you know, she's good. She's um, very competitive. She tries really hard. I mean, it's not probably the best thing she does. I think, you know, she's better at the ground game. But, again, she's more experienced there. But but her her box her box is not is is good, and um, you know the girl she's fighting is a good boxer also. So uh, while they stand up, it will be a good fight. But then when, I think once it goes to the ground, though I think Ronda will destroy her on the ground.
1: Her trainer Edmund Tarverdian comes from the boxing world. What do you what do you think of him if if, if anything?
7: Edmund's a good guy. Um, you know, he's always brought fighters to my gym. He had a lot of professionals before he had Rhonda, and they would come and spy here all the time and so forth, and he was always a good coach and a good guy. So I really like him, and uh, again, uh, he I, I like, you know, he has success with Rhonda. It, it reminds me of the success I had when Manny Pacquiao walked through my do- doors one day and um, was looking for a coach. You know, the thing is, I mean, we're both uh, at the right place at the right time, and um, these things happen in, in in life, and it's I'm very happy for him.
1: Final thing for you, Freddie, and again, thank you so much for the time. Uh, are you working with any other MMA fighters these days? I know you've you've dabbled with Shogun in the past, Andre Arlovski, GSP, of course. Anyone that we should know about?
7: Nobody right now. I, I, Andre did come to me one day and says, "How come you won't train me anymore?" I says, "Come on, Andre, I'd love to train you." I said, "Anytime you want, you want to come to my gym, you're you're always welcome." So I say, th- I, "I I hope he's thinking about it because I would like to to bring him back and because Andre, I I I really like Andre. I think he's a great guy. I think we were having a great fight when we fought Pedro. We're we're on our way to winning that fight. Yes. he was Kicking his ass until he he tried to <laughs> jump in with a flying knee from too far away. But um, sometimes we we make mistakes in life, and that wouldn't cost us. But he's uh, he's a good guy, and I would love to work with him again.
1: Official prediction: Cotto Canelo on November twenty-first. How do you beat him? Uh, Cotto will knock him out in the eighth round. Wow, there it is. I love your predictions. how confident you are, Freddie again, I use the word honor, but that's the best word that comes to mind. I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy these days. been great catching up with you. Thank you very much, and good luck with that training camp when it's over. please do come back on the show and we could talk about it all. Yeah, great.
7: thank you very much. appreciate it.
1: all right. there he is the one and only Freddie Roach joining us from Los Angeles. Great stuff from him as always it's always it's always a lot of fun talking to him. I mean he is a uh he is a living legend and uh still you know I look at like breaking that news about George St. Pierre and and and, and the fact that that's really interesting the fact that the entire 6 week training camp if you will is going to take place in Los Angeles that one caught me by surprise that is super interesting uh so we'll see and and great to get his insight I didn't know he uh he held pads for Ronda Rousey big fight for him coming up Miguel Cotto versus Canelo Alvarez on November 21st in Las Vegas, the same day as the Kelvin Gaslam-Neil Magny fight taking place in Monterey, Mexico. Everyone will be tied. That's going to do tremendously well on, uh, on pay-per-view. That's a, that's a huge fight in the boxing world. All right. Let's move along. Uh, let's welcome in our next guest. Huge, huge opportunity for him just a few weeks ago. And boy, did he deliver. He, he, he started off as, I believe, the opening fight on Pay-Per-View. Excuse me, on, on Fight Pass. And then they got bumped up to the COMAIN event. And then by the time UFC Dublin happened on October 24th, he ended up being... The main event in enemy territory fighting a beloved son and Patty Houlihan. And it turned out to be, in my opinion, one of the best fights of 2015. I enjoyed it immensely. Have been wanting to have him on the show since then. He is joining us now from Hawaii. The one and only Luis Smoker, there with amazing Skype connection. Wow, that is crystal clear. You are all of a sudden (laughs) on our uh, Hall of Fame of Skype connection. Well done, my friend.
8: Thanks, man. We have good. I guess we have good internet out here.
1: I like it. Which part of Hawaii are you in?
8: Um, Oahu, Kapole.
1: Okay. Um, it's. I know it's early there, somewhat early. So I appreciate you. Uh, you joining us at at around. I think it's like nine twenty five a.m. over there in Hawaii. So we're we're a few weeks removed from your big win. Are you still? Uh, are you still on cloud nine, or have you come back to earth?
8: Um. I'm always on cloud nine. I'm always think I'm awesome. So yeah, I'm still riding my high.
1: <laughs> but things definitely change for you after. That. I mean, it's very rare these days in the UFC for two flyweights, neither of them named Demetrius Johnson, to main event a show. You're in Ireland. You're fighting a you know very popular. That that was a huge deal. That was a major turning point in your career. You do rec- recognize that, right?
8: Um, I I I'm not sure honestly. Like I feel like. Every fight is like a huge turning point, you know. Every fight is important, so um, I, I guess maybe exposure-wise, yeah.
1: You didn't sense anything after the fact. You didn't sense more people talking about you. You becoming more of a of a bigger name in the sport.
8: Um. Well, I guess you're totally no selling to me
1: here. It sounds like you just well, opened the I, show.
8: I, I, I... <laughs> I, I am talking to Ariel Helwani right now, so I guess I guess it did move me up a
1: bit. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, a nice uh, a nice byproduct. Um, how did you handle it? It sound I, I feel like I know the answer, but were you at all a little more nervous than usual, a little more anxious once you found out that you were going like in the locker room? You knew that you were headlining at that point. Was it different?
8: Um, not really. I was just trying to tell myself to just like let everything go and just go out there and do what I do and not choke. You know, like. I just like, I just did, I really, really didn't want to choke. I was like, (laughs) uh, uh, I just did not want to choke. I I was just really scared. I was like, I'm trying to get to four and one right now. Like I I was just, I I knew that if I let go, I was going to be okay. If I let everything go and just like didn't, didn't second guess myself and start overthinking things, I knew I was going to be fine.
1: Have you ever thought that way before? Like don't choke?
8: Yeah. That's what I always tell myself. It's like my little like like mantra that I said, like, like, don't choke, don't choke, like, like go out there and just let go.
1: Well, you certainly didn't choke. Uh, is that, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to say to oneself. Everyone's different in a previous life. Were you a choker? Did you, did you usually choke on a big stage?
8: My first, my first grappling tournament, I choked pretty hard. Like I freaked out and I ended up losing like at novice to like some dude And I was just so upset with myself because I'm I'm a pretty good grappler. I've been a pretty good grappler for a while. Yeah. I ended up choking and losing my first match and only getting like silver or bronze. And I was like, I was pretty upset. And ever since then, I've been telling myself not to choke.
1: (laughs) So, considering that, considering how good you are on the ground, what did you make of your. You know your 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 ground attack on October twenty fourth. Were you happy because you know at times it got a little dicey there and you guys were going for it. That's what made it so fun as a viewer. But as as you critique yourself and your performance, what did you make of it?
8: Um, honestly, I wish I didn't let him get to my back. Um, yeah. that was one of the things we were working on not happening. But he ended up getting to my back, so that was that was a little um, that's a little upsetting for me because that was one of the things like we didn't want to happen. But um, I was able to, you know, just keep my calm and work my way out of it, which was good. Um, I just, I I thought my grappling was pretty good. Um, He came out sprinting at me, and I guess he just couldn't hold the pace, you know what I mean? Like he came out really trying really hard for takedowns and stuff, and I guess he just couldn't hold the pace. Uh,
1: The rear naked choke, as you mentioned, it, it, it did seem dicey for you for a second, but how close was he to actually locking it in?
8: Um, he never got, he never really had it under the chin. Yeah. I had my chin down the whole time, but, um, like it was just positioning and, you know, like if he had stayed there the whole round, I would have lost. It's just, it's losing points, you know, and you don't ever want to like give the guy like an advantage, especially in his hometown, you know, like you want to, you want to be dominant and like, make sure it looks like you're winning, you know, the whole time.
1: Were you able to look around you and, and take it all in? That's a very unique place to fight, especially when you're fighting one of their own. Were you able to enjoy that?
8: At one point, um, when he had my back, I rolled over, and I could see Connor McGregor <laughs> screaming, like,
1: hit him in the body, hit him in the body. I was like, what? I was like, what's like, going on? This mother.
8: Then this I, ended up hitting, yeah, I ended up getting punched in the face right after. I was like, oh, okay, I got to go back to this.
1: <laughs> you got to focus again. Did you yeah. notice how quiet it got when you beat him? You could tell on, on TV or on the internet that it was super quiet in there.
8: Yeah, it, I, I didn't really realize it at first, but yeah, it, it was it, it went it went really quiet really quick.
1: Do You like fighting a guy that, that that is that long? Is that good for you, considering your your ground skills?
8: Um, I I'm not sure honestly. Like, it seems to kind of help a little bit because um, I have a little bit more room to move and stuff. Like, it makes me a little more slippery. It was interesting because. That was the first time I fought someone who was taller than me, so really? it it was pretty interesting, and my striking ended up being alright in the pocket. I felt like like when when the guy was um when he's taller than me, actually I felt like I had decent striking in the pocket. So I, I don't know. It it, it was interesting, but I feel like maybe if I had, I don't know, i just take it one fight at a time.
1: (laughs) Sure, sure. Although I didn't ask you for your next fight, so that answer doesn't really apply to the question, but I get it. I understand what you're talking about. Um, Okay, how about before the fight? Were you really impersonating BJ Penn after the (laughs) weigh-in?
8: I I, I don't know, man. That that just came out, It sounded like Like, I didn't know what... I, I didn't know what else to say, man. Like I, <laughs> they put me on the spot. I didn't really think it through. I was just like, "Yep, you want to fight? Let's go fight." And then, like through the mic, I was like, "I wanted to go drink my water."
1: <laughs> but you, you said the word "scrap." I mean, it really did sound like BJ, and you you alluded to that on Twitter. I thought I thought it was awesome. I thought you were giving a nod to the the greatest fighter to ever come out of Hawaii.
8: It wasn't on purpose. Oh, but wow. like afterwards, I. I realized it. I was like, "Wow, that kind of like I kind of went on BJ Pan up there." I was <laughs> like, "Wow." <laughs> you
1: you have seen weigh-ins before, right? They 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 always talk to the main eventers after the after you guys weigh in.
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, my coach even told me. My coach Charles Kipili he told me that that was gonna happen. But I don't know. I just like had a brain fart. Like I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. So by the way, have you ever met BJ? Have you ever trained with him? Do you have a relationship with him at all?
8: Um, I met him a few times. He's a really nice guy. Like, um, before his last fight, he flew up on um, my coaches and a couple of my training partners um, on and Tainanes and Russell Doan. He flew them up to this, like, secret dojo he has out in, like, the wilderness of, like, Hawaii. It's, like, it's in this place called YPO Valley. There was, like, no, no internet reception, no running water, like, out oh. in, like, this, like, it's, like, Valley of the Kings thing. It's, like, it's super, like, out there. Why didn't you go? Um, I was finishing up my my um Carioso camp, so I had to go because um Charles is my main MIT man, so I had to go and um like finish up my camp with him. So they just asked if I could tag along. Oh, I, so you I did go. To... You
1: you did go. Yeah, yeah, I went. Oh yeah. wow, what was that like to go to this super secret location and the legends there for his last fight? Or you know, we we thought it was one of his last fights at the time. Was that surreal?
8: It was pretty cool. Um, it 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 was like um, it it was interesting. I I was just kind of concerned with my weight at the time because I I had no control over food and stuff. (laughs) Like, but it it was pretty cool. Like, it 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 was pretty crazy getting to like grapple with BJ and like roll with him and like spar with him. Like, like if. Like no one could pass his guard the whole time. It was pretty. It was pretty wild. Like even with all the pads and stuff on, it, Lowen is huge. He's like 170 pounds, probably walking around, probably bigger than that. No one, none of us could pass BJ's guard. It was pretty crazy.
1: Were you there at the same time as Dolce and Nick Lens?
8: I don't think so. No.
1: Okay, so you didn't see any of that drama.
8: No, I, I didn't see any of that happen. I think I think we we came um, prior or something I, I'm not sure I'm not sure when they win honestly
1: do you want to see him fight again
8: yeah I would love to see him really? fight again I'd love to see, yeah I, I want to see the um the the Moranovich brothers BJ Penn though <laughs> that that BJ Penn that's the one I want to see against who um the Nick Lentz thing seems to have a pretty good storyline yeah. to it. That that one seems pretty interesting. So um yeah. Or or he could fight Mike Dolce or something. I don't uh, know. I don't know
1: if that's happening. <laughs> but I, I do feel like now with your success and Max Holloway, of course, he's still always a figure. I feel like and, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a new stadium that is either about to be finished or is being built right now in Hawaii that they could bring a show to? I feel like we're closer than ever. That's not to say it's going to be announced tomorrow, but you get that sense as well to a UFC event in Hawaii?
8: Yeah. Um. Apparently, Max hit up. When we were up in Dublin, Max was asking, I can't remember who it was, like Sean Shelby or Dana or somebody. And he asked him, he's like, oh, so when are we getting a UFC in Hawaii? And he's like, oh, it's closer than you think, my man. I was oh. like, wow. Yeah. I think we deserve it though. Like given all the the fight history that Hawaii has, I think we deserve a a show out here. I think we do.
1: You alluded to the fact afterwards that you always fight people in their hometowns who are used to that, but what would it be for you? Like, is that something that you dream about or do you feel like it might bring more pressure, more anxiety fighting in your home state?
8: Um, for me, honestly, it, it might bring a little bit more pressure, but, um, I try to like not just just like not let it get to me. For me it would be just amazing to you know have my friends and my family and everybody just be able to come out and watch me fight. Um all my coaches, everything. It would be it would be really cool to have everyone there and you know just have that home field advantage, you know, not have to like want, like figure out where I'm going to go eat food at or like you know just to have a real good control of your surroundings. It'd be super nice.
1: So after your fight, I spoke to uh Sergio Pettis' team and they said they wanted to fight you. It sounds like you're not all that interested in that fight, is that true?
8: Um, not really. No. Um honestly I'm right about to have my daughter right yes. now. Um yeah, um my girlfriend, she's due on Christmas and we're in the process of buying a house right now, so I don't really have a whole like I don't have a whole lot of time for like anything else right now. I'd prefer to just talk crap when I can't, when I'm actually in a position to back it up. Okay. Like, I can't do anything right now. Like, I have no, I have nothing. Like, I can't say anything back because I can't back it up. But honestly, I would prefer, just for my own selfish reasons, I'd prefer to fight Dustin Ortiz because he said something to me, too. And he's ranked higher. So, the higher, I just want the higher ranked fight. You know, I have more to gain from it just because I'm selfish.
1: Yeah, well, I noticed you guys going back and forth on Twitter. What did he say that really pissed you off?
8: Oh, he just said I was an easy fight or something, and so I, would like, um, I was like, I didn't really care, but it, it was just like, you know, I have to say something back, so I was just like, you know what, dude, like, I'm not an easy fight for you, we can fight, but it's gonna have to be a while, and he was like, yeah, I'm not waiting for you, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I guess that's done, I guess that's over.
1: But don't you think, with all due respect to Dustin, Pettis is a bigger name, right? Uh, you don't um, know. well, no. I
8: guess he's a bigger, he, he might be a bigger name, but I'm not in this for name value. I'm in this to like, get my way to the top. I'm not here to try to like, like sell out and, you know, like be a star or whatever. I'm here to try to, to work my way to the top. And then like, I'm trying to get like, that will, um, like the star will, the star power will come, you know, yep. if I keep, if I keep working my way up.
1: You mentioned your girlfriend is pregnant. I see a box of Huggies above your right shoulder over there. So you guys are, you guys are already buying the diapers? Is that what's happening here?
8: Um, we had we had one of our baby showers. Um, okay. Yeah, like this past Saturday um, with her family. There's all kinds of stuff over oh, wow. here. There's like stuffed animals. There's a bassinet over here. There's like a diaper cake this way. There's all kinds <laughs> of stuff over here.
1: First one? Yeah, it's kind of
8: crazy. Um, there, there's just one right now.
1: No, is this your first child?
8: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This is this is our both of our first child. So yeah.
1: Well, that's exciting. How are you feeling? You're uh, a little over a month away. Are you freaking out?
8: Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Sometimes I freak out. I'm kind of like it's kind of like how when I'm I'm getting ready for a fight. I I have like five minutes where I'm like real confident in myself, and then like ten minutes later, I'm freaking out. Like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm in over my head.
1: You get any tips for Max Holloway?
8: <laughs> um. A few, yeah. Um, I kind of got the house idea um, from him to, to get a house because he said he was getting a house. I was like, oh, wow. And then like I was looking. Yeah, I was looking into it and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually like affordable. And it makes more sense than renting because it, it's like our mortgage is like less than like what, what yeah. my girlfriend, like I was with her. And it's less than what she was paying in rent before. So I was like, uh, it didn't really make sense, you know, to rent
1: yeah 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 but w- what does this do for the way you fight and, and what you think about like in this in this fight, this main event, now that you're becoming a father, do you look at your career differently because now you, you, you can't be selfish in a way you you really have to be selfless. you have to think about someone else do you, Do you think that way yet or only when the baby comes? yeah
8: I, I, it's made me a lot more disciplined honestly like i I still kind of screw around a lot, like just even during fight camp, like I cheat on my diet like oh. But it's like it, its made me a lot more like disciplined with actually like coming to the practices. I remember there's a point where like I would miss a few practices here and there a week, like. But now, like it, it, like my past two camps, when I after I found out I was having her, like I haven't missed like any practices. Like I've been like working super hard. I I kept my diet, I kept my weight a lot lower, mm. and. Yeah, like I I've been keeping my weight a lot lower just in general. Like normally I would walk around pretty heavy, but I I just I keep it lighter now. Like I'm trying to like take everything more serious, you know.
1: So it seems like uh, food is a tough opponent for you. What's your weakness? Um,
8: during camp, I just I crave carbs so bad. I love chips and Simon. Simon, I love that stuff. What's that? Simon, uh, like cup noodles. Um, oh, okay. Ramen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What about the spam? spam. Uh, the spam and the eggs and the rice. Do you eat that? Yeah. What is that I, called?
8: I, I, I love spam musubis. Huh?
1: What is that called? Is there a name for that dish?
8: Um, spam rice and eggs. That's just like oh, that's breakfast. It. But spam musubis are like, it's like fried spam on top of rice with like nori wrapped around it. Oh wow! It's pretty good. Yeah, that's my jam. Um,
1: one time we had Brad Tavares on the show, and he was teaching me some uh, some words in uh, pigeon, right? Do you speak that? Okay. Yeah. Major. Uh Max Holloway as well. I need some some new words in my repertoire. What 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 is cool these days? What did the kids say? Easy. Uh, easy. <laughs> Raja. Raja. What's that? What does that mean? Just Roger? It, it like? just
8: me it's yeah, yeah, it's Roger. It's just like okay, I got you. Yep, I know what you're saying. Like Anything um, else? It's cherry. What's that? Cherry. What does that mean? It, it just means good. It just means something is good. Is that cherry, cherry, cherry,
1: like the like the fruit cherry.
8: Yeah, cherry, but cherry. Wow,
1: that's a good one. That's a new one. I like that one. Yeah, I'm gonna use that with uh, my good buddy Rich Chow. You know him?
8: Um, I, I we run in the same circles and stuff because it's MMA, but it's like I haven't actually met him yet. I don't think.
1: Okay. Um. So how far do you think? I know you're not thinking about this right now, but like I said, you. I think that was actually the only. Fly, I have to check with my man uh, Michael Carroll on this, but I think that was the only flyweight fight in UFC history not headlined by Demetrius Johnson. Do you know if that's true?
8: I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. I know I'm like one of like maybe like five or six people to ever like or flyweights to like headline a UFC. I think, yeah, I don't know of too many.
1: There's not too many. So, how far away do you think you are from the title shot now?
8: Honestly, like three wins, I three would wins. think. If I could get, if I could get three more straight wins, I think I would. I think I'd be right there.
1: Uh, how much time are you going to take off after the uh, the baby comes?
8: I want to be able to like make sure she can sleep all the way through the night.
1: Well, good luck with I, that. I want
8: to to, huh? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> supposed to be like eight weeks or something. Eight weeks. So.
1: Jesus, yeah, I have two. Four, I don't know. I have a three and a half year old and a two year old, and they do not sleep through the night till this day, my friend. So you're going to be waiting. At least, oh. at least that's me. Maybe I'm a bad dad. I don't know.
8: <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, well, maybe you're just spoiling them. Who knows? That is,
1: a, by the way, that's a hundred percent accurate. I do. They come to the bed. They walk in there with their little like pajamas. I can't help it. I want them to come in. It's very, it's cuddly. You know, you want to sleep with them. Trust me, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about very soon feel like an old man here yeah
8: i'm pretty sure (laughs) i know i'm gonna spoil her too i know i am like i know it
1: but 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 when you watch dj do you feel like you're far off
8: sometimes yes sometimes no like in certain aspects i feel like i've like i've really been trying to work on my fast twitch um like like just footwork um and like just being able to explode more um i've really been trying to work on that I've been getting better. I've been at this place called Fitness Reigns. My coach Chris Reigns. He's been um he's been working with me a lot on the fast switch aspect of my game. So, uh, I'm I'm feeling like I'm getting closer, but I don't know if I'm quite there
1: yet. Okay, uh, I would uh,
8: still fight him though if they ever sure. called me. I would still fight him. <laughs> why not? Uh,
1: by the way, why do they call you <laughs> I, the, last, the Last Samurai?
8: Um, Tom Cruise is my favorite actor.
1: Oh, that's it.
8: <laughs> no, I'm just. Kidding
1: oh is that a joke <laughs>
8: yeah
1: you don't strike me as the tom cruise oh. kind of guy
8: um it's it's just because i'm like half japanese and um like m- all my fight or i've ha- I had a bunch of fights where i i got i got beat up um like i had a few fights where i was like bleeding all over the mat or like i got dropped and then somehow i was still able to like to, to get up and win the fight, you know, like I had this one fight where I got dropped and like, like I went up two weight classes on two or three weight classes. I fought at 55 on two days notice. Wow. And I ended up like, I, I was doing real well. I ended up getting dropped in the second, like pretty much knocked out, but like somehow I was able to like crawl up the guy and show and catch him in a darse like a minute and a half later. And so like that- I'm not really sure. Yeah, and I still don't know what happened to this day. Like I don't, I still don't know. Like I was like pretty out.
1: And so, is that how you got the nickname?
8: Yeah, it was just like my never say die attitude, like okay. going out on your shield and stuff. It's kind of, it's like a samurai, you know, like it's like death before dishonor, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you you certainly uh, showed that on October twenty fourth. A great win. One of, my, honestly, truly, one of my favorite fights of the year. I, I really enjoyed what well, both of you did on the ground. So congratulations on that big win. You taught me a word. I might teach you a word here. Muzzle Do you know what tove means? It means congrats, right? Yeah, it means congrats. Good luck and congrats. So I'll give you the good luck for the baby and the congrats on the win. How about that?
8: <laughs> oh, thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate
1: it. A pleasure to have you on the show, Luis. Like I said, good luck with the baby coming up. A great time for you and your girlfriend. Very happy for you. And looking forward to your next fight in the UFC.
8: Thanks, Arrow. Thank you for having
1: me, man. My pleasure. There he is, Louis Smolka, a name to remember in the UFC flyweight division. Big win over Paddy Houlihan just a few weeks ago in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, he is uh, he has been on a roll as of late, and another one of those uh, young Hawaiians coming up. He's won three in a row. He's defeated two Irishmen in a row. Picked up a big win over Neil Siri at UFC 189. Has only lost once in the UFC. That was to Chris Cariasso. And he lost via split decision. Actually had that poster behind him. You could see that Matt Brown, uh, Eric Silva poster right behind him. So great stuff there. And in a minute, we are going to be joined, hopefully, by another legend, Hoist Gracie. As we talked about with Dave Meltzer at the top of the show, was announced Friday. And and they kept it pretty close to their vest. And that's that's definitely saying something In, in 2015. Uh no one was I mean there had been some hints here and there, but maybe some clues, some 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 buzz, but no one was really talking about this, except Ken Shamrock's blog accidentally tweeted it out and email blasted a whole bunch of reporters, maybe 35 or so minutes before. What what I think probably happened was, you know, if you've ever done a blog before, you can you can time a post. WordPress, any kind of blog these days, you can put in the the date and the time, and they probably thought that it was going to come at a certain hour, and it didn't. Maybe the show went a little longer, whatever, and uh, they, they, they kind of spoiled it, because I, I think had that not come out, everyone would have been surprised that Hoist Gracie is fighting Ken Shamrock in 2016. They're going to Houston. They're going to Houston on uh, February 19th. They're going to the Toyota Center, the site of UFC 192. And uh, Texas okayed the open weight stipulation, which means there's no weight class. They can weigh in at whatever they want. At least as of now, there might be some parameters, and we'll find out. But uh, yes, it is true. They announced it. They also announced that the co-main event will be Kimbo Slice versus Data 5000. Uh, I know there are a lot of people who don't know who Data 5000 is. I suggest doing a little bit of research it's not that hard to find out. Uh this is a guy who was a uh I don't want to call him a protege but he was definitely a member of of Kimbo's security team and he uh he went off to to start promoting his own backyard fights and this fight has been talked about in the past. I am surprised. I know uh Another MMA journalist, Jason Floyd, was tweeting about this on Friday when it came out. I am surprised this fight isn't happening in Miami. Miami, not a great market historically for MMA fights, but when you have Kimbo Slice fighting another Miami product in, in, in the great, the legendary Data 5000, that's a fight that's got the 305 written all over it. It's not happening. It's happening in, uh, in Houston. The main event is Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock 3. The last time Hoist fought was 2007 June of 2007 against Kazushi Sakuraba, that infamous K1 Heroes Dynamite show at the LA Coliseum, of course, somewhat marred after the fact by that uh, that post-fight drug test. But he, he fought Ken Shamrock at UFC 1. Remember, he beat him in just 57 seconds on his way. It was in the, uh, the semifinals of UFC 1, November 12, 1993. Submitted him via Rear Naked Choke. Ken was the the wrestler, Gracie, of course, the BJJ practitioner. And then they ended up meeting again several fights later, not that many years or events later, but because of the tournament, several fights later, they met again at UFC 5 in April of 1995. And this ended up being one of the most anticipated fights at the time in UFC history, not saying much. The the organization was less than two years old. But it was it was a, a a hugely promoted fight. Anyone who was somewhat interested in NHB at the time, combat sports, if you were even a pro wrestling fan and you had your your ear to the streets, if you if you if you subscribed to Dave Meltzer's newsletter, you knew that they that they were going to rematch at UFC five in April of of 1995. That fight ended in a draw, if you recall, and. You know, there, there's there's been some hints, some teases. People have brought it up. People have tried to make it happen, but they were never booked against each other until now. Once again, they are fighting on February nineteenth in in Houston, and I will let you know that if you are in that area, tickets are on sale this Saturday, and you could get them on. Bellator.com. So it's an announcement that has been polarizing, and and like I said to Dave, you know I see a lot of people getting all worked up. I see a lot of people getting all upset about this, and 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 this is no knock. I mean, when you're when you're number two and there's that big of a gap, and there's so many m events, MMA events going on, you have to find a way to stick out. To me, the key is a. It's not going to last forever, of course not. I think everyone knows that, but the key is who else is on the card. And what kind of promotion do they get? If it's you know if it's card filled with these kinds of fights, well then I think that's that's a uh, you know that, that that's a tower that's going to collapse very quickly and without that much effort. But if it's card like MVP, in my opinion, has to be on that card. That is a guy that is young, that is promotable, that people want to watch, people want to talk about. Thus far, he's been pretty amazing for Bellator. You that one decision, but. For the most part, MVP is one of those guys on their roster who you have to go out and see. You have to make some time to see him. The, the biggest thing that that I'm I'm learning, and I didn't really have to learn, but the Scott Coker era reminds us that while the purists may have loved the Bjorn Rebney era, it didn't do them any favors putting on that many shows. I mean, maybe that's what they sold. Maybe that's what they thought was best at the time. But who can tell me honestly? Who can tell me what happened at Bellator? 108 I could sit here and talk to you about UFC 108. And again, not to compare, but at least with the events being somewhat spread out back in the day and the names being more established and recognizable, it's easier to remember. Those events blended together, it was so hard. They they they, they at the end they were just sort of they were just noise. It was like it was, it was impossible to, to differentiate one from the other. It was impossible to build new stars. It was impossible to get people to care about them. So here we are in 2016 and, and you know, or are about to be 2016. And Scott Coker is left of the roster. You know, how, how, many, how many big names? How many people can you go to on the street and say, do you know who so-and-so is? Great fighters, Chandler, Strauss, Pitbull Brothers. They're great fighters, but they haven't broken through. And that was what? Beltor 145? And a lot of these guys have fought multiple times for Beltor. More than a handful of times. There's a problem there. But now, slowly but surely, with these bigger events, they're starting to separate themselves. They're starting to, you know, they use the word tentpole. They're starting to mean something. But the key is to rub off on those guys to to make them mean something. Yeah, people were upset. And I get it that Strauss, Pipple, Brooks held... They were uh, they were overshadowed by the announcement. I don't really feel that way. Yeah, people were reacting to it, but people were talking about it, and that's what they need. That's what they want. They're not mad at it. They're not mad at it at all. They saw... If you didn't think that this was coming after what happened with Stefan Bonner and Tito Ortiz, and especially what happened after uh, uh, Shamrock and Kimbo in June, what were you thinking? This is coming and then some. It's going to keep coming until, you know... You look at their last show, the Joe Warren show, the ratings were very bad. And then you compare that to the the other events where they have these kinds of names, the Titos and all that, they're very good. So what would you do if you're in their position? But again, the key is to to rub off on the younger guys and and, and book those cards strategically to where you're not, you know... You're not left with the car with, with with no guys that you can promote for years to come. You have to try to get those guys to the older guys, the names, the established names to to prop up the younger guys. I'm very curious to see, especially on a card like that, who they put on it. I was talking to a friend yesterday and uh and I said to him. Did you hear about Gracie Shamrock? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I know those guys. I'll watch it. And this is a friend that knows. Like, he was talking to me about Joanna. He was talking to me about Ronda Rousey. This is a guy who doesn't watch every pay-per-view, who doesn't watch every show, but he knows what's going on. And he'll watch. He'll go out of his way when there's a big one. And then I started talking to him about the the story behind Kimbo and Data 5000. And he was like, oh, that's incredible. I'm all in. I will go out of my way to watch that. Uh, We've said this before, sometimes we live in this bubble that, you know, what we want, what the journalists want, what the hardcore fans want, is very different from what, A, the casuals want, and what, you know, the promoters want to put on. It's very different, and we have to sometimes come to terms with that. But the good news is, in 2015, 2016, there's so much MMA going on that if it's offensive, if it bothers you, if you feel like this is lowest common denominator stuff, if you feel like this is the kind of stuff that, you know sets the sport back and makes you embarrassed to be a fan. You just don't have to watch it. It's not going to set the sport back. It's not going to, you know, make you the butt of people's jokes if you're, you know, in high school or college and you, and you spend a Saturday night watching. It's it's just that TV, you know, it's, it's, it's that programming that you, you may not brag about, that you love, but everyone loved Entourage. Everyone watched that to a degree and other shows like that. It's Baywatch. It's not going to win any kind of award. It's not going to be on anyone's, you know, year end list. But you you go out of your way to watch it because sometimes you don't like to think. Sometimes you don't really like to, you know, to get all serious. It's 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 candy. It's brain candy. And so I have a hard time getting all that worked up. There's so much good UFC, there's so much good MMA on right now. There's so many great fighters. In Bellator, too. And people just don't know who 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 the majority of those guys are. There's just so much that it's hard to get worked up about the that's that's kind of why I never got worked up about the CM Punk thing. And yeah, that's different. I know I have that relationship previously with him, but it's uh it's a day and age where there's just a lot going on and, and it's very easy to skip certain shows here and there if you really are bothered by it. We'll see how those ratings do, and that will dictate whether or not they continue to do this. So I guess we're trying to find them. Um, Hopefully we'll be joined by the legendary Hoist Gracie any minute now. I am curious, by the way. Someone asked me of that. I, I am curious if he is going to wear a gi because I do believe in, in, in Texas there is something written in there that you can wear a gi, as strange as that is. Could you imagine? It was weird when he fought Matt Hughes at UFC 60 when he was wearing the shorts. It just didn't feel 100% right. But Will Brooks beat uh, Marcin Held. A strange week for, for Will Brooks involved in that confrontation, that altercation with the Pipple brothers. Who knows you know, what the story is? They never came out with the video. And ultimately I guess and, and and I was told that there was video, but for legal reasons they didn't want to come out with it, and maybe that says something maybe that's the line, although you would think you would use to you know you'd use that video footage to to promote the show. It's funny because that show on Friday was you know that that was pretty much all homegrown guys for the most part well Ashley Thompson weren't, but you know the two title fights certainly were. And I didn't see that much buzz out there for it and then when they you know they 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 try to go the opposite end they get you know they get heat for it damned if you do damned if you don't they're trying to make a name for themselves trying to carve out a place for themselves in the uh in the marketplace it's it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how people react to this one because this one is this one's definitely it's lowest common denominator it's definitely left field stuff we'll see if people are open to it okay so i, I guess we'll, we'll we'll get to hoist in a second for now let us go to our next guest let us go to the phones once again and welcome in a man who had a big announcement on friday alan belcher announced his retirement from mixed martial arts we get an opportunity now to talk to him about that and more alan how are you alan are you there i'm
6: here thanks for having me on
1: it is a pleasure, my friend. So you announced officially your retirement on Friday. Why now? Why did you decide to walk away?
6: Uh, you know, I've been I've been toying with the idea for a while. You know, let me first start off just by saying, uh, man, I I didn't I didn't retire for any reason of uh, injury or uh, lack of I don't know whatever whatever it may be that most people you know they're finished physically, there's no physical reason or anything like that I, I really believe that I could continue to get better and i I do get better because I practice martial arts nearly every single day, and I, I felt like I've been getting better, but uh I just had to weigh out those decisions I've been battling with um because most of my career i i um I actually i opened my first business when I was about six months before I got into the UFC or six months to a year before my first UFC fight way back in 2006 and I was 22 years old and I started my own martial arts school. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I kind of grew that facility and I I was battling with, you know, being a, a business owner and fighting in the UFC, which turned out to be the best decision of my life that I could ever make. Because if I wouldn't have if I wouldn't had um, took that step to to start my own business, because before I got into the UFC, I I needed money. Yeah. I mean I was really I was living in my girlfriend's house that she was paying for, and I was trying to find an odd jobs. And um, I had taught martial arts for someone else and it got paid for a while, but the the situation I was in where I was living, um, you know, I was really living living off of someone else and it wasn't a really good feeling so i had to you know and i made that decision like i could keep working this job or i can chance it and like start teaching kids martial arts so i taught kids first and <clears throat> i i got a i i bought a, a couple thousand dollars from my dad my girlfriend actually loaned me some money which is actually you know kind of embarrassing but that's way back in the day and that's how I started my first martial arts school because I didn't know I was going to make money with the UFC. I didn't know that, so um, you know that ended up being the best thing that I ever did in my life because if I wouldn't have done that, and I would have, I would have waited another six months and got my fight, got the fight in the UFC, which I didn't make a lot. My first UFC fight, I made three and three. So I had a couple thousand dollars in sponsorships, and I made and I made three thousand dollars for losing to Yushin Okami the first time.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, but you know that got me that got me through a few months, and um, I probably wouldn't have started my own business and started a martial arts um, facility or anything like that at that time. I probably wouldn't have at any time in my career, maybe later on, which would have been way too late in the game to get started. You know, so I was forced. Um, to keep it open, because by the time the first, by the time I fought that first fight, I was already making money with my martial arts school, so there was no reason to close down the business. So I figured out how to run it without having to teach the classes. I always had other people teach it, so I ran it like a business from day one. Just grew it and grew it and grew it. And um, I'm telling you, hands down, best decision that I ever made. That forced me to learn the business, and then as my at, towards the end of my career. I was really a hardcore entrepreneur had a lot of business projects going on all the time. Like a lot of UFC fighters do, but, um, take the, it's a top entrepreneur that is also a fighter and just times that by 10. That's like, that's the kind of stuff that I've been doing the last five years. Um, three years ago, well, two, I'm sorry, two and a half years ago, I launched my first online project and the online company teaching martial arts internationally. And, uh, since then, we've got thousands and thousands of students online and made over $2 million in, in less than two and a half years in that business. And I just had to make the decision at this point right now, um, am I going to keep, you know, in the back of my mind thinking, okay, I'm going to find a time here to train and go back, or I'm going to dedicate 100% of that time, even those thoughts that are wasting the time, and you know, for some reason it just was kind of, you know, keeping my chi unbalanced, Mm. and I was, you know, it was just kind of the vibe was off a little bit, and I wasn't completely focused like I needed to be, not to mention there's 10 people a day asking me, when's my next fight? Every time I post something
4: on
6: social media, one of the comments is, when are you fighting, Max? Mm -hmm. So after a couple years, this starts to, not annoying, it's just a, it's a distraction, Yeah, and I think that I could do better with the with everyone knowing that, hey, I'm here to do business. I'm here to help people learn martial arts and expand on that as much as possible and help these uh, these school owners, these gym owners, facility owners, people that want to get into fitness and uh, mixed martial arts and jujitsu industry, help UFC fighters. I, I met with about, I had about five UFC fighters at my event this past weekend. I'll tell you more about that in a second, but I had a business event. And I had five former UFC fighters there, and as a part of, there's about 200 people there, but five of them were UFC fighters. And um, you know, it's just awesome to help these guys. They step away like I am now and say, "I'm retired now. I'm doing this." And uh, you know, that's what I am. I'm, I'm coaching them. I think I'm more valuable as a as a business coach, just from my experience and everything, mm-hmm. than, than these guys, that, or than I could ever be to a student.
1: So, yeah, so. It, I, I remember in December of uh, 2014, just a few months ago, you did announce that you were going to come back, and you were going to come back at light heavyweight. Why did it change? Why did you make that announcement and decide against it ultimately?
6: Um, you know, just indecisiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, it's just human nature. People people decide things, and then they change their mind. So, at that time, I was in really good shape, and I ha- I was... I was like, you know what, I am going to do this, and um, a few different things slowed my momentum because I had a lot of momentum going into it, and I was on the verge of—I was on the verge of at, asking Joe solo for a fight. So, um, if that would have—if I would have made the phone call and and um, and asked for a fight, then you would see me fighting really soon, and I would dedicate a lot of my time to it, and then I would go from there. Uh, but I had a few business things to fill up, and I had my business event coming up in November. So I wanted to kind of get through all that. So at the time preparing for that, um, I lost momentum in training and my passion to do it. I uh, also have a shoulder injury that I've dealt with for years and years and years, and it's just gotten worse since December. One of the things that got me in really great shape, and, and I'm, the article from earlier this spring in Men's Health, I don't know if you saw it, but I was in excellent shape when I was over in Thailand training. And it actually got me immense health because I was doing a lot of fitness stuff and taking a lot of pictures and doing a weightlifting and eating right, and, and I was in the best shape of my life. Um, I was lifting a lot of weight and and you know doing a lot of bodybuilding type of stuff, and that I, once I couldn't do that anymore because my shoulder. I really, you know, I really my exercise. Kind of went down, and I I didn't have any fun ways of getting in shape, and and, and training jujitsu and wrestling stuff was hurting my shoulder. So I took months off. I lost my momentum, and made a new decision. And that's you know, I'm not embarrassed by it. I, that's that's what I do. I mean I change stuff all, up all the time. Trust me, my my staff and my employees, my team, my wife, everyone they, they they hate me for it. And one day I'll come in and I'll just like be oh we're changing all this shit up. Mm-hmm. We're doing something different. I wanted to do this before. Okay, yeah, well, you said this yesterday. So what? We're changing it up. This is That's what I do. I make calls like that because it's the best for everyone around me. It's the best for myself, my future, and my family. So I'll make that decision. I don't care. You may hear me say I'm going to come back and fight tomorrow. And if that's the right thing to do, then, uh, you know, that's what I'm going to say, and that's what I'm going to do.
1: When this so, news uh, came out, uh, I saw a lot of people say, "Oh man, the Paul Harris fight—that was the best." I still remember that one. Looking back now, uh-huh. is, is is that your your number one highlight? Um,
6: yeah, uh, that's the one that most that sticks out in most people's minds. I think that was one of the first shows on Fox.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I know it was the first one that I saw—I fought saw like live on Fox or whatever. So it was like one of those really first ones that like got out to the masses and everybody was watching. You know, so I'm glad I was a part of that, and I, I you know, you know, got to, uh, got to be a part of uh, the UFC whenever it became mainstream, but wasn't so frequent that nobody knows who the fighters are. You right. Know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm I'm blessed to be part of that time period, and that's what people remember. So that's what they say was my best performance, and I guess that, you know. If I was to judge it, I would I would say, uh, yeah, that's definitely in my top two or three fights, memorable, wise. And, you know, it just made me super happy, and I was pumped to win. And The other one I would say, um, Wilson Govea, fighting him in um in, Memphis in front of uh, yeah. a, a lot of my friends and family. It was from that area. And, and then um, the one that I fought in New Orleans against Jason McDonald, I, that's the first one I had after I came back from the eye injury. And I was I was uh, debating not coming back because of my eye stuff, and 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 I lost momentum and motivation at that time. So I came back and won that one. I was like, oh wow, I'm back, and that one really felt good, you know. So those are a couple of my, you know, of those uh, those fights that were awesome and to me.
1: Is and the eye, is the eye a hundred percent okay now? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm not,
6: it's never going to be a hundred percent okay. I have, uh, you know a little bit of blurriness at times and I can't see to my, to my right side, a little bit of peripheral vision. I lost, I get headaches, you know, my, um, I visual migraines a lot in that some eye because of all the surgeries that were done to it. And, um, also it looks kind of wicked, like enough I'm in like a dark room. It doesn't dilate at all. Oh. So like out, out in the sun, both are little, but once it, you know, I get into a, a dim, the dimmer, the room is one starts to get really big, and it actually compensates. So my, my other eye will like turn all the way black. So it's kind of crazy looking, but uh, you know, otherwise, I, I've kind of lost the fear of like getting poked in the eye. I don't have that anymore, and, and um, it it doesn't give me too much problems. So that's definitely not the reason why I'm retiring. Obviously, all those ups and downs and stuff is probably one reason that I. That I lost a lot of my drive and everything, but the bottom line is I'm I, I had to make the choice whether or not I want to be a world champion UFC fighter or a world champion businessman, mm. an entrepreneur. So uh, I had to I had to make that decision to focus 100% on what my goals really really were because I know what it takes to be a world champion UFC fighter, and I would have to dedicate more time than I ever had before to that and let everything else that I've been working on for years and years and years and all this momentum that I have go to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And I believe I can help more people on the business side of things than I can, um, you know, entertaining fans is, uh, you know, make them smile, but it doesn't really do, any, do anything else for them. So, you know?
1: so what, what's this uh, summit or this conference that you were talking about, which, uh, which was attended by some UFC fighters?
6: Right. Yeah, this is. A, it was my second year to do it. Last year, it's a business conference called Combat Con. Um, <clears throat> you uh, last year in no, November was my first one, and I had about uh, a little bit over a hundred guests. This year, we had two hundred uh, come out. Gym, uh, MMA, and BJJ academy facility owners um, and their teams came out to to learn, and and I brought in. Some uh, some really really great um, business people, entrepreneurs that are inside the, the uh, our market of martial arts, but also outside of the industry. Like I brought in uh, um, somebody that earns eight figures in the, the fitness industry online. It's like an internet marketing person. You know, a lot of my speakers that I had this year could speak at like TED talks or something. They're just like business experts,
4: mm-hmm.
6: and um, you know, it was, it was really awesome. There's, uh, I'll post a video or something. If uh, you guys want to check out my, my Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll post some, I'll post some videos but you know, if, there, if somebody wants to find it it's pretty easy to find, just, um, just ask around about, uh, NMA and BJJ business or, you know what? One cool thing to do is, is hashtag check the hashtag inNA BJJ business on any social media mm-hmm. or hashtag CombatCon two. We use that from this weekend and you can see tons of pictures and videos and, you know, we made some videos from some of the people that, that attended it and everything. And it's going to be cool. I think, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a good opportunity. I want to kind of open everyone's eyes up to, you know, if all these fighters, the 1,000 people that are fighting in the UFC or whatever, are trying to be a world champion, then a lot of them are going to fall short, obviously, it's just statistics, right? Mm-hmm. So, they need they need other avenues. What are they going to do? They're going to stop when they stop fighting. They're going to go uh, be a server at a restaurant, or <laughs> you know, try to. Who attended? Uber driver?
1: No, that that wouldn't be good. Who attended? Which uh, names? Can you tell us uh, as far as the UFC fighters or ex UFC fighters?
6: Um. Yeah, there was Chris Cope. There was uh, these are the ones that are that I definitely yeah. remember. There was some guys there. Um, from different organizations too, but um, <clears throat> Chris Cope, James Krause, you know mm. him. Yep. Uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Phillips.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, Tim Crater. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple other guys. Yeah, that's great. But that was uh, that's the ones off the top of my head that were that were there, you know, and, and uh, tons of BJJ guys, a lot of BJJ black belts and everything, and and you know, these guys are are, are really. Um, you know, trying hard with their businesses and trying to help people out. And and the thing that that I think people have done wrong before in this space and trying to teach business and coaching and everything is they teach these these old techniques and styles that are just really cheesy, like car salesman like types of things. And I'm I'm teaching people how to build business from the floor up, not not how to sell people, but how to run a business that has the service at the foundation and you come off really cool and people just want to be a part of what you're doing and you have good service and you deliver value so you feel good about it, you help people out, and that in turn attracts people into your business. So, I mean, a lot more goes into it, but basically like the whole theme of, of the way that I teach is, is um, I'm afraid that the jiu-jitsu schools now are starting to become McDojo, you know, mm. kind of like belt factories and,
1: and just charging people. Did we lose Alan? I think we did. Right as he was finishing up there. Uh, And we do have our next guest. So this is a little... Can we grab him quickly there so I can say goodbye? Yeah, we'll hopefully connect with him so I could just properly say goodbye. I don't want to leave him hanging there. Um, But there you have it. Not because of any severe injury or serious injury. He... Did deal with a very serious eye injury back in the day. That's not why he's walking away. He's focusing on the business side of things. And and, and kudos to him for rec- recognizing that at this stage of his career and life. Had some big wins that he spoke about briefly over Husimar Paul Harris and Jason McDonald. Patrick Cote had that great stretch between Wilson Govea and uh, Husimar Paul Harris. Won four in a row. If we can't get him within the next few seconds... Are you you, you having a hard time connecting with him? All right. We'll give him uh, 20 seconds here, and then we'll move along to our next guest. But, yeah, he had that great uh, run, won four in a row, uh, and then lost to Yushin Okami at UFC 155. View unanimous decision also then lost to Michael Bisping at 159, and that at least right now, is the last fight for Alan Belcher. So, uh, unfortunately, I don't think... Do we got him? Yay, nay? Nay, okay. So, uh, we, we lost him, but uh, we got the, the the gist. That was the last question. We'll move along. Wish him the best. And we appreciate all his great fights and and time inside the Octagon. Great stuff from Alan Belcher. Okay, let's move along now. Let's go to our next guest. Uh, we teased him earlier. We've been talking about him for a while. I believe he is joining us now. The legend, the Hall of Famer, the man himself, Hoyce Gracie is on the phone. Hoyce, are you there? How you doing, sir? Hey, Hoyce. What a pleasure it is to have you back on the show. So, congratulations on this big announcement. When did this this talk start? When were you approached about fighting Ken Shamrock for a third time?
0: Man, Ken Shamrock has been always talking trash. He's always want to rematch. For the last 22 years, the guy's been losing sleep. <laughs> I don't know if because he doesn't like me, because I don't like him. So, he to me, he's just an opponent. I mean, because I beat him before. He's uh, he got that stuck on his throat, man. He's been talking, losing sleep for the last 22 years. Was a rematch. Scott Coker approached me. I guess he wants to fight me on Bellator. They approached me, but then uh, Scott Coker gave it to him, uh, Kimball. And he had a good strategy, but didn't work out his way. Kimball's a tough guy, got up, one punch, man, ripped his head apart. So, and then he came back and asked again. Scott Coker approached me, It's like, man, you want to do it? I was like, sure, let's do it. Let's finish this, man. I'm going to beat him up one more time just to show it. First time wasn't a fluke. Second time he came in just sit on me for 30 minutes put the crowd to sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've talked to you before, Hoyce, and we've asked you about coming back and you said the itch was gone and all this stuff. So so how are you gonna where is it coming from? Is it because it's Ken? Is it because you don't like him? You want to shut him up? How are you going to get motivated for this fight considering the because fact that you can. haven't fought in nine because years? Because it's Ken. It's, skin. it's because it's skin, man. Okay.
0: I just can't stand the guy.
1: <laughs> Sorry. You were you were backstage. No, I just don't like the guy. What was it like being next it's to him a, backstage at the event on uh, Friday?
0: He tried to be friends. I, there's no friendship, man. I'm not friends of yours, man. I avoid talking to him every time. Don't want to talk to him.
1: Why don't you like him? What's, what's uh, the root of all this?
0: Because he talks a lot. He talks a lot. He talks like he's the best fighter ever in the history of MMA. Hey, he lost to me in less than a minute. Second fight, sat on me, lay down on top of me, hold me down for 30 minutes, 36 minutes. So, And he claims that he's the best fighter ever. The most the, the dangerous man, the the most deadliest man. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so so was Ken the only guy that would be able to bring you back?
0: Man, when you're a fighter, you're a fighter. Yeah. I tried to step away, tried to look away, tried to pretend I was, didn't have to each. But hey, as soon as Scott Coker approached me, man, I was like, let's do it. You know what? First I was like, yeah, I play hard to get. No, nah, I'm not interested. But right away, I went home and was like, yes, I'm going to do this.
1: Is this one and done for you, or are you back as an active fighter for Bellator?
0: It's one. One one at a time. I always sign one fight contracts. I never fight. I never sign multiple fights, so
1: So, I always sign one fight only. So so this is an open weight fight. How much do you expect to weigh in the fight at the weigh-ins?
0: About 180.
1: And what do you think he's gonna weigh?
0: the normal 215 220 That's how he walks around. I'm guessing how much do you wait for how much do you wait for Kimbo? Oh I 215?
1: think it I think it, no I think it was like 203 if not less than that. is it what was it? It, was, so
0: it, it, might, it, might, it might be about that yeah Yeah. so it might be about 205.
1: So given your uh, your history, you're not really concerned about the weight advantage, right?
0: Nope, not at all, man. Got plenty of heavyweights to train with.
1: Who are you going to train with? Hoyle is going to be the main coach. Who's that? Horian? Hoyle. Hoyler. Hoyle. Wow, okay. Uh, and are you going to bring in specific guys? I
0: have some guys, yes. Some heavyweights that can imitate his style.
1: So. When does yep. the camp start? I already did. Oh! Before the announcement,
0: I knew I knew a bit about this about a almost a month ago. Oh! So we just couldn't say anything, couldn't talk to anybody. I didn't avoid nothing. My fault.
1: Was that hard to keep it a secret?
0: Oh yes, yeah.
1: And by the way, uh, for the Kimbo fight, he weighed 204.4 pounds, so somewhere in that range that we were...
0: Yeah, 205,
1: yeah. Yeah, that we were talking about. Um, Will you wear the gi for this fight? Don't know yet. Don't know. Because I think, you may have looked into this, I think in Texas you're allowed to, right? I think so, yes. So what are you considering?
0: You'll be be a surprise.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) If you had it your way, I mean, is that what you want? Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like when when you fought, uh, Matt, it just it doesn't seem right when you're not wearing the gi. Do you feel more comfortable wearing the gi?
0: Man, it's just a question of strategy. Yeah. Depends on strategy that Hoyler decides to go with it. He's the one in charge of setting up the strategy. So, mm-hmm. gi, without the gi, it doesn't matter.
1: Now, honestly, you're 48 years old. H- how do you feel physically?
0: Um, not too long ago, somebody asked me, man, you travel so much and you teach so much. And how do you train for yourself? or How do you spar? And I was like, man, listen, every time, um, I mean, I'm, I go to the range every day. I practice my draw. I practice my shooting. I'm on target. My time is good. i just not going to war.
4: Hmm.
0: Simple. But I'm on target. I practice every day because I'm not in battle every day. You see, so it's just a quick switch.
1: Did you ever think, though, in a million years that you'd still be fighting at, at 48 years old? You'll be yeah. 49 by the time the fight happens. Yes. You did? I-
0: it's hard, it's hard for me to see me quitting. Hmm. It's hard for me to see me stopping. That's the hard part.
1: Since that last fight in see 2007, my, how close... Go myself, ahead. See, Sorry.
0: Myself, see myself fighting, and I can see that. I can see that.
1: Um, since that last fight in 2007 against Sakuraba, how close were you to coming back at any point? Did, did you ever get any offers like this that you seriously considered doing?
0: No, I didn't get any offers. Wow! I was considering. I was considering, but no, I did not get any offers.
1: At that time, why did you stop fighting? Like, what? Why did it end with that fight?
0: I got so busy traveling and teaching, so I thought maybe, maybe like it's hard to do both—now to travel so much and teaching—and you see. To, but then I figured out, hey. I'm traveling. I'm training. I got different sparring partners all over the world. Every time I travel, I got a new sparring partner. I'm in shape. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Live a very healthy life. Clean. So body feels good. It's not injured. Don't wake up in the morning with aches and pains. And why not?
1: As you might have expected. Age. Age, age, yes.
0: age is one. Age is one thing that a lot of people put it, the age there, like, Oh man, you're 40. Oh, you can't fight anymore. Well, marathon runners, average age is about 40 years older. My strength coach is almost 50 and he's just got invited to do a hundred mile race, hmm. so running. So it's like ages, but that's the average age of the, the, the ultra marathon runners. So age is, you see, it's something that people put it there. It makes the body feels good. There's a lot of 20 years old that are awesome fighters, but can't fight because it's already all broken
1: down. So so as you may have expected, this announcement was, you know, met with a mixed reaction. Some people are excited. Some people are not so excited. They say you, you guys are too old. And you shouldn't be fighting in 2016. In 2016, what do you say to those critics? What do you say to the people who say that this is, you know, too much of a stretch for Bellator.
0: Hey. Wouldn't you love to watch Mike Tyson fight the Field again?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I understand. I understand why they're doing it. I, I talked about that. Uh, so no.
0: It's uh, as long as the guys can do it, man. As long as we can do it, as long as we're both, you see we're both healthy, we're both ready to do it. They make it sound like we're 100 years old, man. They make it sound like, oh my God, the guys are so old. Hey, it giving day, man, let's go for a run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you see that criticism? Uh, did, did you hear that, or has it mostly been positive? Mostly been
0: positive. I haven't heard anything negative, so... Now, what about any given day, man? Any guys that want to, hey, let's go for a run. Simple as that.
1: I don't want to go for a run. I don't want to do anything with you as far as. <laughs> <I> can,
0: uh... <laughs> you see, so it's like, yeah, a lot of people put age on it, but what's the age? You see, there's a lot of 20 years olds, 20 plus years old over there that it's uh, broken down, can't fight anymore. It's all in body and mind, older than we are.
1: Will we see the return of the Gracie train for this don't fight? don't know yet. Okay.
0: don't know yet. Something for Hoyle to decide.
1: Oh, so he's really the head coach here. Oh, yeah. Why'd you choose him as the head coach?
0: He's the general, man. <laughs> Every time. Hoyle, Hoyle is the general, man. <laughs> Everybody's scared of him.
1: <laughs> so when you start to think about this... Uh, this fight, when you start to envision it, a third time with a man you've had a long history with, how do you see it going? Do you you think it goes longer, like the second one, the shorter, like the first one? What do you think?
0: Wait, say it again, what's the question again?
1: When you start to think about the fight, you've known about it for a month, how do you envision it Uh actually playing out?
0: I can't tell you the strategy, but how it plays out, eh, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna push him, man. I'm going to push him. Does this, I'm going to dust
6: his limits.
1: Does this feel like you're like you're rejuvenated now, like you're a youngster all of a sudden? I mean, it, this kind of came out of left field. I remember talking to you many times. I've asked you, are you going to come back? And you said, no, 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 I'm done, I'm done. And now here you are, training for a fight. That's got to be fun, right? I
0: think, I think, I think the horse today would have beat the horse 20 years ago.
1: Wow. Why?
0: I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about that. More experience. Back then, I was using a lot of talent. Today, I got the talent and experience. I got more endurance today, and I'm the same weight. First year of seals, 176 or 178. By right now, I'm walking around 178, 180. So about the same weight.
1: So it sounds to me like if all goes well, you're gonna keep fighting.
0: Uh, time will tell. <laughs> we'll see. One at a time, yeah. Come on, don't push. it. <laughs> all
1: right, all right. By the way, who do who do you enjoy watching these days? Who do you go out of your way to watch? Regardless man, of promotion.
6: I like I like I like to watch the champions.
0: Okay. Yeah, the champions because they know how to use strategy. Not just come can mean to duke it out in a bloody mess. And, nah, I like the guys, the champions, man, because they, they use a lot of strategy. They know how to pace the fight. They know how to take the opponents out of their game. And, man, all of them, all the champions. Mm.
1: And and now here we are, uh, maybe uh, two three months away from the fight. Are are you like? Was there a period where you were nervous? Like, wow, you know, it, it's been a long time. It's going to be nine years since you last fight. Are you anxious? Do You feel like a kid again? How are you handling all of this?
0: Man, I'm good to go, man. Okay. I'm ready. You could fight tomorrow. I'm ready. I could have fight that last Saturday, last Friday. Wow. When they announced, people are asking me, man. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm. Ready, I'm doing it. I can do it right now.
1: What do you think? Of, I've been training, I've been training already. So, wow, i was already started training. Any uh, I'm training, bummed, I'm pumped, I'm pumped for this one. <laughs> I can, I can, I can see the smile, I can feel it as you speak. Any training partners that we know of? Any guys that you're bringing in? No, no, just students, students of mine. students. Wow, that's interesting. In California,
2: local, local guys,
0: local guys here, yes.
1: Okay, so no more traveling now, right? You're going to focus. I
0: got one more trip and that's it.
1: And what do you make of the coming event? Kimbo against Dada 5000. What do you make of this?
0: I don't know much about Dada, but Kimbo, hey, he's mine, man. That's I'll, your guy? That's my pick right there. Yep.
1: I see you guys that's hanging what out.
0: The, that, that, that's that's why doing the pictures.
1: <laughs>
0: um, when they announced live, Kimbo's like, hold on, hold on. Dada, go to the other side. I'm going to sit next to Horace. <laughs> I was like, cool. That's my guy right here. That's my man
1: right here, man. Oh, that is that is great. Uh, Kimbo's yeah. a smart man. He knows what's up. <laughs>
0: That's my guy, man. Idea. Like, yeah.
1: By the way, how many, uh, what do you think it does as far as ratings?
0: I have no idea about that. I'm a fighter, man. I'm not the promoter. <laughs>
1: but you know why they're doing this. They want to get big ratings, right? They. hate.
0: I think they will sold out in the first week.
1: Yeah, and it might break the record. People want to see. People still know <laughs> who you are. People still care about Hoist Gracie after all these years. It's an amazing thing. I bet you people come up to you all the time uh, on the Hoyce, street.
0: And, and, and there's a history in between us, Hoist Gracie and Gensham Rock, man. Yeah, everybody, all the champions right now, they all fight three fights. They all do three fights. So eh, I'll give him a chance. Let's fight the third one, decide this thing. First one, I win fast he made a mistake second one he just came in he was use a uh let's say the rules and lay on me and hold me down play for the draw but he still haven't got a win so he's chasing that win and I'm chasing to put an end to this w- will Hope you maybe I'll, re- maybe I'll retire to him now
1: yeah will you will you prolong the fight just to have fun with him Nah, nah, nah. Finish it quick.
0: If I can do, it, if I can do it in 30 seconds, I'll do it. But I don't think it's gonna be 30 seconds. I think I'm gonna torture, I have to torture him first.
1: <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, a busy time for the Gracies. Kron <laughs> Gracie fighting uh, in Japan. Did you hear about that for for Ryzen?
0: Not yet. Is that right? That's news. Awesome.
1: Yeah, you didn't know about That's
0: that. Awesome. No, no, just heard now, first time.
1: Maybe you'll you'll uh, train with him. Yep. He's fighting, Ar- fighting. Ar- Arsene Yamamoto, the the nephew of Kid Yamamoto. Cool. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's I could good. share some news with you.
0: Yep. That will be a good fight, man. That's that's awesome.
1: Hey. Well, We're is- back. You're back. The Graces are back.
0: The Graces are back <laughs> in the map.
1: <laughs> very well said uh, I, I wish you the best my friend it's a pleasure to, to speak to you once again uh, it's an honor always to have you on the show and uh, and good luck in training and obviously in the fight February 19th in Houston Texas tickets are on sale this Saturday you can get them on Bellator.com the one and only the legend Hoist Gracie returning to action for a third fight against Kent Shamrock thank you so much for the time Hoist appreciate it good luck thank to you, you. alright there he is We sort of cut him off there. You can't cut off Hoist Gracie. Are you crazy? All right. uh, We appreciate his time. Uh, He is is always a a, a fun guy to talk to. Uh, Speaking of Brazilian MMA, in a minute, we're going to be joined in studio by Eric Silva, UFC welterweight star. He's going to talk about why he's in New York and what's next for him. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we need to take a break to reconfigure the studio. So let's go back to UFC 134. Eric Silva won his very first fight inside the Octagon, UFC Rio 1. And uh, that's when we had our, our, our memorable interview with not only him, but Valid Schmal, who kind of took things on his own towards the end. So that's our Inside the Vault for this week. And then afterwards, we'll be back right here in studio with Eric Silva. Ariel Hawani post fight at UFC Rio alongside Eric Silva who knocked out Luis Ramos tonight in his UFC debut and uh, Eric congratulations on, on the big win. How are you feeling right now? I know you've, you've been working very hard to get to the UFC and you just had a most amazing
9: debut. Eu tô muito feliz, né? com certeza eu consegui um knockout e logo na minha estreia. Então acho que isso vai vai somar bastante aí para ser chamado para para próximas lutas, né, no UFC.
10: He was very happy to start like that with the big knockout and he want to fight he's ready to fight and he showed he can do it. He's young he can do it. this is what he said he very happy to be in UFC because this is a dream come true for him
1: When you uh, connected with that big punch, did you know that he'd be out
9: right away <laughs> É, eu treinei bastante esse golpe e com certeza eu, eu dei o direto para ele cair. Então ele caiu e logo na sequência eu fui para cima dele para terminar o serviço.
10: Ele a lot esse this, this punch, this god, this punch. Punch. Train a lot even today he show in the entende? And he's very happy right now because he's a accomplished what he wanted. And he'd say he's just a beginner. He's just a beginner. The people going to hear a lot about Eric Silva. Anderson Silva says he is, he's a successor of Anderson Silva. asking Anderson about him, Eric Silva.
1: Does a part of you wish that you had a little more time to show the people what you're all about, or are you happy with the quick finish?
10: You wanted to have more time para mostrar para todo mundo o seu talento ou está bom esse, essa finalização?
9: Com certeza está ótima essa finalização o nocaute, com certeza aí eu tô querendo o nocaute da noite mas é, é lógico que eu também queria mostrar o meu serviço, o meu trabalho, eu tenho bastante a mostrar é, e eu vou mostrar isso nas, nas lutas próximas aí para todo mundo, o meu, meu estilo de luta diferenciado, o meu mai thai é bonito mesmo, o thai bom, bom e, e vamos mostar para o mundo inteiro.
10: He happy to knock out the guy fa- fast, but he wanna also to show his technique, to show what he come from, what he can do it. But he say he wanna now be the, the knockout of the night, and he also come back to UFC to show more his technique. He have a good Muay Thai, he's a black belt of Jiu-Jitsu, but he have a great Muay Thai, training with Rogério Deodato, Anderson Silva de é, é, from Belém, do Pará, de destaque, feijão, Daniel, e you no know, His e e a Strong Team tem noite Nogueiras Brother, like, he turned the best the world to be the best do mundo.
1: Is this a dream situation for you to 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 win this way in your home country in this fashion? I mean, are you almost pinching yourself right now?
9: É, com certeza, é, eu estou muito feliz e é a maior emoção da minha vida mesmo estar ganhando por nocaute no UFC e ainda mais aqui no Rio de Janeiro, né, onde que vai ter várias estrelas lutando, né, no card. Então, acho que ter dado esse nocaute vai chamar um pouco a atenção para mim também.
10: Is very happy to fight UFC, and this knockout is going to bring a lot of attention for him too. But he loves to fight when his, his stars, his idols fight in the same card like Nogueira and Anderson Silva. But he's going to be back, he's going to show much more what he, can, what he can do. This is a dream come true, he repeat his fight in the World Cup world cup of mixed martial arts because the people in the world need to understand this is huge in brazil the MMA is becoming the number one sport fight tight with the soccer <laughs> anyone you want
9: next
10: Okay, para você que ela tá no próximo
9: Ah, eu, quem o Dana White mandar, eu, eu não escolho meu adversário. né é, Quem o Dana White é, pedir para botar para me lutar, o Silva botar para me lutar, eu vou me preparar bastante para isso e até melhor do que eu me preparei para essa luta, porque agora, com certeza, agora eu vou vir em busca do topo.
10: Whatever the White tells him to fight, he's going to fight. Whatever Joseph tell him to fight, he's going to fight, he gonna fight. He's ready. And he want to he wanna go up with the mountain. He will go up. He says he's going to train hard, more hard right now. And the people going to hear a lot about him.
1: Let me ask you one final question, Walid. Obviously, you're a, a legend here in Brazil, and you've been around this sport for so many years. What's it like for you to be here? Uh, the UFC's return to Brazil, the first event in Rio, and, and, and now being side by side with him, an unbelievable debut.
10: It's a dream come true. It's a dream come true for all the Brazilians as a fan of MMA, Dana White, Lorenzo, Frank Fertitta is my idol, you know what I mean? These guys, these guys make millions and millions of people all love the world, give better life for his family. Because Dana White, Lorenzo, and Frank Fertitta. And this guy's amazing, you know what I mean? He come to Brazil, now Brazil grow about a thousand percent. Because the people love MMA, the people love Dana White. The people love the passion what the white to have for this sport. Because the people understand the love he have, you know what I mean? And he's a big idol in Brazil, like, you know, every sport, the fighters is, or the or the players is the idol, but Dan White, for sure, is a big, big Dan White, Frank and, the, and the Lorenzo, is a big idol for this sport, for all, all the great things he do for Mixed Martial Arts, he do for UFC, UFC, he is the World Cup. UFC for us, Brasilia, is more than 10 times for the Super Bowl. There's no doubt about it. And this kids from Brazil. These kids train hard, give the blood, give their soul to fight good. It's a dream come true for all the people, for all the audience. You don't understand. If you are Brazilian, you're going to feel it, you know what I mean? You see the people, everybody enjoy, everybody happy to be in UFC in Brazil.
1: He is Brazilian legend Walid Ismail. Also of course of Jungle fights, he is of course Eric Silva an unbelievable UFC debut tonight. Parabéns. Congratulations and thank you. Obrigado.
10: Thanks. He speaks good Portuguese because you come a lot. We hope UFC come many time next year. Thank, <laughs> you. thank you my brother. Thank, thank you. you.
1: It. Thank, you. It. thank you. Ariel Halwani for fanhouse.com being joined by Mr. Donald Trump and Donald this is the third time that
11: uh, you've been partnering with Affliction. So far, are you liking the arrangement? Oh, I think it's great. They're a great group. Tom and everybody at Affliction have really done an amazing job. And this is going to be an amazing fight on August 1st. Is
1: there anything that you'd like to see d- done differently from the first two events for this upcoming third
11: one? Well, I think the second event in particular was one of the most exciting sporting events I've ever seen. So I really don't want to change anything. You have the greatest fighters and you just let them go at it. There's nothing artificial. There's nothing you have to change.
1: You've been a part of boxing for a long time. Do you think that MMA has now surpassed boxing as the, the new combat sport of the 20th century?
11: Well, I really do. I think it's pretty obvious. You look at boxing matches, and there are still some good ones, but overall, MMA is the place to be.
1: All right, final question. You were up at the podium with uh, Mark Cuban. Has the, has the beef been settled between you two?
11: Well, we're friends, and we never had a real beef. We were just having fun. He had a show, I had a show, and uh, Mark's a great guy and really a smart cookie. And the job he's done with the team, you know, everything he touches just seems to turn to goal, and he really is a good guy. Some people don't know that but he is. Prediction on the main event? Well, you always have to go with Fedor, but it's going to be a very tough fight. I watched Josh that same evening, and he really dominated a great fighter. He just dominated. It wasn't even that much of a match, and Josh is going to be very tough to beat, but of course you always have to go with a guy who's considered the best in the world by far.
1: All right, back on the MMA Hour. We are now being joined in studio by one of the very best welterweights in the world. Joining us from all the way... Over in Brazil, he's now in New York City. What an honor it is to be joined by Eric Silva. He's also being joined by his quasi translator today. This is Amanda Salvado, who works as a reporter for UFC in Brazil. Guys, thank you so much. Obrigado.
12: Obrigado. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So you need a translator. You don't. He doesn't speak any English, right? No. No. Okay. <laughs> thank you for coming. If you could just talk up against the microphone here, so we can hear you guys uh, as clearly as possible. You want to tell him
12: that? Fala perto do microfone, assim a gente pode
1: uh, we were just watching that interview from UFC 134. You and uh, Valid, do you remember that day? What was
9: that day like for you?
12: É, a gente estava vendo essa entrevista agora com Valid. Você lembra desse dia como é que foi essa entrevista?
9: É na verdade sim, eu lembro e as pessoas brincam com essa entrevista porque é, eu falava uma coisa, ele falava algo totalmente diferente. Eu, eu percebi que ele que ele estendia o que eu falava. aí teve uma hora na entrevista que eu falava, cara, ele não está falando o que eu falei. Uh, e até hoje as pessoas brincam com isso. toda vez que as pessoas vêm perguntar para mim sobre essa sobre essa entrevista, o pessoal acaba brincando, fala, pô, se você falar alguma coisa, o Walid vai falar totalmente outra.
12: Yes, I remember this interview and everybody kind of make fun of Walid because <laughs> of what he said and it wasn't pretty much what I said. And, oh. and, yeah.
1: So a lot of pressure on you here.
12: It was a lot of pressure on no your...
1: on you on, on you, me? Amanda, because now you have to translate what he says.
12: Exactly, yeah. and he and he spoke a lot. Know. Yes. <laughs> um,
9: do you still work with Valid?
12: Você ainda trabalha com no. Valid?
9: No. No more. No. What happened? Que aconteceu? Nada. É na verdade assim, o Valid, eu eu sou muito grato ao Valid. É enquanto eu estive com Valid, nós tivemos assim uma boa relação. Ele ele sempre foi é, sempre cumpriu com que ele prometia para mim. É, a saída foi uma saída muito boa. É, na verdade, eu eu estou trabalhando com o Duda Duda Mauro, que é um amigo meu, e é mais pela relação mesmo. A minha relação com o Duda é uma relação mais próxima. É, não fica só em, em, no meio do trabalho. Então, assim a gente acaba estendendo é, fora o trabalho também. É, foi mais por isso mesmo, por uma proximidade maior com o meu empresário.
12: Um... Nothing happened with Walid. I was very happy while I was with him, working with him. And then I met uh, Duda, and we have a closer relationship. So it's better for me to work with uh, Duda just because he's um, a good friend of mine as well.
1: So that interview was in 2011. Now here you are. You've had many UFC fights um, uh, on on your resume what would this Eric Silva tell that Eric Silva, fresh face, you know, no, no beard or anything? What kind of advice would you give the Eric Silva who's just starting his UFC career now that you've had all these fights on your on your resume?
12: É, ele está te perguntando qual a diferença do Eric Silva hoje para o Eric Silva de antigamente. O que que você diria para um Eric que está começando agora, é, desde que você começou no UFC? Qual a diferença desses dois Eric's? <coughs>
9: Na verdade, eu acho que a diferença é mais a maturidade mesmo. Quando eu entrei, eu realmente era um garoto muito empolgado e muita coisa nova acontecendo na minha vida. E agora não, agora eu já passei por muita coisa, já passei por momentos bons, momentos ruins. Ah, Então, assim, eu estou bastante ciente do que pode e não pode acontecer, do que eu quero. Eu acho que isso me torna mais responsável também pelas coisas que eu quero e aonde eu quero chegar.
12: Uh, I'm way more mature now. Uh, I believe I'm way more more responsible. I know what is good and what is what can happen and what won't happen in my career. And that's it.
1: So the last time we saw you was in August against Neil Magny. Uh, didn't go your way. What, in your opinion, went wrong that night?
12: O que, que você acha que aconteceu de errado no, na, na, na luta contra o Neil Magny no Canadá?
9: É, na verdade, na luta com, com o Magny, é, era uma luta onde que ela foi marcada para, primeiramente, lutar dia 27 de junho contra o Rick Story Nessa data, eu estava realmente muito bem, eu estava voando, eu tava, é, é, nos treinamentos estavam excelentes e eu estava preparado para essa data. E, infelizmente, não aconteceu essa luta. No dia 27 de junho, alguns problemas com visto no Brasil e f- foi cancelada, se não me engano, cinco lutas nessa noite. e Então, eles adiaram minha luta para um mês e meio depois. Uh, foi um mês e meio difícil depois pra gente é, entrar no, no camp novamente, eu já, tinha, eu já tava encerrando o meu camp pro dia 27 de junho então eu tive que entrar em outro logo em seguida uh, isso realmente aconteceu, acabei me lesionando eu treinei lesionado me prejudicou bastante nos meus treinamentos e realmente no, na luta acabou, é, acabou acabou que eu demonstrei isso na luta também, é, como eu fui prejudicado nos treinos devido a essa lesão que eu tive
12: Actually, I was supposed to fight on June 27 in Miami, Orlando. Sorry, Miami.
9: Miami.
12: Uh, with Big Monster, and I was ready for the fight, but then I had problems uh, with the visa. Big story. Hick story. Sorry. Hick story. And uh, I had problems with the visa, so the fight didn't happen. Another other other, uh, other five other fights couldn't happen as well. So then I started my camp again, and I got hurt, and I got hurt, and I. Sorry. O que você falou no final? you se machucou? No final do seu camp?
9: Então, é no final do meu camp eu acabei me machucando e foi dessa forma que eu acabei me apresentando. Né? E... And that was the
12: way that I, I present myself to the fight. Yeah.
1: Mm. And uh, I'm sure you know this. You were criticized, your, your physique was criticized. People said you were out of shape. Uh-huh. Why did it appear to be that way?
12: As pessoas falaram que você estava fora de forma, você foi criticado. Que, por que você achou? É, por que disso?
9: É justamente por isso. É, é difícil você ser machucado. Muitos... Questiono, ah você se, se o Eric machucou a mão, ele estava com o braço machucado, por que, que ele não correu? Por que, que ele não fez trabalho físico? Mas é muito difícil você no, 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 no camping, é, você tem que treinar várias coisas. Eu não conseguia treinar com a mão machucada, eu não tinha como treinar com a mão só. E, eu, e todo mundo que entende um pouco de, de da parte física do corpo, é, sabe que não tem como treinar perna todo dia, eu correr todo dia. Eu não vou fazer uma maratona, eu vou lutar, eu vou entrar no octógono para lutar e realmente eu acabei me prejudicando na minha parte física o meu treinador Rogério Camões tentou fazer o máximo para eu que eu é, é, pudesse ir na luta bem mas na medida do possível eu não poderia eu não podia fazer muita coisa com meus braços eu realmente eu eu me poupava eu acho que o meu camp mesmo eu não treinei nem quarenta por cento para 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 minha luta para no último mês
12: people me why did I fight even that I was hurt? Hmm. And I couldn't have a whole completely camp if I was hurt because people that know how it works to train to a camp for a fight knows that you cannot train legs every day. But it's still, I was there and I was trying to, to keep up so I could fight. And my trainer, Rogério Camões, he tried the best we could to, to to prepare for the fight.
9: What was wrong with you?
12: What was wrong with uh, you?
9: Então, eu acabei fazendo uma cirurgia agora no, no cotovelo devido a isso. Eu, tive, eu, eu tinha alguns fragmentos no meu cotovelo e ele tinha que ser retirado. E ele acabou inflamando bastante no, no camp. É, isso já é uma lesão antiga. Então assim, eu, já, eu já vim de dois camps sentindo dores no cotovelo. Só que pra, eu acho que devido ao, ao excesso de treinamento e saindo de um camp e entrando em outro com treinos muito fortes, Acabou inflamando muito eu não conseguia mexer meu braço. E meu cotovelo doendo e no pulso também. Ah, então, assim, devido a essa lesão, eu não podia movimentar o braço, não podia esticar, não podia dobrar, é, não podia fazer força com o braço, isso me prejudicou. E a todo momento eu, eu, eu me sentia é, é, positivo. Eu, eu, em momento nenhum eu queria sair da luta. Eu achava que iria melhorar. Até então eu não sabia a gravidade. Eu sabia que estava machucado, mas ah, eu realmente eu queria... Que queria lutar, então eu arrisquei. Eu, eu jogo a culpa realmente para cima de mim, porque é, a todo momento eu queria, eu queria lutar, e eu não queria sair da luta.
12: Well, I hurt myself and then I did a surgery on my elbow because I had to take some fragments away. Mm-hmm. And it's been two camps that I've been doing that I hurt my, I had my elbow hurt and my hands. And I still was training because I believed that it was gonna get better, but it was all my fault. Uh, I couldn't do my best, I couldn't straighten my, my whole arm for the fight, and that's it.
9: So, what brings you to New York?
12: O que te trouxe para Nova York?
9: Então, eu eu já converso com o Renzo Grace há bastante tempo, e ele sempre me convidou, ele sempre é, me mandava um convite, pois quando você puder, você vem à minha academia, visita na minha academia, faz uma visita na minha academia, e eu nunca vim. Eu aproveitei agora que eu... Vou passar um tempo, né, uh, por causa do cotovelo, da cirurgia, parado. Eu fiz a minha fisioterapia no Brasil e, quando eu tive alta da fisioterapia, eu decidi vir para cá só para treinar a parte de chão. Então, eu estou na academia do, do Renzo, uh, já tem três semanas, fico mais uma semana treinando com o Renzo. E, na verdade, eu estou fazendo o treino na academia do Renzo, mas eu estou treinando com o John. Uh, qual o sobrenome? John. Não lembro. <risos> e... Na verdade, está sendo muito bom esses treinos, né? E o John, ele realmente está passando bastante coisas para mim, e eu sei que eu tô aprendendo bastante. E é engraçado eu treinar o jiu-jitsu brasileiro nos Estados Unidos, mas está sendo muito produtivo para mim aqui nos Estados Unidos, aqui
12: em Nova York. Uh, Gracie to train my ground floor, my, my ground game, and I've been training with John.
1: John Danaher? Yes. yes. The bald-headed guy. Yes. He's a funny man, huh? Yeah. He's always wearing a rash guard.
12: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting guy, right? Very smart.
12: Bem <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, so I've been training with him, and it's pretty funny that I came all the way from Brazil to train him with John, who yes. is American, and it's been great. It's been really good. First time here? Primeira vez aqui? Sim, primeira
9: vez. É, na verdade é a primeira vez que eu venho para os Estados Unidos para treinar. Eu sempre venho para lutar ou para eventos, é, para eventos do UFC e tal. Uh, então é a primeira vez que eu venho fazer um tipo de treinamento. Na verdade é a primeira vez que eu saio da minha academia e, e, e vou fazer um, 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 um intercâmbio em outras academias. E está sendo muito bom. É, eu acho que eu precisava desse tempo que eu estou tendo agora.
12: Yes, this is the first time I come to the USA to train. I only came here for fights or for events uh with the UFC. So this is the first time that I'm actually leaving Brazil to to train outside of of Brazil and it's been really good.
9: How long are you staying here for?
12: Por quanto tempo você vai ficar aqui?
9: Então, eu foi como eu tinha falado, eu, vou, eu já já fiquei três semanas, vou ficar mais uma semana, essa é a última semana que eu fico. E daqui eu vou para a Califórnia. Uh, lá o Rafael Cordeiro está me esperando. Vou ficar até o final do ano uh, treinando com o Rafael Cordeiro e eu pretendo também fazer uma parte uh, de evolução técnica uh, lá com, com o Rafael.
12: I've been here for 3 weeks, I'm staying one more week and then I'm going to California to train with Rafael Cordeiro and I wanted to do uh more technical uh training there mm. with him.
1: Is, is there a chance that you come here full time?
12: Tem alguma chance que você vai vir aqui o tempo todo?
9: Sim, em Nova York? New York, Los Angeles. Em Nova York, realmente, eu pretendo estar vindo direto. Na verdade, eu não sei como que... Eu chegando na Califórnia, eu eu pretendo ficar um pouco lá na Califórnia. Eu vou realmente fazer o meu camping lá. Ficar esse final de ano lá, a minha recuperação lá. E para o ano que vem, eu pretendo sim ficar um tempo a mais aqui nos Estados Unidos treinando na Kings e aqui com com o John. Eu acho que o John está sendo muito importante também na parte de estratégia, de chão, na parte de de jiu-jitsu. Está sendo muito bom para mim também. E por isso que eu já falei que em janeiro eu volto para cá, para Nova York também. Eu fico mais duas semanas aqui. Então eu fico meio que intercalando entre Nova York e, e na Califórnia.
12: Yes, I'm going to stay uh, in California until the end of the year, then I plan to come back and be in and stay between New York and LA to train with Rafael and to come back and train with John because it's been really good for my ground e for the strategy as well.
1: Wow. Uh, do you know who's next for you and if not who do you want next?
12: Você sabe quem é o seu próximo oponente se não quem você gostaria?
9: Eu ainda não sei, uh, na verdade eu ainda nem nem tenho planos para para voltar a lutar ainda porque devido a essa minha lesão. Então, a gente, eu, o meu empresário, a gente ainda não decidiu como seria. Até porque eu ainda vou fazer o resto dos treinamentos. Eu ainda não estou liberado 100% para fazer treinos fortes por causa da minha cirurgia. Mas eu realmente eu pretendo estar tá, tá voltando para lutar em março, em março do ano que vem. Eu ainda não tenho luta marcada. E eu acho que... Para o ano que vem, eu gostaria muito de lutar com o Jake Ellenberg e ter uma revanche com o Don Junkin. Eu acho que uma revanche com o Don Junkin nesse momento seria uma... o Eric mais maduro, muito mais centrado, focado, em busca de novos desafios. Eu acho que o resultado seria totalmente diferente numa nova revanche com ele.
12: Eu não tenho nenhum oponente ainda, porque eu ainda estou recovering. eu ainda need falar com o meu manager, mas eu acredito que agora eu estou mais mature, então so eu gostaria de like uma revanche contra o Don um, Don Wuking. Don Yes. And also with Allenberg.
1: So it's, uh, it's interesting because By I am By March. Yes. Um, very important. Uh, <laughs> we, when, when we first saw you in the UFC, what a great debut. It was fast and you were exciting and everything. And, and it's been kind of like one win, one loss, one win, one loss. Do you, do you know why that has been? Why haven't you been able to go on a long streak in the UFC?
12: Bom, no começo estava super empolgado, você estava ganhando direto, principalmente no começo, e agora você tem meio que ganhado, perdido, ganhado, perdido. Por que você acha que está acontecendo isso?
9: É, na verdade, eu acho que é, realmente é, a, a derrota acaba fazendo parte também. Né? Acho que não tem nenhum lutador invencível. É, toda vez que a gente se prepara, lógico que a gente vai se preparar para uma vitória. Às vezes acontece algumas coisas erradas que a gente acaba perdendo. Eu acho que também eu, eu, eu devo, devo muito também nessa parte técnica também. E uma coisa que eu estou fazendo agora, que é procurando isso. Estou procurando essa parte técnica. eu Estou realmente querendo me evoluir. É, a cada, cada dia que passa, a cada luta que passa, eu tento tirar um bom proveito. Eu ganhando, eu perdendo, eu tento tirar um proveito dessa, dessa luta e tentando é, preencher o que falta. Eu acho que, hoje em dia... É, realmente em todas as minhas derrotas com, a, com as minhas vitórias eu acho que eu venho preenchendo a cada espaço vazio e eu tô em busca disso eu acho que isso que é o mais importante eu querer é, é evoluir eu acho que essa esse foco que eu tô tendo agora isso realmente é, vai me tornar um, um um adversário muito duro na categoria para qualquer adver- para qualquer um que, que esteja não
12: the you Você fala tanto. Did you
1: tell him his answers like are too long? Talking so much. I'm sorry. He's got a lot to say. This guy. I know. coisa para falar.
12: So I've been. I I need, I knew I have to learn. Uh, I knew I, I need to work on my technique, and that's what I'm doing now. And I uh, I feel that I'm getting much better, and I can be um, a much better fighter for my my division.
1: I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. You changed your nickname recently. You're now the Tiger. You're no longer a Phenom. You're a Tiger. Is that right?
12: uh, se ele entendeu correto, você agora mudou o seu apelido para Tiger.
9: Sim. Why? É... understand. Sim. Então, é realmente, é isso não tem nada a ver com com a minha última luta. Eu acho que a minha última luta realmente foi um, um, um acontecimento que teve. E, infelizmente, eu não eu não cheguei à vitória. Ah. Uh, Mas eu acho que até antes disso, eu acho que depois da minha luta, se não me engano, com, com o Matt Brown, eu eu realmente eu tive um tempo só para mim. E eu acho que essa filosofia nova que eu, que eu acabei conquistando é do tigre mesmo, sabe? tipo Eu gostava de, 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 de andar um pouco solitário. O tigre é, é, é solitário, ele é, ele é um caçador solitário. Então, eu gostava de, de ficar na, na, no meu mundo. Eu criava a minha própria atmosfera uh, eu acho que é melhor eu ir falando e você ir falando, entendeu? Também
12: acho. Ah, uh, the nickname change that has nothing to do with the last fight. It was even before the Travis Brown fight and I believe the Tiger, um alone Match Brown. Sorry Match Brown. Match Brown. animal uh, it's a lone animal and I like that. I like to f- to be alone and to think about it.
9: Hmm. E por isso que eu que eu costumo dizer, é, eu criava a minha própria atmosfera. E dentro da minha própria atmosfera que eu ia criando isso. Então, eu senti que eu evoluí muito nesse tempo.
12: Eu fiz minha própria atmosfera e eu precisava disso. E eu
9: disso. Eu conquistei duas vitórias consecutivas. E, infelizmente, a minha última eu não vim com, com, com uma vitória. Mas eu acho que não é isso que vai fazer eu mudar essa minha ideia. Eu acho que eu continuo é, com essa mesma ideia, com com o mesmo foco e a partir de agora é, eu acho que eu estou até dando um, um, um passo a mais, que é não ficando só no meu foco lá no Brasil, é sair e conquistar é, é, mais espaço, eu aprimorar ainda mais as minhas técnicas.
12: Well, I had two consecutive wins and then I lost and this is what is happening now. I'm coming from Brazil and I'm, you know, I'm getting out of my comfort zone and getting better every time.
9: É, eu saí da minha zona de conforto e está procurando isso. É... Aqui nos Estados Unidos, está procurando evoluir tecnicamente. Eu acho que isso vai me tornar um lutador melhor.
12: Uh, getting out of my comfort zone and coming all the way here, it's gonna make me a better fighter.
9: Did I hear him say the word
1: assaí? Did he say assaí or was that just me dreaming?
12: Você falou assaí, ele está sonhando. Eu acho que ele you que assai, tá You did assai. Oh. <laughs> no, I think you are, doing yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you like no? assai? best. Have you ever had assai in the United States? Because it tastes nothing like bibi sucos. You know bibi sucos?
12: Você Sim. já provou açaí aqui nos Estados Unidos? Totally different. Não tem nada a ver com os do, do do Não,
9: não tem nada a ver. Eu tomei, já tomei açaí aqui. Muito... O açaí que fizeram para mim estava muito bom, mas não é muito comparado com o do Brasil.
12: The, the açaí that did it for me, it was pretty good, but it can't compare for the one yeah, in Brazil.
1: Totally different. <laughs> so I also understand and correct me if I'm wrong, like you're a, you're a big celebrity in Brazil. People talk about you on all the websites, even your dating life and things like that. Did that become a, a distraction for you? There was a lot going on behind the scenes in the media and the non-MMA media for you in Brazil?
12: É, você é uma celebridade no Brasil. E como é que ficou essa parte da sua vida amorosa que foi tão exposta? Isso te afetou?
9: Não, acaba. Na verdade, assim, ela não afeta de uma forma negativa. Na verdade, eu não ligo muito para isso. Lógico que acaba incomodando, porque você acaba tendo uma exposição que você não quer, tá, nela. Eu não eu, eu não gosto de, 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 de que as pessoas falem de coisas que eu não que eu não esteja é, é, posicionado a fazer, no caso, a luta. E assim, quando você se vê numa situação dessa, você fica um pouco assustado, Pô, por que, que essas pessoas estão fofocando de mim, sabe?
12: It doesn't affect me, but I don't like when people talk about my personal life uh, with something that is not about the fight.
9: Hmm. That's it? O que mais? Right. Uh, desculpa. O yeah. que, que você falou? Eu falei o que você falou. I thought he was, mid, I thought he was stopping mid-answer <risos> there. Você vai
12: continuar falando?
9: Sim. Ok. Uh, então, uh, então, assim, eu, eu tento voltar justamente uh, todo o meu foco para a luta. Se eu disser também que, que isso... Não acaba não atrapalhando, eu vou estar mentindo, porque você, sendo exposto, você vê que, realmente, é, quando vai incomodando, incomoda bastante, você tenta deixar isso de lado, mas você sabe que aquilo existe. Então, é, acaba sendo complicado. E as pessoas, foi como você falou, as pessoas, poxa, é, realmente, no Brasil, as pessoas me veem como uma pessoa famosa. É, eu não gosto disso. Eu gosto de, de realmente, fazer o meu trabalho e ser visto como um lutador muito bom e não como um, 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 um atleta fora fora essa é, é, fora o octógono ali, entendeu? Eu sei que eu tenho que trabalhar bastante fora do octógono e tal, ganhar patrocínios, uh, mas quando a minha vida é, acaba sendo exposta de uma forma que você não quer, isso acaba sendo um pouco te chateando um pouco.
12: Uh, I don't like when people start talking, you know, about my life, and it is hard to keep the focus, especially when they're talking something that you don't want them to. And it is true, I'm a celebrity kind of guy in Brazil, but I try to keep my focus. And um what yeah. did you say? No final. Di. Di, agora
9: no final. I
4: don't
12: know. That I'm a celebrity, okay. And uh, <laughs> I, it's hard to keep the focus when people are like talking about you things Yeah. Do.
9: Até o final a gente vai chegar numa, numa concordância
12: think
9: really Ele
1: fica yeah. muito. I, trust me, eu I've seen tiro. worse. I've seen much worse. I have encountered much worse. Uh, então, may, maybe that's a, a reason to come to the states, right? You don't have to deal with all that other stuff.
12: Então essa pode ser talvez uma razão para você vir para cá para você não ter que lidar com, com tudo isso que acontece lá.
9: É, na verdade assim, eu eu não, eu não... Na minha cabeça, eu não tiro isso como uma fuga. É, isso eu tenho certeza que não é. Eu prefiro pensar como uma evolução técnica que eu estou procurando é, novos desafios. É, então, assim, não é uma fuga do Brasil. Eu estou fugindo do Brasil para porque, entendeu? Não é isso eu realmente procuro uma evolução técnica e que eu vejo que aqui nos Estados Unidos tem. É lógico que acaba agregando. Aqui eu, eu, eu fico muito mais tranquilo. A minha vida, poxa, eu ando, é, eu ando, vou para academia, vou para um lado, vou para o outro e eu não preciso me preocupar com essa parte. Então, isso acaba afetando bastante também. Mas não é uma preocupação. Não poderia ser uma preocupação.
12: I'm not running away from anything. Hmm. I believe I'm coming here to get my technique better, to work on my, on, on my uh, camp, on my fighting. And it is. That's true. It is better to come over here, and I can go to the gym and not get worried about uh, being a celebrity here. Mm.
1: Do you feel like you have shown us the best Eric Silva in the UFC? Do you feel like you have realized your potential or not yet?
12: Você acredita que você tem mostrado o melhor Eric Silva até agora, o, o, todo o seu potencial?
9: Ah, com certeza. Ah, uh, eu eu dou o melhor de mim. Isso é é fato. Eu dou o melhor de mim. Mas eu também tenho certeza que o Eric ele pode evoluir muito mais que é justamente o que eu estou procurando agora.
12: I, I give é, 100%. É, como, é
9: realmente, eu, 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 é justamente isso. Eu, eu dou o meu melhor, mas eu sei que eu posso evoluir ainda mais uh, buscando novas técnicas, uh, fazendo o que eu estou fazendo agora, com o foco que eu estou. Eu acho que é justamente isso.
12: I always give my uh, 100%. I always give my best, hmm. but I know I can always get better working on my technique and everything I have to, and I still need to learn.
9: Eu não tenho dúvida que eu tenho muito para crescer ainda dentro do UFC. Eu tenho muito a mostrar ainda. Eu tenho certeza que eu posso fazer isso.
12: I am sure I still have a lot to show and I, I still have a lot to grow at the UFC.
9: How do people
1: feel about uh, mixed martial arts in Brazil? I remember UFC 134, UFC Rio 1, it was huge and they kept coming back. Now they're doing less events. Some of the big names don't fight as often. Big Nog retired, Anderson's not fighting as often. Is it as popular as it was when they came to Rio for the first time?
12: Como é, que é UFC hoje no Brasil? Hoje em dia não tem tanta luta, tem, tem tantos nomes que já não estão mais lutando tanto. <laughs> é, Como é que que está sendo o UFC, a luta no Brasil?
9: O UFC, na verdade, cresceu bastante no Brasil. Então, os fãs hoje no no Brasil, eles eles gostam muito. Tanto que todos os eventos, os os ginásios, eles eles ficam lotados. A cada dia que tem, são novos atletas que que estão despontando. Então, são novos ídolos no Brasil que que vêm crescendo e o brasileiro eles, eles gostam realmente disso então acho que é por isso que é, é, que vai se renovando então assim alguns nomes já estão deixando de, de entrar em cena para para dar é, oportunidade para novos nomes isso que é o mais importante
12: uh, the UFC still growing in Brazil and now they're all, the old fighters are not fighting anymore it's because they're giving the opportunity and the chance for the mm-hmm. new fighters to come. All the venues there are getting big and, you know, and full. So, yes, people, uh, we have the best crew and everything in Brazil. So it's pretty good.
1: Did you ever think that you would become this celebrity, that you'd be able to make a living fighting when you were growing up? MMA in Brazil wasn't what it was today and now we're seeing all these young guys Thomas Almeida and Alex Cowboy all these guys they're stars in large part because what you guys did at UFC 134 did you ever think that your life would be like it is today
12: Você pensava que a sua vida seria like como é hoje, você sendo um lutador, você lutando, você tendo isso como sua carreira. Você já pensou se era isso que você você se imaginava aqui?
9: Em que momento? No seu em, momento de. Na primeira luta do é, se Você do se, se imaginava
12: que um dia você chegaria uma celebridade e chegar tão longe como você chegou?
9: É, na verdade, eu acho que. É, eu sempre falo isso com todo mundo. Eu nunca. É, desde quando eu comecei a treinar, eu nunca. É, eu botava uma perspectiva grande, assim. Eu sempre fazia porque eu gostava. A minha primeira luta no UFC, eu não, não imaginava o que seria no futuro. Eu, eu não tinha uma. A, É, eu não fazia um, um, um cronograma assim, não, eu quero ser o melhor do mundo. Naquele momento, eu fazia porque eu, que eu, porque eu gostava. Hoje em dia é diferente. Hoje em dia, eu acho que eu estou com mais experiência, eu tô, eu tô muito mais é, focado. Hoje em dia, realmente, eu monto um cronograma. Hoje em dia, eu sei onde que eu quero chegar. Então, hoje em dia, eu vou fazer de tudo para que isso possa acontecer. Talvez é, um erro que eu cometi no passado, que eu não fazia essa perspectiva. Eu fazia por amor, eu fazia porque eu gostava. Então, é, hoje em dia, eu tenho um foco, eu sei onde que eu quero chegar. Eu sei que eu posso ir muito mais alto.
12: No início, eu fiz isso porque eu queria, porque eu amo. Eu não fiz isso como um grande negócio. Eu estava lá, eu estava lutando, eu estava fazendo coisas que eu amava. Mas agora eu estou completamente diferente, eu sou um cara mais experiente, eu sei... What I can, uh, what is my future in the UFC, and how, where can I get? So I think that was a, even a mistake I did in the in the past because I didn't have any uh, perspective for for the mm. future, and now I do.
1: And as a Brazilian, what do you uh, think of Royce Gracie coming back? Did you hear this? He's fighting in February at 49 years old. Do you like this?
12: Como brasileiro, como, o que, que você acha dessa luta contra o Royce Gracie que tem 49 anos e vai lutar agora?
9: Bom, na verdade, assim, o Royce ele realmente foi uma, uma inspiração para mim. Se eu disser que, que não, eu vou estar mentindo. É, eu entrei no jiu-jitsu justamente para assistir lutas do Royce. Uh, eu nem sabia o que era jiu-jitsu. Então, a primeira vez que eu assisti, na, na época era um, um vídeo é, VHS, e eu assisti a luta do Royce, a primeira luta do Royce, foi falei, cara, o que esse cara luta? Jiu-jitsu. Então eu falei, pô, vou procurar academia de jiu-jitsu. Então eu entrei justamente por causa dessas lu- dessas lutas. É, então assim ele realmente acabou me inspirando naquele momento, o, o início de tudo, entendeu? É, eu como assim como realmente como um torcedor, é, eu vou querer realmente assim que realmente for, poxa, será que essa luta é uma luta boa? Eu não sei, eu não sei como que está o momento dele, não sei se ele está treinando, não sei é, como que é, se é alguma coisa pessoal. É, o que parece, parece que é, que são coisas pessoais. né Eu acho que dois atletas, quando eles realmente querem lutar e estão é, prontamente preparados para isso, fisicamente ou não, não importa a idade. Você vê o, o Den Henderson fazendo lutas até hoje e fazendo boas lutas. Então, acho que se, se realmente eles estiverem fisicamente bem e treinados para isso, por que não acontecer uma luta dessa?
12: Yes, I like uh, how I see a lot. I'd even start doing jiu-jitsu when I first saw him when he was fighting. I always uh, used to look at him. I was like, what kind of fight did he he, did he do? That's the one I want to do it. And that's how, how I start doing jiu-jitsu. Uh, yes, I don't know. As a fan, I don't know if it's going to be good for him. It seems that it's more personal fight. I don't mm. know the reasons, but you can see like Dan Henderson uh, you know he's he's still fighting. He's still pretty good. If the the, the guys are fighting, he's still in good shape. Why not? All
1: right. You fight into your late
9: 40s?
12: Você quer lutar até você ter entrado dentro das casas dos 40
9: ah, Com certeza. Eu acho que enquanto eu tiver, assim, eu também tenho que ser muito justo com o meu corpo. É, hoje em dia, o atleta, o acho que a vida esportiva dos atletas vão durar um pouco mais do que essa geração passada. É, essa geração passada fizeram, é, não cuidou bastante do corpo, hoje você vê, poxa, o Minotauro é um amigo meu, é, mas você vê que realmente o corpo dele já não aguenta tanto, não aguentava tanto, então ele aposentou no momento bom ali para ele mas eu não quero deixar é, o meu corpo pedir pra me parar eu quero realmente eu sentir que, poxa, não, não dá mais então eu acho que é justamente isso não importa quantos anos eu tiver se eu tiver 45 anos, mas eu senti que, po realmente, poxa Talvez seja impossível, não sei. Mas eu acho que com alguns cuidados que hoje em dia a medicina tem, a ciência tem, eu acho que a vida dos atletas hoje vai se prolongar um pouco mais.
12: I believe, yes, I want to fight until I can. The the fighters today is different from, from before because now they have a different take, they take care of their bodies different, it's much healthy. And as Minotauro, he's a good friend of mine and you can see that he couldn't be fighting anymore and Today I believe with the medicine helps you and you can fight much longer.
1: Great stuff. Obrigado. Obrigado. A real pleasure to have you in the studio. I wish you the best with your your elbow and and in training here in New York and Los Angeles. It was it was a lot of fun to have you here. Thank you.
9: Thank you. Muito
12: obrigado. Foi um prazer ter você aqui. Boa sorte na Califórnia, Los Angeles aqui e no seu cotidiano.
9: And Ela fala menos que o Valide. <laughs> better I than
12: Valide less than Valide. Yes. Is that
9: good or bad? Is more Yes, muito mais ela do que o I prefer much more her than Valide.
12: Prefer her than And
9: while I love Valid, better to look at than yeah. Valide,
1: right? <laughs> yes.
12: And give yourself a
1: plug, Amanda, cuz you cover the UFC and maybe people are finding out about you for the first time. I'm sure you have a lot of fans now after being on the show. Where can people see your work?
12: Uh, yes, yeah, so I do a lot of the stuff. I work for the UFC Brazil and the UFC here. You can see they can see my stuff in, the, in a channel in Brazil called Canal Combate. Okay. Over here is more over the YouTube and the UFC channel. And yes, I do all the backstage. So I see you all the time there. Yes. And and
9: and and you, uh, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and it seems <laughs> <laughs> now
12: I'm Eric Silva's yes. translator <laughs> as well. Uh, Derek
1: should be uh, scared. Yeah, Derek. Yes, coming for
12: you.
9: <laughs> and you also do capoeira. You ever do capoeira with her? With her? No, no, mas a gente já marcou uma luta de capoeira, uma dança de capoeira.
12: <laughs> no, but we set it up a fight for a oh, capoeira fight. Okay, yeah.
9: I'd like to see that.
12: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <dois aí. laughs> ele falou que ele adoraria ver isso. Eu falei, eu também.
1: <laughs> okay, well like I said, thank you so much. Uh, the best to you and to you as well. Thank you so thank much you. for bringing Eric thank here. You. I uh, really appreciate it. There he is, Eric Silva, one of the best fighters at 170 pounds joining us in studio. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute right here on the MMA Hour. For now, here's a, a clip from UFC 127 when I was down there with my old friend Matt Mitrione as we prepare for Melbourne this Saturday. We'll be back. On Thursday afternoon, members of the Sydney Roosters rugby team welcomed the group of MMA fighters to their stadium to teach them a little bit about the great game of rugby. No one really wants to see me Play rugby. So we've invited our special correspondent, Matt Mitrione, who you can see back there having the time of his life, to do a special edition of the Mitrion Minute right here at the Sydney Football Stadium. Matt, it's your time to shine. you happy to be here?
13: I am ecstatic to be here. It kind of gives me gives me the, the, the memories of uh, playing good old football. All
1: right. So uh, people were very upset that there wasn't, you're not even listening to me here, but there wasn't a Mitrion Minute this week. So this is going to be a special edition. The Mitrion Minute goes down under at a Sydney football stadium. I think
13: I actually saw the Mitchell Minute down under when I was in college one time, I think. But that was filmed like through a closet door. It was kind of weird. How many games are in the season?
8: Uh, 20, 26. Get the hell out of here, bro.
13: The the biggest stress for me is that if I have a guy like Fitch, where is he? He's right there with the ball right now. He's yeah. a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah, and his top control is superb. Yeah, so like yeah. he can just ride you all day long, and yeah. you can't get out, get out from underneath him. That's like that's probably I think most yeah. everybody's biggest concern. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Mr. Fitch, uh, Matthew Mitrione. how you doing? So you said just a minute ago in one of the interviews that you tried to talk about the sweat that you can work out now. Um, and what activities do you sweat the most?
9: Um. PG. All
13: right, so um, this is a-, a jersey that you just got on today. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it?
9: Well, That's awesome. It's
7: from the, the Roosters. We-, we gave them some some fight gloves and uh, and, a- and a UFC belt uh, in trade, and it, it hooks up with these cool jerseys.
13: That's awesome. Well, can we turn around to your uh, last name on there? Do you ever wonder that if you were having a hard time making your weight, if you shaved all of your body hair, how much weight you would lose?
7: I wonder. I, I probably got it. this. This is a safety, actually. The beard was probably an extra pound. <laughs> yeah, I
13: like that. You know, before I fought Kimbo, they actually, the uh, Montreal Athletic you know, Commission shape, called me and, and asked me if they wanted me to make him shave his beard because I, I guess it might be against the rules. So just let you know, you may be in some trouble there if you ever fight in Montreal. I know something there? That's good to know. So, uh, Stephen, we're down here again in Australia. Um, I'd like to ask you what your thoughts were uh, walking into this stadium, and if it made you think anything about Ross Aid from Purdue University. It did. It brought back memories. You know, it's uh, it was. I felt like just back in the day, I was I was going in to cheer on Mitrion and Drew Brees, drunk as a skunk. I Go say, Boilers. but it must be strange that you're sober right now walking in here. I know, right? It Doesn't feel right. Could so make sure for some beers or something. Yeah, um, you know. And then the last question is, um, you know, do you have anybody on the docket? or who you, you know who you're hoping they try to uh, punch in the face? Oh, I'd really like to fight former UFC champions. Steve Janum. I heard he's been talking a lot of smack too, so Steve, I'm Steve, tired Steve Steve of your mouth, Steve. Yeah, right?
4: Can
7: you hear that? Yeah. What'd you do? Look that. I think that's something good. one
13: you go right. AH. Oh,
3: <laughs>
1: Look at this with the breath.
4: Look
13: at that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you should have dove! You should
1: have dove!
13: That's a good time. Yeah. Fall in. That's so oh. perfect.
1: Wow. All right, Matt. A little bit out of breath. How are you feeling? Uh,
13: a little, a little tired. I need to get in shape. Good experience, right? Awesome. Awesome. Great grass. Great grass in here. Look at this. Boy.
1: You know good grass when you see it.
13: That's good grass. That's Penn State and USC best grass I've ever played. What
1: makes it good grass?
13: Uh, short, thick, uh, but enough traction on it.
1: You want to say goodbye to the people?
13: People. Thank you so much for why- a
1: <laughs> Heads up again. <laughs> as,
13: we're, as, we're, as we're dodging bullets in Sydney, Australia, MMAfighting.com, AH, Matron, Old Meathead, Sweet Meat, The Meat Feet, let's get it done. MMAfighting.com. That was weird.
1: <laughs> what a time that was with Matt Mitrion. That was a lot of fun back at UFC uh, 127. That was BJ Penn versus John Fitch. A great week. Ant Evans, the PR guru for the UFC back then, uh, really set up a lot of of fun things for us to do. So I'm looking forward to Melbourne and this experience, the big crowd and all. It's going to be a lot of fun. And anytime Ronda Rousey fights, that's an experience in its own right. And if August 1st was any indication, this is going to be a big deal. And especially having Ioana there, I think she can really benefit the most out of all this. So that's coming up for now. Let's get to your questions and comments as we run out of time here on another edition of the M.A.R. Mr. New York Rick, are you there? I'm here. By the way, let's give a uh, shout out to a guest that we had at the beginning of the show, right? That's a great idea. Excuse me, not at the beginning of the show. Prior to us going on air, an old friend stopped by and gave us an amazing piece of art. There it is. Zoom back a little bit. Step back. Just a touch. There it is. It's uh, it's it's sort of and lift it up just so they see my face there at the bottom. Oh yeah, there it is. Robert Pearson, who is uh, a fantastic artist. He he made our own 300 version in honor of the episode uh, number 300 that we just celebrated. But that's uh, that's a play on the uh, the the Spider-Man 300th episode, right? Or, or issue, I should say. That's correct. Yes, it's
14: it's almost you know an exact replica, except uh, a much less uh, impressive superhero filled in.
1: I was going to say the uh, the Spider Man one was much less impressive, <laughs> but wow, what a great! Uh, did you
14: did you notice when you took a look at it the the uh, Jeremy Scott uh, shoes the the Adidas sneakers?
1: I did not. Yeah, he's that... got
14: the he's got the wing uh, sneakers oh, really? that you had. Oh, oh yeah, that's
1: awesome. It's funny how those stuck with everyone when uh, I only wore them once. It's amazing.
14: Yes, yeah, su- surprisingly not the pink poodle. Yes, uh, also sneakers. wore those
1: ones. But thank you very much, him. He's brilliant and uh, he's a good friend of the show. I appreciate him doing that greatly. Also, again, thank you very much to Eric and Amanda for stopping by. Let's get to the questions before we have to go. Okay, let's distill them. Uh, I'm not going to read them all. Uh, Vitor,
14: Did Vitor, you say distill them? Yeah. What is that? Distill? Take them down to their essence? Uh, wow. Get them shorter? That
1: might be the most impressive term you've ever uttered on this show. Doubtful. And, but, yes. Vitor Belfort's legacy, um,
14: was it tarnished by his TRT use? And what did this fight do for his legacy?
7: Um,
1: yes. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I don't know how much this... Look, he, he backed up what he did in the second fight. It was an impressive win. Has Will there always be an asterisk on Vitor's career? I believe so. Um, I mean, like I said to Dave, if you look at the second fight and you compare his physique to the third fight it's 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 a very big difference now i 'm not taking it he is an incredibly talented fighter he's one of the greatest ever he is uh, a hall of famer there 's no doubt about it but if you 're not if you 're going to talk about the, the 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 history and the story of Vitor Belfort and not mention these things you 're not telling the complete story so with that, yes, his legacy if you want to use the word tarnished it's it's it 's not as squeaky clean as others. What does this do for the legacy? I don't know. This is more of a story. This is more part of a a shorter, you know, not a postscript, but this is more a part of a a, a chapter in a way because he's coming off the loss to Weidman. Didn't look great, although he did rock him, but, you know, everything surrounding it, the body, all that. If this leads to like an Anderson fight, which I think it may, and he beats him, I mean, so this is kind of like a hump that he had to get over to continue his career, and he did very well. Now let's see where it leads him. Do you agree with me that the the legacy is is somewhat tarnished? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm even being like nice. Sure. Yeah.
14: Uh, the T-Bow Trujillo stoppage. Yes. Um, given that the Leandro Silva Drew Dober fight um, yes. was overturned, do you think there's any chance the same thing happens here?
1: I don't think this one was as egregious. Um, I know. I know it was controversial. I know he said he was getting out. I don't think it was. I don't think it was it was it was horrendous. I don't think it was great. I don't know if he'll win that appeal. What do you think?
14: I don't know what the basis for like how that determination is made in terms of degrees, um, but certainly there's a case to be made that this should be overturned.
1: I didn't, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see like a super tight replay, which showed his face. It did seem like for a split second he might have been out. Just a split. I
14: I I can't go with that because the moves he was making right before the stoppage was he was doing the proper thing to I get know, out of I it. know. So you really can't you can't go by that.
1: Yeah, it's um it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a it's a bitter blow for him and and a fight that I don't know if he was the was he the favorite going to that fight? Do you remember? No, Bow. He was okay. So tough one, but I don't think. It was as bad as the Dober one. Like, you think he has a chance? He hasn't said that. I haven't seen him say that he's I going really to. I really don't know, like, yeah. what they,
14: how they determine that. Yeah, who um, knows without commission? You know, it, maybe there's a case where if there's any doubt, we overturn it. Maybe it's a case where we really have to believe that this fight was going to change significantly. Um, in my opinion, it should be, but I, I don't know what the the criteria is.
1: It was also weird because the ref was like right on top, and his face was right there. It wasn't sure. like it was one of those where his 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 body, his face was facing the mat, you know, and you can't really see what's going on. We've seen that before. His face, he was facing up, so yeah, weird. Got to give him, got to give him more time though. Yeah, 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 for sure. Almeida versus
14: Barrow. should this be the next fight for for Thomas Almeida? Um, No, because
1: Barao is going up to one forty five. So what what would be a good fight for him in the division? Thomas? um, Well, there are some fights coming up. There's Aljamain Sterling. There's John Dotson, who just moved up to 135. Uh, I know Garbrandt. There's John Lineker. I mean, like I said, do you not agree? 135 is so much more interesting today. There's no division that went from where it was 11 months ago, which was somewhat dull, to where it is today, which I think has an amazing collection of young studs like all these guys for the most part are pretty young i know there are a couple that are a little older um but you know almeida sterling dillashaw is young is you know what i mean
14: i would argue that this happens in fact every time that a reigning champion gets dethroned uh, the same thing happened at light heavyweight when john jones stepped away the same thing happened at middleweight when anderson silva was finally dethroned yeah um i think that once you knock off a, a kingpin type guy uh that's the kind of opportunities that it opens up, people get excited about it. So I wouldn't say that this is distinct for this division, but it certainly all started as soon as TJ Dillashaw took that title off Burrell. Mm. So any
1: one of those I'll take.
14: Great fights. I mean, just seeing him fight is a pleasure. It doesn't matter who he's in there with. Uh, UFC 193 Embedded, what did you make of the lengthy new UFC 193 Embedded?
1: I have not seen the entire episode yet. What? Yeah, how about that? How about that? Have you seen it?
14: course i've seen it
1: the entire one i mean you well, know i
14: work in the world of oh MMA. stop it
1: i have a lot of time to watch that i got a i got a, a 57 hour flight to melbourne which uh <laughs> i might be able to carve out an hour so yeah i honestly strategically i did save some stuff because of the long flight but tell me about it was it like the typical embedded no, not even close okay. it, it, was okay. it was a countdown it was a countdown it was
14: called embedded it was called embedded but it was a countdown
1: do so. you like the fact that they use that name
14: not really? I mean, why? What, yeah. what d- Does Embedded have enough draw with casual fans that right. that it would be worth anything? Because hardcore fans are going to watch it and realize, no, this was not an Embedded. It doesn't really have that same name value.
1: Although they are still doing... The traditional Embedded for this I one. Saw, I saw that, but yeah.
14: it, it just doesn't make... I don't know why it would have been called Embedded. I'm sure there's somebody who could answer that, but it doesn't really okay, make Okay, on a sense. scale
1: of 1 to 10, 10 being the greatest show you've ever seen, where <laughs> did it... As far as MMA shows, like, was uh, it, did they hit a home run here, or was it... Really good, really well produced. Um, a lot of people we, you know, haven't
14: heard from in the past, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Demi Lovato, all these people that we know are fans of Ronda Rousey and have watched our fights, kind of weighing in. So um, I thought it was it was a really good show. Joanna and and Valerie got some good time. Um, I liked it a lot.
1: Oh, they did. It, w- it wasn't just the. Uh, no, they they the were t- also included. Oh, that's good. I think that's really smart. Um, it was a countdown show, and that's also, what it felt like. And also. It was on Fox. Let's not forget. This one was on Fox. Typically, main Fox shows, like big Fox shows, they get um, a road to the octagon. And then we've seen like Jones Cormier get some Fox love. I think this was an hour, right? It was. One hour on Fox on a Saturday afternoon. That, again, shows the power of Ronda. They, They haven't done this in the past. So that's something. Well, this is perfect segue for the next. Yes, please. Ronda Rousey fatigue. How long will it be
14: before people turn against the constant exposure to Ronda Rousey?
1: I don't think it's anytime soon. Remember she I have a feeling considering all that's happened leading up to this fight, considering the fact that she just fought in August, she was supposed to fight in January. They they sped it up because of the injury to Robbie Lawler. I have a feeling she might be taking a little bit of a break. This is 100% you know, me speculating. This is a guess, but a lot's been going on. And and I have a feeling that, you know, she might be taking a break. And she's not one of those people who when she fights, or excuse me, when she's not fighting, She's showing up to every event and doing thousands of interviews. I mean, she if she wants to disappear, she can disappear rather easily. And also, she has movie things coming up. So, I, I, I don't think – Ronda Rousey is – everyone, every single MMA journalist has a story they all tell you about when they go to their barbershop. I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, and he has like a 12-year-old and I think a 14-year-old. They have no idea about MMA, but they know Ronda Rousey. They, just Everyone knows her. Everyone knows her.
14: But how – At some point, is that going to wear thin?
1: No, because those people and and, and the ones that Dave was talking about, like they'll check in and then they'll disappear for four months and then they might come back whenever she fights if it's five, six months away. It's... uh...
14: That's a fair point. I mean MMA fans may get burnt out, but people who are checking in, you know, every so often are not seeing it's
1: very hard for an MMA fan like a hardcore fan to get burnt out. Like if you're still sticking around at this point, you're sticking around. You know, you you may threaten to leave here and there, but you're sticking (laughs) around. You love it. You can't get enough of it. You feel weird when there's no UFC event or any kind of major event on a Saturday. I also think let's not forget, like, she's you know, her her Misha Tate fight was in two thousand twelve, the first one. That wasn't that long ago. But even so those people, the, like, the, the, the casuals, the super casuals that know and get excited about her now, they haven't been following her since. This is all new. There is a woman beating up people in 30 seconds. This is all very new to them. So, I mean, we're, we're like a year or so into that phenomenon, if that. It's not ending anytime soon.
14: Uh, there was a lot of talk uh, about Ronda Rousey leading into this uh, fight. The d- Her mom's dislike for Edmund Terverdian. Uh, the Edmund claiming bankruptcy and when Ronda hung up in the press conference when Mark Ray Monday asked about Travis Brown, surely um, all these things have to have an effect on her coming to the fight. Will this make the fight her most competitive so far? Do you uh, feel like that that all these things going on are going to affect her?
1: No. She seems like a pretty uh, a pretty focused individual. I mean, has it affected her? Has it been a nuisance? Has it been a distraction? Again, I would just be speculating. O- only Only she truly knows but it hasn't been like a walk in the park. I mean, that's for certain. It, just listen l- l- the comments from the mom alone. I mean, that's that's got to be something, right? Um, and people ask you, and the fact that you even have to say, you know, I'm not talking about this and that. The thing about all this stuff happening, none of it was her doing per se. You know, like she's not necessarily embroiled in any kind of controversies or anything. It, it's all been things around her. So I don't know if, if that's going to be a huge... You know, it's, if she's able to block that out and she seems like a special kind of human being, the one that's able to block that out, I can't say that this is going to be, you know, this is going to be a negative honor. It's going to affect her in a negative light. I, I don't foresee that happening. I do think, I, I think it's a very good bet. I don't know if there are prop bets. Are there prop bets out for this? There likely are, yeah. It's not going to be like 30, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 60 seconds. It's not going to be like that. That
14: will certainly be a popular bet. Um... Coming up, people betting on the time for this one,
1: and that's more so, by the way, that's more so. Holly Holmes doing than Ronda. R- Holly Holmes is a veteran; she's been around. She she she's a boxer, and she understands distance and range. She's not going to bum rush Ronda Rousey. That's but is Ronda me- Rousey going to bum rush her? So why okay? Why the hell would Ronda Rousey do that? Uh, because that's what she does. Yeah, but. In this kind because of, she gets so
14: you think, in somebody's face you the think first Rhonda, 10 seconds of the fight, you throws them on that? the
1: ground, and takes their arm. You think that happens in this fight? I um, think there's going to be a feeling out process.
14: Don't really know what to make. I mean, to, to be honest, it's kind of Ronda's world, and she determines how the fight goes. Yeah. There's never been a point where anybody else has determined how the fight goes, so it's hard to kind of speculate on that. Uh, if she feels like rushing in, she's going to rush in. If she doesn't, she doesn't. Uh, but she can take a punch, and uh, I don't think anybody's knocking her out on the first punch, so... I wouldn't be surprised if she got it done relatively quickly.
1: That's the thing here. If Holly Holm had knockout power in her hands, this would be different. But she doesn't seem to have that, at least not in MMA. And so, while I think she can keep her at bay and use her jab and use her boxing skills as as she did in her last two UFC fights and prior, what is she gonna knock her out? Like, what's her path to victory? Her only path, in my opinion, is to survive five rounds, and I just can't see that happening. Yeah. It's going to be
14: very tough. How would you describe the product that Bellator offers? Um, I'm af- I'm often scratching my head asking myself, what is this when it comes to Bellator? I tune in because it's free, but I don't really take it seriously and only click in and out throughout the show. I mean, is this what Coker is going for?
1: I think what he's going for is, you know, let's get them in with the cheap stuff. And I don't mean that literally in the sense that, uh, you know, Hoist, Kimball, all these guys aren't cheap. Sure. Make no mistake about it. But you know what I mean. The lowest common denominator, the the low-hanging fruit, the former stars, the household names already. Let's get them in. Let's get those fans who maybe don't watch anymore. And then hopefully they stick around for the MVPs and the Daniel Strausses and the Pitbulls and the Will Brookses and the MVPs. Um, Did I say him already? Yeah. I may have said him already. You did. Uh, Michael Chandler. Uh, the Douglas Limas. Hopefully they stick around for those guys. I mean, it's very clear what he's doing. It's not some sure. kind of secret. I think at this
14: point, I'm I'm pretty much sick of the, the people who are like, oh, this is a travesty. and Just don't watch it. Yeah, well, then, that you know, you have to take the stance and just not watch it. If yeah. you're going to watch it, I don't want to hear you complaining about it. Um, yeah. I'm kind of sick of all that stuff already. They put
1: out – I mean, and look, they, they put out Joe Warren recently, Brandon Halsey. in in a main event, a a solid young fighter, and that did very poorly in the ratings. So why wouldn't they go back to what they did in June with Shamrock and Kimbo? I mean, it's very clear that that works today. And, you know, putting these guys who were just kind of part of these tournaments and these these faceless names doesn't work right now. So hopefully, I'm guessing the thinking is, without even really having to, to talk to them about it, it's let's get these names that people know, that people remember, and then hopefully they stick around or come early and watch the other guys. Yeah. That's that's the way. But yeah, you're right. There's so much MMA out there. You can very well skip this and uh, and still have forty something solid events to watch. So what? Like, why do we have to pretend like we're personally offended by this? You yeah. know, relax, settle down,
14: G- give it a break. Give but it a break. At the same time, I am there. There is a concern for me for how long this will you will be able to continue to do this. Um, there there will be a point where. You can't just keep Man, there's, rehashing.
1: There's Randy out there. there. I mean there's so many guys out there that they can do this with. Um, and they only do these ten polls, you know, once every quarter. So I, I, I don't uh, I don't think it's A ending anytime soon. And B, I mean, right now it's 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 working for them better than the other way. So Speaking
14: of of these gentlemen, will we ever see Kurt Angle attempt no. to ankle lock somebody inside an
1: MMA no, cage? No, it's not happening. That honestly, that's the, the, the big complaint. And I will say this, Kurt Angle was my first big interview on jerrypark.com, was very kind to me, I did some stuff for SpikeTV.com prior to this whole MMA journalism thing, was really super nice, Uh, got me an interview with Jeff Jarrett for the TNA creative team, never went anywhere, but... It was very it was very kind of him and uh, he's a, he's a very nice guy. but the whole like swerve thing and the announcement and bringing him out there, like I was fine with Kurt doing the uh, the commentary for the Lashley Thompson fight. I thought that was fun. That's different. Yeah, why not switch things up? I'm okay with that. But to bring him out there and, and do the swerve like that was a little like eh, really it was it was not needed. And uh, at his age, with his injuries, his backstory, the surgeries, there's no way he's gonna do this. What athletic commission? Well, maybe there are some out there, and they're you know. I mean, is still, it that
14: much different than I, Shamrock honestly, Gracie?
1: Shamrock Gracie, yes. I, I think actually, Dave put it perfectly. Those guys are not going to knock each other. I doubt it, right? I mean, it, the Kimbo thing—it's a little different, but Shamrock and Gracie are not going for the knockout. At least I know Gracie's not, and Shamrock. I just, I just don't see it happening. So you can live with it if you're if you're going to choose to watch so it. So why not do like Angle Gracie or? I just don't. see I, I just think. Have you ever seen when I when I was with him? In 2006, he could not turn his neck. He would have to turn his entire body to come look at you, right, to, to, sure. to direct himself towards you. And that was in 2006. And, yes, he's had surgeries. I just – I would feel very uneasy with that. And sure. he's never had a fight. I mean, no. Stop it. No. Question about
14: you. Glory kickboxing on ESPN. Uh, you know anything about this stuff and what will happen with Glory?
1: Well, it's it's comical that you would ask me this question. You would know. (laughs) I know about this. Yes, please
14: tell Um, us. Glory had a great event Friday uh, Friday afternoon, rather because it was in Milan, Italy. Um, Four p.m. It aired on ESPN three. Did you watch? Uh, No, I did not. (sighs) I'm sorry. (sighs) And uh, re-air on ESPN two, and now uh, looking to to get into the into the the next event on ESPN as well. Uh, Glory twenty six Amsterdam. Big so it, card.
1: it aired on ESPN three, right? Correct. Uh, originally, is that is that the uh, you know is that the norm now? I don't, or was I, it just...
14: I don't think so. I think there's the potential for being on ESPN two for the live. Um, Ooh, that's big. Air, which would be big, but um, th- th- you know, nothing's one hundred percent confirmed yet. Uh, but it was a great event, and I think you know, if that was any any indication, people were excited about.
1: Uh, some people were trying to diminish this deal. Them going from Spike to. Uh, to ESPN. Can you tell us anything about that? What what do you got? Is it a time-buy? What kind of a deal is this? It is not a time-buy. It is not. You can say that unequivocally, 100%. This is not a time-buy. It is a positive deal for them. Correct. Well, that's good. Well, I hope they succeed. And I hope they don't go for the cheap stuff, you know? Just, you know, slow and steady. The 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 next card is uh, Rico Verhoeven
14: defending his title against... Benjamin Atigbuyi, who won the the tournament in Denver, uh, just recently, and then Nikki Holskin. So it's oh, stacked good. defending good. his title against um, uh, Myrtle Gronhard, who just won uh, last Friday.
1: Is this uh, is this in the United States? Amsterdam. Or th- it's in Amsterdam, so it'll be one of those afternoon. It'll which, be an
14: afternoon card again, yeah.
1: Which I don't mind, by the way. But I th- I think it's
14: uh you know as long as there's the re-air, that's the key.
1: I saw the re-air did like 198. Yeah. Yeah. Is that good?
14: Well, it, you know, the the deal came together. Not right? a lot of promotion. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this next one should should be a little uh, more significant. Okay. Now we have two questions about championship belts. Yes. What do you think of the fighters not wearing them down to the ring in the UFC or down to the cage rather in the they UFC? They should wear them. You're you're a fan of that? Yes. Second question: Do you think they need to be redone? Do you think there could be hmm. any new visual touches?
1: You know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for old school and history and all that. I don't like when WWE changes their belt every five seconds, especially when they make those custom ones, like the spinning one. That was stupid. <laughs> the Brahma Bowl one was stupid. The new one sucks as well. Like the old school, like the one that was the hardcore belt during like the Attitude era, that one was the best one with like the eagle at the top. That was by far the best. They should go back to that one. So maybe go back to the Ultiman? I wouldn't hate it, but uh, <laughs> it's... It's not something I long for. One thing I do think that they should do is, like, I think it's a little strange when Joanna has the same belt sure. as Fabricio or DJ has the same belt as Fabricio. Like, why can't we customize these? Absolutely. So that's, that's my only critique. Daniel Strauss, uh, we're going to Twitter now. Yeah. Daniel
14: Strauss looked brilliant. Um, would you put him in the top five in, in the rankings? Right now? Yeah. Featherweight rankings, UFC?
1: No. Would you?
14: Probably not, but I don't think he's far off and I think the potential to get there is, is pretty clear. His his game is so well rounded, he's come such a long way um sure. as he's been in Bellator. I think I think he's knocking on the door.
1: He's certainly knocking on the door. Number five right now is Max Holloway, then Lamas, then Mendez Edgar McGregor Aldo. I mean,
14: I don't think there's anybody on there that I'd say he's gonna get blown out by. Not no, but he's close. not he's
1: not Mendez Edgar McGregor Aldo, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough So he's on maybe I think you make a case for top ten, but it would be the back end.
14: I think he'd have a great fight with any of those guys, though.
1: The problem is, it feels like it's the same guys in that division. It's like Pipple and yeah. Strauss and Curran. I mean, it's like well, because we early on, Bellator br- had yes. those
14: tournaments that you know we, we got that same fight quite a yeah, few times. Yeah. They run it back uh, quite a bit, um, but I think uh, yeah, he's 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 a very talented guy, and and uh, I love watching him fight. Uh, where do you see Vitor going after his win over Henderson? Who who might be next for him?
1: Look. I, I think the Kennedy fight would just be so much fun because of who he is and what he says. I just don't see it happening. I I, I think in my heart of hearts they go the Anderson route. Um, Which
14: is not a bad alternative.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess the GSP thing can change it. But for some reason, I just keep thinking of it. And- but if it was up to me, Kennedy. Let's do Kennedy. That's hmm. the one I want.
14: I think people would like that. Oh,
1: it would be awesome.
14: Who's more likely to win of the challengers uh, this coming weekend? letourneau or
1: holly holmes i like how he wrote holmes (laughs) why do people always say that holly holmes um wow that's a tough one is it uh yeah what's your pick
14: valerie letourneau for sure
1: better chance yeah i guess you're right
14: it's it's not not, no you know no disrespect to to anybody involved here i think both the champions are, are worthy dominant and and will likely get it done but Joanna has improved in it for as long as Ronda Rousey and as dominantly. She looks great, but it's it's just a different it's a different level with Ronda Rousey.
1: As we stand or sit here today this afternoon, uh, according to best fight odds, which is a brilliant sight, plus 1472 for Valerie, minus 1800 for Joanna, home plus 1305, minus 1600 for Rousey. Do you think those change at all leading up to the fight? Not much if if any and I think if I'm correct, uh, Valerie would be the
14: biggest underdog ever in the UFC if uh, if that if stays. She wins.
1: And if she wins, or just period? No, period. Oh wow, and she would obviously be the biggest underdog to win as well. Sure. Yeah.
14: Um. So yeah, I, I think the answer is Laterno, but almost by default, if if that's you know safe to say, just because I I don't think either of them is losing. Mm-hmm. Do you still think? Uh, UFC 193 will be a sold out event. No. There's still tickets available.
1: That's uh, that, that's a tough one. Depends on how they uh, configure it, but I don't think that they will. I, I think that they might break it or, or, or tie it or whatever, the 55K, but 70 would surprise me. And to sell out a stadium of, of that size is quite the feat. So, no, I don't think so. But still, I mean, 40K for a, a UFC fight would, you know, uh, Four women headlining I mean it's crazy stuff It's historic Who would have ever thought Final question Thoughts on the release Of Angela Hill Yes
14: She's fought top five talent They could have built her up Instead of facing A murderer's row but She did have a tough road
1: No love for Aljamain Sterling Huh No love for Aljamain Sterling He tweeted us Did you see this Oh yeah He tweeted a video I can't play the video On the thing Oh I see right here It's a great video Go to Funkmaster underscore Yeah, go, UFC. go check out Aljamain Sterling. He actually Twitter. put the hashtag out Not does, only he do does he does spit it every hot week, fire, he does. Oh yeah. And you ignore him?
14: Well, no. A lot of times we don't we don't uh, have enough time for all the
1: questions, mm. especially on Twitter. We have got a freaking UFC prospect slash contender tweeting us. You get those tweets out there. I did. Remember Angela Maganya uh, last week? Yeah, but that doesn't. Anyway, uh, Angela Hill. Uh, a little surprised. I was more surprised with just the matchmaking. I give Sean Shelby credit every time, but I thought that he was pushing her a little too soon. She didn't have the experience. In, in the UFC, she fought Carlos Barza. Who'd she fight in the finale? Someone lesser known. But then she fought Tisha Torres and Rose Namajunas, right? right? That's correct. Who'd she fight at, uh, at the finale? Someone, someone a Whoa. little...
14: Uh, I'm forgetting.
1: Well, this is why we have the... Uh, the internets? Yes. Uh, Emily Kagan. There you go. But then Tisha Torres-Rosena is tough, and she's only 0-2 in that division. I felt like she could have uh, stuck around. Um, hopefully, she doesn't leave Twitter. She's a she's a fun <laughs> follow on Twitter. We wish her the best, and it sounds like she's going to keep uh, keep that dream alive based on what she wrote on Facebook.
14: Okay, so let, r- last thing before we go. Let's look at the times uh, in terms of betting odds for the Ronda Rousey-Holly Holm. What do fight. you mean times? Oh. So, Rousey to win in... The first minute of the fight is plus one hundred and sixty. If she does anything else, it's minus two hundred and ten. Wow. Ronda to win in the second minute of the fight is plus three hundred, and then so on and so forth. So the longer, the the higher the odds, because so they're predicting an earlier finish. Wow. Um, and then let's see the over under. Under one and a half rounds is minus four hundred. So people are fairly significantly sure that this is going less than one and a half rounds.
1: Interesting. All right. Well, there you have it. Hard to argue. Uh, By the way, you you just reminded me, uh, we're off next Monday because I'll be flying back from Melbourne, but we're back next Wednesday. So our next show is Wednesday, November 18th. Same time, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. 6 GMT, 6 p.m. GMT, but the flight only gets back at like 4 or 5 p.m. next Monday because of the time difference. I, I, I leave on Tuesday. I get there on Thursday, so there's no Wednesday, November 11th for me. Technically, I get no Wednesday, November 11th in my life. I go from the, the, the 10th to the 12th, but then I leave on the 16th and come back on the 16th. How crazy is that? Wild. Unbelievable. I think it's a 16-hour time difference going there tomorrow, getting there Thursday. Stay tuned for our coverage. But that's why no show next Monday. Back next Wednesday, November 18th. That's it? We out. We out. All right. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. You can hear my music. A fun show today. Thank you very much to uh, everyone who tuned in, sent us questions comments I appreciate it greatly Go over to share with a big win on Saturday be interesting to see what happens to Dan Hendo how about this nugget we have to bring it up negotiations going on between team Nick Diaz and the Nevada Athletic Commission will it get reduced to 18 months that is very exciting I checked in yesterday nothing new on that front but uh, talks are going well I'm told so I'm very excited about this. the power of the people the people have spoken. Hopefully, this time next year, Nick Diaz will have already returned to the UFC. All right. Uh, Thank you very much to Dave Meltzer. Great stuff from him, as always. Thank you very much to Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Thank you very much to Ryan Bader, Freddie Roach. Thank you very much to Luis Smolka. Thank you very much to Hoist Gracie. Thank you very much to Alan Belcher. I got his tweet. Sorry we were unable to uh, connect with him or reconnect with him at the end there. But congrats on a great career and good luck outside of the octagon. Thank you very much to Eric Silva. Good luck to him. Interesting stuff. It's always tough with the translator interviews, but I feel like we got a good sense of where he's at right now and what he's looking for and all that stuff. And thank you to his uh, interpreter, Amanda Salvato. Check out her stuff as well. She is on Twitter, at Amanda Salvato, some people are asking me. I'm off to Melbourne. Stay tuned for all our good coverage. I will be back next Wednesday, November 18th. If you missed anything, check it out. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. All that good stuff and more. Until next week, I say peace. Somebody you?